The Dallas Cowboys Radio Network is on the air. Touchdown, Cowboys! This is the 2022 NFL Draft with Sean Sharif, Brian Broaddus, Bobby Belt, Dave Hellman, and Kyle Yeomans.
last night where I talked to my final guy last night and I said, enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I mean, paralysis by analysis. Well, <laughs> what happens is, though, you're trying to, you know, everybody's got, and that's the beauty of what we're about to see these next three days. And especially today in the first night. Yeah. With really, and we use the word chaos, but that's, that's kind of where we're living right now. Yeah. You're living in that where with these teams with multiple picks, and they're, should we back up? Should we make the picks? You know, and, and I think that's where, like I said last night, very, very late, I, I said, I got to hang up. I'm, hey, good luck tomorrow. Hope all the tags glow for you. Hope you find your Pro Bowl guys. But that's kind of where we are right now. Being a radio guy, I always root for chaos. Yeah. You know, storylines, a mess. <laughs> uh, and it feels like this draft has, like, lacked, like, your big sexy names in terms of the studs. But that's created a lot more uncertainty. Uh, and, and I feel like if you're a team, where's the sweet spot? In this thing, a lot of people are talking about mid rounds. Uh, this morning, I said, "Are you a little disappointed if you're Jacksonville or you're Detroit and you don't have your Trevor Lawrence or your Andrew Luck? If you're the where the Cowboys sit in relation to the sweet spot in this draft, Bobby, with supposedly fourteen or fifteen guys as first round grades?" Yeah, I think they're in a bit of a a tough spot in the first round. Like, like I don't know that the the value is necessarily going to be there. I think that's why you've started to hear chatter about. Do they want to look to go up? Do they, do they want to try and trade up? That's why Jerry has very publicly talked about, like, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested in going up because we're so far back. But, you know, Steven said it the other day, third through fifth round. That's going to be, you know, kind of a, a, a real deep. I, I think they're going to find a lot of value there. And so they're fortunate to have, what, four fifth-round picks? And so they've got all those fifth-round picks. They're in a good spot in the third and fourth round. I just, I'll just i be interested to see. The, the thing I keep wondering about about trading up is, do they look at this as it's so deep in the middle and, and like Stephen had talked about, thin at the top in the first, thin in the second. Do they view that second round pick as just we can stand to sacrifice that to get the value right in the first, and then we'll coast in third, fourth, fifth? Yeah, I kind of feel like that's why you've heard the rumors about a Tyler Smith from Tulsa as being a possibility at 24, because all of a sudden it's like you're thinking when you're picking at the bottom of the board, you're like, we're not going to get this guy when we come back to 56. So sometimes you have to think of a little bit more of a way of like, maybe we got to grab this guy now because if we don't, we're just not going to get him. And I get having that mindset in the later days of a draft, mm-hmm. but is it too early to do that at 24? Because I feel like that's where a lot of the nervous energy around the star lies right now is with the prospect that you feel like you're reaching on, but it's still a first-round pick. Yeah, that's the thing where you you worry, but we, we call it reaching to those guys and gals in those rooms. That's their guy. That's their guy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where, you know, and we'll talk about it and we'll be happy or we'll be disappointed or we'll be whatever, you know, and then, and then you know, but I, I think that our, our listening audience, too, when we started talking about the name of a guy like a Tyler Smith, that they were everybody was like, no, no, we're not, you know, let's do something else. But to them, they see a big athletic guy that's got a lot of uh, traits. But it might be like Bobby's talked about really on 105.3 has been, hey, no, this is a guy that's a second-round guy. Let's be honest. They're going to take a second-round guy tonight on their likely. board. Yeah, and, but likely. they took. Unless they go up. But, but, yeah. then, but then think about think about the draft with Travis, Travis Frederick when we were all sitting in there and going, man, yeah. that was a third-round grade. Yeah. That was a third-round grade on our board. But now then he turns into like an all-pro player. The funny thing, too, is, and I fall victim to this every year, is like the snowball kind of starts and it turns into an avalanche of just everybody thinking the same 
because that's what happens. And and there's so right. much information we don't have that we're exactly. not privy to. Yeah. But Brian, it's it's a great example. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, you have a second round grade on Zion Johnson, don't you? Yeah, I do. Actually, him and Green both, and I've got Which, Green above Johnson. So it's funny to me, and we led the show with this: is like there's maybe a dozen guys that you feel rock solid about. And then the rest, it's just beauties in the eye of the beholder. And so that could be Tyler Smith. That could be Zion Johnson. That could be, you know, I think most teams probably have a second-round grade on a guy like Traylon Burks, who's widely seen as, like, yeah. that would be a good pick. I, but I just, it feels like there's, like, 50 names that sort of make sense in that range that yeah. we're talking about. I, I mean, I think, you know, we've talked in the past about you guys narrowed it down really effectively. Leighton Van Der Esch was going to be the pick. Narrowed it down really effectively. Tristan Hill was going to be the pick. Mm-hmm. I legitimately I was sitting here earlier this afternoon. And I was Where kind of are you, Rod? Scenarios. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I was, I need, yeah. I need I need a pushy coach to come in here today to narrow this down for us. But I, I was looking at it and I I think I legitimately could say there's seven names I feel like could be the first round pick, maybe more. But like like it, that's the, the kind of the spot you're in because it's like. Do they go up? Do they go back? Do they stand pat? We don't know what happens ahead of them. I think that's part of the reason for a lot of the, the, you know, uncertainty about what goes on ahead of them is because I think the Cowboys are looking at this as like, this is the Wild West in front of us too. Like, we don't totally know what's going to happen here. It kind of goes back to what Sean was talking about earlier. There's not those big names in this draft and the names 10 through 60 are so interchangeable that the teams from 11 on down to the Cowboys at 24 are going to shape the way the Cowboys look at their board whenever it comes up. It's one of those trust the tape, trust your board. Right now we're hearing those names, the Zion Johnsons, the Kenyon Greens, the Tyler Smiths as the names they like on that board. But whether or not they're even there is is going to be the biggest question because there is so much chaos that's going to happen. And if you're rooting for chaos, Sean, yes. which you said you were, yes. I think you're in for a lot of it tonight. Kyle Yeomans, David Hellman, Brian Broadus, Bobby Belt. I'm Sean Sharif here uh, opening up our 2022 NFL draft coverage on 105 through the fan and DallasCowboys.com. Let, let's go around the room with your own personal wish list. Do you want to do wish list or position a need? Which one do you want to start off with? Yeah, I, I think that I think that if you if you ask me, I'll go with the player, you know, and and I and I have Green above Johnson, but you know, we'll see. I, I believe you know, that those tags are touching there. It, they could flip this thing. I think the guy that will most likely be there will be Green because I think of some of the medical concerns. You know, people will talk about the knee. It's nothing like, you know, that's going to should keep him from getting drafted, but you know, there is something there with the meniscus that they're going to have to continue to monitor. So. But to me, I'd like to see them fix this offensive line. And I think adding either Green or Zion Johnson, I would really love them to draft Tyler Lindebaum, the, 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 the center from Iowa. But the fact that Bobby Belt's been kind of reporting that maybe that Zion Johnson's going to be the center or could be a projected center. It, yeah. Yep. yeah. So then to me, taking one of those offensive linemen, I think is the right thing to do. I mean, there's two sides. There's like, there's reckless me, and then there's pragmatic me. <laughs> Let's like get if, both. You're asking, reckless wide receiver. If you're asking for my wish list, I just think the positions that I've, other than like the really beastly guys that the Cowboys have no shot at, your Sauce Gardner, your your Kayvon Thibodeau. I think the value in the first round is at receiver. Like, I can talk myself into any of those guys. That If I could draw, just wave a magic wand, I think I've said this on the draft show, if I could wave a magic wand and have a guy on this team, it would be Jamison Williams. That, mm. like, if I could just well, if I could my make number, that happen. Yeah, that's my number one wide receiver. He, so if you magically can do that, I'd, too. I'd appreciate that. I, I think he's Tyreek Hill all over again. Wow. Yeah, no, I mean, I do. That, that speed is rare, even among NFL receivers. Um, 
and I think he'll be ready for training camp. So do I think that'll happen? No, unfortunately. <laughs> do we worry a little bit about this team, even when they had the three wide receivers they had last year and they didn't have it? Halfway through the season, they had the production. But do you worry about adding another wide receiver and not being able to run the ball or block effectively as you needed to? And that's where the pragmatic. Is that the, rec- the reckless yeah, Dave wants Williams? Pragmatic okay, yeah. Dave comes in and he's like, well, Kenyon Green played every position on the O-line in the SEC, and maybe you just fix that and – doesn't matter how fast Jameson Williams is if Dak Dak Prescott's getting sacked five times. So I'm totally on board with that line of thinking. And I want to go all the way back to one of the first draft shows that we had throughout this offseason, and Brian brought up the point that if you're not doing something to help your quarterback be successful – then I don't want to even talk about it. And yeah. sure, having Jamison Wilson or Williams, excuse me, will have a, a, a certain impact on Dak Prescott. But I don't know if you fixing the offensive line could necessarily say that that that's lesser than Jamison Williams or having having another wide receiver. You've got to block. You've got to establish a run game. Because if you don't, I think Dak Prescott's in the same boat that he was in 2020. I totally get it. It's just not fun. That's yeah. not fun. It's boring. <laughs> it'll be fun. It'll week be. One. Yeah, it, I was gonna say it'll be yeah. fun when they're rushing for 180 yards again. Who's on your wish list, the, Bobby? The depth is at receiver and edge. So to me, go sacrifice that second round pick. Go up and get one of the linemen. Get a lineman who's worth the first round pick. Get, make it Penning, Cross, whoever. I don't care. Whichever one slides into territory that you can use that second to go up. Do it, then use the third and fourth on the receivers and the edge rushers. The point you made about 10 minutes ago, I hadn't considered, and I kind of love it. Because I'm, Brian, you, we've done this however many years together. I'm, I want my picks. I want my throws at the dartboard. <laughs> yeah. But you if don't you, want me to call you a coward. Then, but, right? if, but if you don't feel good about the depth in the second round, and, and I've run so many mocks this spring where you get your receiver in the first, and then you're like, oh, I don't love any of these guards in the second. Or you get your guard in the first, and you're like, oh, it's it's between an FCS guy and a 5'8 guy at 56. Like, what am I supposed to do here? Yeah. Maybe you do just get rid of that pick and go mm. get a badass because there will still be depth in round three, four, and you got plenty of picks in round five. Maybe that is a conceivable strategy. I think Bobby might be hearing the same thing I am, that if you're trying to get into the, say, that spot, Bobby, 10, 11, 12, yeah. it's going to cost you 56. Yep. Mm-hmm. But anything behind that might cost you the third and something else, yeah, if right? Yeah, if you want to go up more 17, 20, look at, look at Chargers there, uh, the second picks for the Saints and the Eagles, and then you've got the Steelers. Um, then, you know, I think you could potentially get up in that territory for the third. And they've they've practiced that. They've gone through yeah. these mocks. They've done every scenario they could potentially think of in that war room. And a couple of times, at least through things that we've heard, is that they've gone up and they feel like they've been wiped out at the same time. So that's a thing that I think you need to keep an eye on. It's got to be the right player. Bobby's mentioned a couple of the names. Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa, Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. And I think even a Kayvon Thibodeau, I don't think that's as likely as the other two. But if he were to somehow slip and get outside that top ten – that's when I think the Cowboys would get on the phone. It wouldn't necessarily be just for anybody. It would have to be one of those specific guys. And, of course, there's a lot of uncertainty up top. So let's go around the rest of the league. What's going to happen at one? We got the a lot of NFC East activity above us as well. We are just getting started. Thank you for joining us. It's the 2022 NFL Draft from Ford Center at the Star on 105 Through the Fan and DallasCowboys.com. And if you're still with us, 
Yeah, we are. <laughs> we are back on this tradition, and I mean, if you listen to it before, you're familiar with it now. You're our you're our private friends here. Yeah, on the private friends. <laughs> you yeah. guys get like an IV rolled in here, like no commercial breaks. Like, nah, you this is you're talking you're talking to the folks at DallasCowboys.com. You right can now. think. I have FOMO. I always have FOMO on day two and day three because I sit at home and I put on the computer. Yeah. To this, yeah. I feel like I'm in the big fancy room right now, and uh, me and Bobby are getting initiated. So. Uh, the FOMO's gone now for day one. We're that's happy thing, to have you, man. That's the thing about it, too, is is you guys have been around even on the, the airwaves longer than I have at the same time. So, like, getting to actually work with you guys is good. It's fun for me. Well, I feel the same way getting to work with you guys for the first time as I did when I first worked with Broadus and Hellman. Wait and see how it goes. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. When Sean starts yelling at you about stuff <laughs> like that. When me and Broadus start getting a little moody, then you see how it goes. Sean's going to look over at me and be like, we got to go to break. I, I'm, I'm going to be hungry. Sean's going to be off <laughs> schedule and Brian's going to be mad about some pick like Brian's just stewing that I've got two the Ravens made the pick at 14 I've got two pins to throw I think you might need more no but a guy that Brian loves is going to slip and Brian's just going to be like am I an idiot what like like, why do I even do this as as soon as we came back from the stream the the it dawned on me I should have chugged that energy drink at about 558 yeah I'm going to be real honest I almost had a a coughing fit when we went right on the air I looked at Dave like I'm going to take Dave's bottle and go Oh, that's what I thought you were telling me. Is there another bottle of water right down uh, there by any chance? Yeah, do we get service in here? Yeah, we can ask somebody. Can I please get service? Sean, Sean, again, pulling back the curtain here to you folks that are listening. Uh, literally, Sean was going on air, and all of a sudden, I had a choking fit here. So, yes, thank you very much. I thought you were telling me that this was, like, not sponsor-approved. No. That's what I thought was happening. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. But, no, but, uh, but like you say, we're thinking chaos, right? Is everybody thinking chaos in this room a little bit, or I, are we just are we overselling chaos? Like, like the the greatest example of chaos to me, like we we all have you know been friendly with Dane Brugler for a number of years and mm-hmm. and know how plugged in he is. Seeing Dane and his his mock talk about that, he's heard that, that like some chatter that the Texans could go Garrett Wilson as high as three. Yeah, like wow, golly! If they, if they did that, if they wanted to throw that, see, I, I feel like that's going to be Stingley. At three. See that? Yeah, me too. I that, feel like we're settling into the top three, four about now. That's finally, that's the but. problem that I had last night when I got when I was talking to Houston and Jets and Giants and people, and all those picks are right there with each other, and they're trying to figure out what each other's going to do, and it's it's fascinating to listen to them because the Texans. I think if you're going to try and go get a wide receiver. You know, maybe you go up to the Texans. They're hunting a wide receiver too. Yep. They might not let you in. You know, Texans need everything. Yeah. Does the, <laughs> I mean, does, the Texans are a bad football team. Yeah. Does Does this draft lack studs? Yes. The fun. I mean, the answer is yes, but also guys are going to make the Pro Bowl out of this draft and it Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, when you look at it now, as, as the evaluation now, but I mean, you could have said some people would have argued last year Micah Parsons wasn't a stud. Right. Like, like there would have been people last For year sure. who would have tried to have claimed that, and then he went out there and he was, you know, arguably a top three defensive player in the NFL last year. But when we're talking all these offensive linemen and receivers, and I want to get this from you guys later, are, are you giving me a a Justin Jefferson in this class? Are you giving me a a Tyron Smith? Are you giving me a Zach Martin? Or what are we talking about in terms of ceiling uh, for some of these positions uh, that are really, really deep that the Cowboys may be taking advantage of? So we'll get into all of that. Thank you for the DallasCowboys.com crew. That was our first uh, segment. Uh, And we're about to have this for the next five hours. (laughs) (laughs)
Yes, it does, announcer man. Sean Sharif, mm-hmm. Cowboys insider Bobby Belt, our lead scout Brian Broadus, David Hellman, and Kyle Yeomans from DallasCowboys.com from Ford Center at the Star. Let's go around the rest of the NFL, and let's let's just go to the very top on what's being said because all of a sudden Aiden Hutchinson has been taken out of the number one spot by all the casinos who a lot of times they really know what nobody appreciates gambling odds more than you well our my, my co-host on 105 yeah exactly I, you listen to that every morning but you know a lot of times they tell us the truth on what's happening yeah yeah more often than not I would say like I've follow Vegas on everything in my opinion like yeah, I think that to me, this is what Trent Baalke, the general manager with Jacksonville, has really got one foot in the parking lot. And I'm saying that in a way of, it, you know, the the rise of Walker, defensive end from Georgia, has been amazing to me. And, and maybe, He was in the second round in well, December on a lot of mocks. I, and it, that's what I'm saying. He was Dallas at 24. The next thing, he's at the middle of the board, and now he's one of the top two players. And you, But you talk to people, and it's like, no, 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 all along we had this guy. You you media scouts were late on this one. And I'm like, oh, okay. you know. And and that's the thing I think that when you talk about, like I say, a trip balking in Jacksonville, and if you know you're going to get fired, take the guy you want to take. You know, convince everybody that you're right. Because if you're wrong, if he turns out to be a bust or he turns out to be just an okay player, then you're going to be in a situation where they're going to let you go and it's going to be somebody else's problem. Who is the best player on everybody's board? Kyle, who's your best player in this whole thing? I've got Kayvon Thibodeau as still number one. I didn't necessarily give in to the the off the field, the ego, that kind of thing. I think when I look at the tape and I see – and it kind of goes back to learning from Brian Broaddus across Mm -hmm. the table from me – I see a star at the NFL level. And I say the same thing with Aiden Hutchinson. He's closely in that second spot. And then I've got Trayvon Walker right there as well. As as three of the top five players on my board are go-to edge rushers at the top. And with a premium position like that, I don't think you get, could necessarily pass up on it. But Brian brings up a great point. You don't want to rely on other people's opinions to to value or to, I would to rather influence be wrong. your decision yeah. and your future, yeah. go get your guy. If their guy is Trayvon Walker as the Jacksonville Jaguars, then make the pick. Go go get it done. It's just, it just it provides a little bit more of that chaos we've been talking yeah, about. Yeah, you, you Doug Peterson clearly. I mean, Doug wants the offensive tackle with Kwanwu. I mean, that's what he wants. He's got a quarterback he's got to try and protect. You know, his job, depending on how that kid plays. Yeah. So, you know, he's thinking about, well, I need I need blockers here. You know, and the scouts are like, scouts will always side on safe. It happened here in Dallas. You know, if you look at it, the corners last year, you know, with Sertan. And you talk to the scout and they'll say, man, Sertan, steady, safe, played a lot of game. Coaches. Give me horn. Give me give me the guy <laughs> turnovers. Who's, give me the guy who plays like his hair's on fire. Turnovers, you know, all that stuff. So yeah, I mean you could see in Jacksonville where the scouts are talking about Hutchins Hutchison and then everybody else is talking about somebody else. Mm-hmm. Who's you the know? best player, Dane? Or sorry, Dave. I wish I was <laughs> I wish I had that many scouting reports. Uh it's I thought I was about to sound super smart, but Kyle took it right out of my mouth, honestly. If I well, okay, if I if I in a vacuum had the number one pick, I would take Thibodeau. Yep. I think people are overthinking this thing. Yeah. I think he's a freak. I have not heard 
all this stupid whispering about this dude's personality or whatever his issue is, I have not heard anything convincing as to why he should fall further than certainly the top three. What are the knocks? That like basically people are just vaguely like, oh, he's sort of a jerk. Like he's kind of a diva. I'm like, so what? He's a right. pro football player. When right. we were, he has an ego. When we were at the combine, Dane put it beautifully. He said, whenever you get Dave these interviews, Dane. Dane. It was yeah, Dane. It was Dane this, this time. Yeah. Dane put it as when you have these interviews with with Kayvon Thibodeau, you have to pull up one seat for Thibodeau, then you got to pull up another one for his ego. <laughs> that that was the way he put it blatantly. But, isn't that what you there. want from a franchise changing see, draft? See, I mean, see, that's the thing. You, people, I mean, I think a lot of people feel like Sauce is the same energy. So yeah. it, it's, you see it's what not, he rolled up to the draft. In? It, it's not just. Sauce? It's not. No, I did not. He called himself the chosen one today. It's it's, it's not just <laughs> the ego. I don't think. I, I think that people view him as he's a little bit emotionally explosive. Mm. That that he he's a, a culture question there on that front. And then I, I don't want to get too deep into what it, but I mean, there's always there's been chatter about some of his circle Which, and, and some of the people he keeps see, around. And I, I'm not taking a shot at you, but that's my point: is like Do all it. all you can really get with this guy is like vague platitudes of like, oh well, there are some kind of, like tell me something. I'll, I'll text you it. I don't okay. say it into a microphone, but I'll text cool. you. It. <laughs> I mean, I'll say this though: see, there might be if that you can too. give me something that's legitimately concerning, I'm listening. But otherwise, he's a stud. I, I agree on the Thibodeau part of it though. But I so will three say this, of you have Thibodeau. Yeah, as your best but I, I have Gardner as my number two. If you just if you wanted my top five, I said Thibodeau, Gardner, Cross. Hutchinson, Iquanwu. Those are my top five. I will say this: if I ha- if I was in Jacksonville right now, if I if I was making the call for them, I would draft whichever tackle you like. But I don't care. But yeah, yeah. Iquanu Iki or Iquanu. Evan Neal, I would yeah. draft them because they just signed Cam Robinson. I don't care. Yeah. They got Brandon Scherf too. Give Trevor Lawrence the best offensive line in football and see what he can do. That's what I would do. John Ogden played guard before he played tackle. And you know that, Sean, because you lived in that that part of the the world. Yeah, you know. So don't tell me these guys can't. You can't go get the best guy and play him somewhere else, and then move him to where you have to move him. But I think the thing with Thibodeau, and this is what's going to happen, because next year when we're doing this all together, it's going to be like we're going to be talking about a bunch of Thibodeaus that care about their ego and they care about their. These players are going to start getting paid sure. to play football in college. Yeah. It's going to be about brands. Yeah. It's going to be about flash. It's going to be about product placement and all that stuff. Are we going to say, oh, well, this guy next year, oh, he he really doesn't like football? No, we're saying that because maybe this guy might be a little bit of a jerk. And yeah, you're right, Bobby. Maybe there's people that you know at Oregon will tell you though, well, hey, man, this guy is kind of like he doesn't want to play all the time. He doesn't want. He's a little bit like, hey, I might shut it down or something like that. I, I guarantee you're about to say something like that. Yeah, I mean that was one of the things he, heard. he about two, three times this year had told people at Oregon, I'm opting out after something had gone wrong. Yeah, he got hurt. He told them he was opting out. They lost to Stanford. He told them he was opting out. Like, there's a little bit of a emotional volatility. Conversations about our guy Derek Stingley, just for whatever that's worth. Yeah, you could. Could yeah. There was some of that with Micah too, not to that severity, but But there was some of that. When we see guys go up and mosey up to the podium in mink coats or cut off shirts, or they're bedazzled, or whatever the kids are saying, I could say that that's ego. I could say that. That's why it's got to run deeper. Yeah. It's yeah. got to run do you deeper. Think it's, and, do you think it's legit concerns on Thibodeau? I, I think there are some things around him. Like I said, I don't know so much. There are things about him, his ego, everything else like that. Again, the emotional volatility, wondering how does that fit into a locker room? How coachable is he? Uh, that, that's another thing about the ego there is that it's not just an ego like outside, but it's also an ego in terms of are you going to be able to be coached? Are we going to be able to like work on some of these things with you? Because I know that the 
general consensus from people I talked to around the NFL is that Thibodeau is not a finished product. That yeah. there's still a lot raw about him that they that will need to be coached out of him. And so if that's difficult, it's going to be tough. All right, let's move off of him and go to some of the other guys that you absolutely love. Uh, Kyle, who are you in love with at the top of this board? Uh, I, I mean, Iki Aquanu, NC State offensive tackle. He's my top offensive tackle. Uh, I mean, he's just a mean streak. He was the the biggest bully in college football is one of the things that I put on, on my notes about him. I think he's a plug-and-play instant decade of success at the tackle spot. Uh, other guys, we mentioned Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati, cornerback. I know for a fact that he is the Cowboys' top corner now. Not very much so in their realm, and, and nor will he fall, at least not anticipated, to fall past that five, six, seven spot to where they would even have a chance to go up and get him. Uh, other names up there, Kyle Hamilton, safety out of Notre Dame, flies around the, the field, sideline to sideline sort of guy, and then Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU, along with the edge rushers that I mentioned earlier. That's almost my entire top five, or top ten. Who do you love, Dave? I think, well, the, the, I think that's going back to what we were talking about at the beginning. It feels like there, there's like eight to ten names that everybody agrees are kind of a cut above the rest, right? And then like once you get past, I'll just throw Drake London out there sure. as like the tenth or eleventh guy. That's when all hell breaks loose. So like I, I think Kyle set it up perfectly. I already said it, so I'll be brief. But like, I freaking love Jamison Williams. I love, <laughs> I love the guy. I, th- I mean, and he, he's not just fast. Like we're not talking about. Uh, who was the kid that Oakland drafted? Darius Hayward Bay. Yeah, we ain't, we ain't talking about that. Like he can run routes, he can go inside, outside. Like he can be physical. He's not like the biggest receiver in the world, but he can do whatever you need him to. On top of being fast as hell. Does the injury worry you? No, all? it's an ACL. Okay, I just want to make sure it's 2022. I had to throw it out there because teams ask the same thing. We're living in a world where Cam Akers can tear his Achilles at minicamp and be ready for the playoffs. Like absolutely not. I'm not worried about it. Brought us who else is on the top of your board? Devin Lloyd. Linebacker from Utah, and I'm thinking about this as a six-three, two hundred thirty-seven pounds. And you talk to scouts, guys, and gals around the league, they'll tell you this might be the closest thing to Micah Parsons in this draft mm. because you talk about a guy that can finish. You talk about a guy, and he might play pass defense better than Micah Parsons did. So I, I kind of feel like though that whoever drafts Devin Lloyd, keep an eye on New England at twenty-one. That would be one of those ones where I would go. They they understand the player. So I, and I mean, Kyle just referenced him there, but I think there's just been a stunning lack of discussion in the last couple of months about Kyle Hamilton. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think Kyle Hamilton to be, and I know people didn't like, oh, he ran a 4-7 at oh, Pro I think, Day. I th- and well, then, I think that's your answer. And there, there were some bad habits. Well, he ran a 4-5-9, and, and the reason he ran a 4-7 was bad habits. He went home apparently and just didn't work. Had a little work. too much fun in Atlanta. Just, just <laughs> I don't even know that's funny. He just didn't work. He didn't, yeah. he didn't go to work. And yeah. so that, that's, that's a concerning thing you don't love hearing, but, to me, I think just when I watched his tape, you watch him against Florida State, you watch some of the stuff that he does, it's, he's so instinctual, I think, against the run. I think that even though there are questions about the way he can cover, I think that he's, he's really good at, at seeing things a step ahead of everybody else, even in coverage at times. And so, I, I love Kyle Hamilton. That's a guy that I would absolutely feel fine if I was the Cowboys, if they were up there picking in the top five, that's who I'd want, would be Kyle Hamilton. How much has positional value impacted y'all's view and scouting on all this we just talked about a linebacker yeah which there was a lot of angry people last year over michael parsons the cowboys i don't even think mm-hmm. knew he could rush the passer like that dan it, quinn dan quinn got that out of him for sure yeah, yeah. but there are people there's people in the organization 
I know George Edwards, the linebackers coach, I asked him that question. He's like, he goes, no, we knew this guy had that ability. Yeah. And I'm like, man, he didn't even play last year. Right. <laughs> How did you know that? Well, you talk you about know? linebacker. Yeah. Bobby said he's stunned at the, you know, the, the lack of talk about Hamilton. He's a safety. Yeah. Right. See, all the, and I think Hamilton's a great example, though. And, and you're, you're absolutely right. And that was not to like. Like my first immediate question is, can Hamilton cover? Yeah, I think he can. I okay. think he can too. See, I think, I think he can play because if there's a question, then you know I we think have a Dax team. Hill, the Michigan safety, can cover better. How about that? Because then if he can't, <laughs> if that if if he's not a plus there, then you know I think Jamal Adams and let's let's move along. See, I if, think I he's think better in coverage than Jamal. Hamilton Adams. is a great example. I think Hamilton is like where football is going. Because like I just I kind of feel like that Hamilton was when I was starting to draft in the early nineties. That See, big you think banger he's a throwback guy. Look yeah, at, like the size. Look at all the stuff. Taylor Mays, okay. USC, way back but in the day. I mean We're not we're not talking about a guy and, and I think he can do some of this, but we're not talking about Ed Reed who's gonna be like off the screen on tape. You remember you listen to me field. about talking about Ed you Reed. You repeat your stories a lot, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Up in here. We're not talking about Ed Reed. I'm gonna be mixing me a drink here while we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're talking, and I, this is going to sound silly because he was a seventh round pick. But we're talking about J. Ron Curse. Like we're talking yeah. about a guy who can do some cover. He can play in the slot. These tight ends are getting bigger and more athletic okay. and being more of a part of the passing game. You can go down in the box and take that guy away. Like that's what you use a Kyle don't, Hamilton. Don't, don't for. you look at? Don't you look like we? Will told the story with you guys after they picked Tony Pollard that there was a specific run in the Senior Bowl where yep. they saw it and they go like, oh, no. Ah, there yeah, it yeah, is. The, yeah, and, yeah, and like they can see some of those things. And there are moments where you see it. To me, it's like when you talk about Hamilton, like, yeah, is it always consistent coverage? No. You know, can he play center field like Ed Reed? No. But the play I go back to is he's on the opposite hash against Florida State. They're rolling out, and he just comes out of nowhere to the opposite sideline and just jumps in front of the receiver. That was That's as good as any free safety, see, high, high safety You see in the him NFL. play a lot of slot. You do see him play yeah, a lot of slot, but I don't know if you want to put him in the slot against NFL guys. Put him in the slot against who, though? Like, put him in the slot against the tiny little slot receiver? No, that's Probably what I'm saying. Not, but the, against the, okay, Kelsey? The, what sure. We've seen, what we've seen with these slot players over the you know over the years now here, I mean, how effective the slot players? I'm not trying to kill the kid. I'm just saying, though, there's things you see him do at Notre Dame when he's playing Virginia and Virginia Tech and people like that. You're like, oh, that's pretty damn impressive. You know, he moves well for a six four guy. Yeah, he moves really, 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 well. really does. Yeah. He's a physical player. He's a great tackler, I think. But you know, it's funny you say that about Curse. We were all like, "Oh, here's another one of those Cowboys signings." You sure. know, it's a safety, Clinton yeah. Dix, ha ha. You know, all that stuff <laughs> like that. You know, that's what I'm saying. I mean, we were we weren't given Curse, Dan Quinn. If you tell me you're going to take, if you're going to take this Notre Dame safety and you're going to and you're going to play them. I'm saying, yay, because of Dan Quinn. Yeah. Anybody else, Mike Nolan, I might be going, whoa, what'd you just do? But there are coaches. Even after Kelvin Joseph and Nisham Wright. I think, whoa. you know what? I think they knew about <laughs> like, the player. Dan? No, no, no. Eh. I know, no. I'm, I'm but, joking. Half, but, half no, but joking. I'm saying, though, half as far as, but how about this? They were thinking about at this time last year drafting a cornerback. I mentioned Sertan mm-hmm. and Horn, even though they had all three of these starters. And now we're not really talking about drafting a corner here, are we? Nope. Because everybody's like, whoa, Dan Quinn made these guys play a lot better than they are. Right. Trayvon Diggs taking a step and having 11 interceptions certainly helped yeah, that conversation. Yeah, as well, Dan too. Quinn and, and, and Joe Whitten, those guys putting yeah. him in position to make plays. I just think to go back. 
back to the original question. What scares like, me about Burks? There are like the money. Oh, I love Burks more than anybody else does too. Yeah, but I because bet, I gotta I make him do. do what you need to do. Now, there, look, I gotta there be... are like these positions where you only need to be good at one thing to yeah. be good, like edge rusher, quarterback, yeah. obviously, cornerback. And you're like, go out to the boundary and just take care of that guy. If you're not one of those, safety, yeah. linebacker. You got to be able to do a bunch of stuff, and that's what scared us about Micah. Is like, is he just going to tackle people? That's not valuable. But yeah. that's not all he does. Yeah. And uh, I feel the same way about him. I'll not sure if everyone's aware, but a lot of Cowboy fans are a little bit irritated over this off season. No, and people think uh, Stephen Jones has turned into the number one sports villain in town. And the question has become. Have they put too much pressure on the guy running this show that starts tonight? We'll answer that question next. Is there too much pressure on Will McClay? This is the 2022 NFL Draft on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. What up, DallasCowboys.com crew? We are still here. Sean Sharif, Kyle Yeomans, Dave Hellman, Brian Broaddus, and Bobby Belt. I want to ask you guys about opinions changing yeah should they change when do they change because we're talking about Thibodeau he was the number one pick and now he's 12 we're talking about Walker uh he was in the second round and now he's the number one pick uh so Brian you've lived this yeah when does it change what 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 changes and influences you in terms of and then you say I should have just stuck with that original no no this is where and and I, I appreciate Kyle bringing this up though because I think that if you you know tonight People were asking me because I had a post on my board, and I don't know how to do the Google thing, all that. You could go on my Twitter, and you know, I don't know how to do all that crap. I got you. You can ask us, yeah. But, we but, can but I will. I'll help you. Get your son to do it. But but <laughs> but see, he's pitching baseball right now in Houston. Oh, good but, luck. But see, that, that's where I'm at right now because people are like, well, you didn't have you didn't have Johnson here. You didn't have this guy. You didn't have this guy. And I said, that's my board. I'm proud of my work. You know, I mean, I think that's where you have to be right now. Now, see, we're doing it as individuals. Them, there's a lot of things. You know, there's a lot of that, what we think, that group, that group think. And that's where you get a team like the Rams. The Rams aren't interested in group think anymore. When I was a scout back in the day, we were interested in group think. Oh, let's all get together and put our name on this and put them up on the board. You know, that's that's what we're that's what we did in the 90s, you know, and I think today we're kind of in a little bit more. But there's teams like, say, Will McClay. He's got a tough job where he's got to manage the coaches, the scouts and the Joneses. There's nobody else in the league that has to do what he does. And I know we're, we're going to talk about that in the next segment. But I, I think that I think if you're going to do this, you know, and you, you don't have to, like, just follow along the group. Yeah. If you've got four five, six, eight, nine guys, people will remind you if you suck at this. You do it long <laughs> enough, they'll remind you a of lot. all your busts. A lot. Your owner yeah. will say it in a press conference sure. prior to the draft. Sure. Dave, yeah. what what changes for you, having done this for a number of years now, and, and at what time when you're like, this should be the cutoff point? I'm sticking with, I'm sticking with what I what I saw, oh, what man. I heard. Well, so see, th- this is the this is the debate. Because you were tweeting about this, that the, the late influence is getting in your head. This, this is the debate that I have all the time with guys like Brian and, and other people that do this is like I try to remove my own opinion from it because like, you know, Brian's Brian stakes his reputation on this where he's like, this is what I think. Whereas I'm more along the I'm more of the opinion of like what I think does not matter. It doesn't. I don't care. It does matter. It, do, it doesn't, though, because they're going to sit up there and, and make their pick. And they've never once in a decade asked me what I thought. I'm waiting. 
I'm waiting for that day. But, but it, it allows hasn't. us to judge you, which I know, is fun. I know, exactly. They may have in 2020. You wanted C.D. Lamb as much as anybody. I think everyone in the world wanted so, C.D. Lamb. I'm just saying, that they easy. may have asked you that year. But, you just didn't get a chance to... Well, you know what I'm talking about. No, in I terms do. Of it, 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 a story here or a leaked rumor there. What's so? It's funny the way the ebbs and flows of this thing work, man. Because I, I did say that, like, late influence can can be a, a bummer sometimes. But also, these last three days before the draft, that's when people start saying the juicy stuff too. Like, again, I mean, yeah. Tyler Smith is not um, – that ain't BS. Like, that is something – that's a name to at least know. A possible yeah. cowboy interest. Yeah, uh, and nobody was on that until earlier this week, or at least not with I'd any... seen his name actually on Twitter. People were asking me because people yeah. were mocking that, you know, and like yeah, Mel Kuyper and those which, guys and mocking that. The Mel Kuypers of the world don't do stuff on a whim. Not a week before the no, draft. No, Not – in a uh, who was it? Josh Norris. Shout out! He got 17 picks right last year. Do wow. You think that's blind luck, or do you think it's having a good network of contacts? I will say I, I brought up Tyler Smith based off of stuff that I was hearing in Indy because I did hear something in Indy, and you can go back and listen to it on the on the draft show. We're sitting there in Radio Row, and there was a moment when I brought up Tyler Smith to Dane, and that's when Dane initially was like, "Man, I just I don't, I don't know." Like, and that's where we kind of had our conversation, talked about him as a second round prospect. But at, at 24, at that point, we felt like it was too rich. I still feel that way to a certain extent for me. But it goes back to what Brian was saying in our opening segment. Just because you have him as a second-round grade at 30, 35, whatever, doesn't mean you can't take him at 24. Because if you, can't, if you don't take him at 24, you're not going to see him last until 56. And also to the point we made earlier, Brian's 45 could be there 22. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, there's Very just good. no way to know. All right. Uh, thank you to DallasCowboys.com. We're going to be here uh, all night long. No commercial breaks with the coverage as we get closer to Roger Goodell getting booed in Vegas. Sean Sharif, Cowboys insider Bobby Belt. We got David Hellman and Kyle Yeomans from DallasCowboys.com. And our lead scout from 105 through the fan, Brian Broadus. Let's go back to the Cowboys before we get Jacksonville on the clock. Uh, this, in 11 years of doing radio here and uh, as a part of this team through the Cowboys network, uh, this is easily the most irate the fan base has been in the off season. Uh, we're used to them not spending. I know that's a national narrative. Uh, Jerry wants this. Let's go gamble. And we know that Steven may be a little bit more in control, but compensation for Amari Cooper. Uh, Leo Collins rolling out the door, bringing in some no-names. The Randy Gregory debacle. Uh, the two-for-ones that are supposed to be better than Randy, according to Jerry the other day. Uh, Bobby Belt, where are we? <laughs> <laughs> where are we, Mr. Cowboys insider, with this Cowboys offseason? And is the question fair that this team is putting way too much pressure on Will McClay to continue to hit home run draft picks? I mean, I, does Will feel that way? I don't know. Do do they feel that way? I don't know. But like, I, just from my perspective, when I look at it, it's like that's a lot you're putting on them consistently every year. Of like, we'll go bargain bin shop. Maybe it works out. Maybe it doesn't. But you know that we we can trust that our scouting staff do that. It's a it's a great compliment to them, and it's it's a vote of confidence in them, and I'm sure that's great. But it is a, a lot of pressure to go, man, especially in a draft draft like this where you don't feel like there's going to be a first rounder necessarily right where you're picking, and then you have to weigh like, well, how much do we want to sacrifice? How much do we want to give up? When I've when I've been talking about some of these calls about do they give up a second? Do they give up a third? You know, I, I've heard chatter about that that they could go up. Somebody around the league who, who's very connected had reached out to me today and was like. 
I don't see really anybody giving up a second or a third unless they are going up for elite. Because in this draft, like that's where everybody wants their picks right now: second, third, fourth, fifth. They don't want to. They don't want to move around the first. That's why nobody's trying to go up right now. And so I think it's going to be really tough for for the fan base to you know feel great about where things are after this weekend, just because there's no studs at the top. No matter what they do, there's going to be a section of the fan base that's going to be upset with it and it's going to complain about it because, well, you didn't get alignment or, oh, you, you traded up to get this and you sacrificed this and we have too many holes. People are going to be upset regardless. But, yeah, they're, they're, they're in a very frustrated state. The most frustrated I can recall them being in, in several years, the fan base. You guys live in this building. Do you, do you think that Will McClay can keep going in for raises every offseason <laughs> based upon this formula? I mean, since 2010, no team in the NFL has had more all-pro draft picks in, in the entire league than the Dallas Cowboys. The scary part about that is that since 2010, no team in the NFL has had more all-pro draft picks because at some point your luck runs out, right? I mean, a lot of this is, is yes, it's preparation, it's homework, it's being in the right spot at the right time in terms of a draft pick, but a lot of it is the players working out to your favor as well. And last year you felt like Micah Parsons fell in your lap. That wasn't necessarily, hey, we're going into this drafting Micah Parsons. They made the adjustment, they made the pick, and ultimately he ends up being the defensive rookie of the year. That's not always going to happen. So going back to what Bobby was saying a moment ago, if you're not adding that talent, you're not adding that that supplemental free agency help at some point along the way, that pressure ultimately is going to force a crack. I don't want it to happen, of course, being in this building and working with the fantastic crew across the way, and they do a great job of drafting, don't get me wrong, but it's just the law of averages. At some point it will even out. You just don't want it to be sooner rather than later. That's that last part. Just and cut that out and play it again because that's <laughs> Will. I, I think the world of Will. Uh, he's. I say it every every year. I beat it into the ground. He's one of my favorite people in this organization as a guy. I think he's awesome at his job. Uh, the track record speaks for itself. He's been running the draft since fourteen. I mean, put it up against anybody in the league. Firmly believe that. Uh, he's had some stinkers too. He's got to wear taco. This, he does. Uh, he, I he, thought he, Steven did. <laughs> it depends did. on who you ask. He did right? earlier in the week. Hey, they all have a hand in it. Uh, and so if even somebody with Will McClay's track record can have that on his resume, 2019 class, I, mean, I know they didn't have a first-round pick, but other than Tony Pollard, eh, doesn't look wonderful. So it is possible for even somebody as great as, as they are at this to screw this up. And, and when you're not bringing talent into your roster any other way mm. – Short answer, Sean, yes, they are putting way too much pressure on their scouting Most Pro Bowl players, you said, since 2010? Since 2010. Coaching. Coaching. Mm. Think about that. Yeah. Bringing in guys, bringing in talent, 10 years of Jason Garrett, 10 years of trying to figure out Scott Linehan and whoever else. You know, give me 10 years of Dan Quinn using these players. You know, give give me guys that... Like I say, we learned a lot about this. We were begging for this defense to be middle of the road. Yeah. Top five. When the scoring defense and all that stuff. It they didn't I mean, they added guys. They added they but they added you know, they added the defensive but basically the defensive player of the year. But think about that. Think about all those picks and how frustrated you might be if you're if you're a player personnel guy and you're like Damn, I'm giving them players. Why are we not having success? Yeah. You know? And it's you know, and I'm and Will and I'm not gonna point the finger at the coaches, but I will. I'll point the finger at those guys and say, listen, you wasted a lot of guys here. Garrett's on Twitter now, be careful. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you know, he has to look at that. He got let go. 
You know, they gave him 10 years here with a damn good roster. You know, and that, that you got to look at that. And, and we love Dan Quinn now, right? Sure. We love Dan Quinn because he's taken players and putting them in positions to make plays. I'll tell you another thing Uh-oh. about this. Oh, boy. I love it when he practices. No. I get nervous. No. What are you nervous about when you have job security? Yeah. Oh, no. we've talked about this on the draft show. They're not going anywhere. None of these guys are going anywhere. Will McClay's very happy about being here. They're comfortable with Will McClay. Will McClay's figured out how to marry the coaches with the Joneses with the Scouts. Hard thing to do. They're not. He's not. Will's not going. He's had opportunities, but yeah. you know he's got family. But really, if, if you know Jason Light at Tampa several years ago, three years ago, two years ago, his butt was on the line. He gets Tom Brady in his lap. He's going to get fired. My man Les Snead out there, F them picks. <laughs> He's talking to me like Gruden's gonna come here and blow me out. Bro, you got you know, you got the Wonder Boy coach, you know, who doesn't really care about the draft. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes it's about those coaches. Sometimes it's about the people you bring in. You know, when you don't have security, you will do whatever you have to do to build your roster. That's somebody else's problem, bro. I traded away all the first-round picks for the next two years. Yeah, That's somebody else's deal. It doesn't happen here. A lot of security here. I've said that a few times this year, is, and like they, will never, they would never admit this publicly. But I just wonder. Are we allowed to talk like this in this building? Oh, I haven't yeah. done this before. Uh, oh, no, they're not afraid. <laughs> We're not. Hey. They're not afraid. They'll, they'll let you go as we long might, as you're fair. We might be We might be team employees, but A, they let us say it, and B, maybe we're not everybody's favorite employee because of it, but that's okay. <laughs> hey, I got rid of me. Um, yeah. No, I just, behind closed doors, like, you hear it from the fan base all the time. They're not better on paper than they were last year. They are not. Dalton Schultz said that. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Exactly. And he's one of the guys they brought back. I just wonder if behind closed doors they're like, that's okay. This, like, like, we're good enough to win the East. We might not be a contender, but that's okay. We'll be in better cap shape next year. We'll have more money. And again, this is in their meetings. They're saying, we're going to kill this draft. We're just, we're going to add three badasses. We'll win the East. Maybe we, you know, we, we, we're not going to take another step this year, but we can take steps in 23 and 24. And they can't say that out loud because it would piss off their fans, but it's a very plausible idea to me that they feel that way. Well, and McCarthy even said it to lead off the press conference the other day where he said, I think uh, what you guys perceive our needs are and, and what we think our needs are is going to be different. And I think that when you look at, I think they think they. Or he's have, throwing you off. I, I think that, no, I think they have. I think they believe they've got a lot of the talent in place that they need. Yes, they need a starting offensive lineman right now. They've talked very openly about that. They probably need another receiver. They need some of these things. I think what they feel like, and, and part of this process has been about. I think, I think what they feel like they're missing in, in a lot of ways isn't always the talent. I think they're worried about the intangibles and the toughness. And the leadership trait, and I think they—that's th- been part of this process. I think for them, mm. I think that's why you've heard some of the ties to which, Trevor which Penning. Which I love that they love how tough Trevor Penning is. They love the chip on his shoulder. I think I think that's part of this evaluation more so than maybe in years past. They're looking for toughness. They're looking for for guys who have the intangibles. And they're also looking down the road as well because you look at and, and Penning being an example, Tyler Smith, offensive tackle from Tulsa, being an example. Right now, this day and age, at this point in the time. Offensive tackle isn't the number one need for the Cowboys, but in two years it might be. Because in three years it might be. They might had, be in eight games. It, I mean, it, you, you're exactly right. <laughs> the Tyron Smith thing continues to hover over every season. And I think they're tired of that to a certain extent. So if even if they do take a tackle this year, which I, I think Bobby's spot on with pinning, and then of course you've heard the rumors with Smith, 
if they take a tackle that's looking at maybe an interior fix short term and then you look long term into it being a, a potential tackle replacement moving into the future, they're trying to think about it that way. I'm not saying it's the right pick, or at least I, I'm not saying I would make that pick, but they've got different thought processes going on across the building than we even do in this room. We're just not used to, as a fan base, a step backwards off season. It's Doesn't always happen. it's always it's usually treading water if we're being honest. Yeah. Well, maybe Jerry sells it a little bit more than that, but <laughs> this feels like a legitimate step back off season and I think, you know, people are angry that we're in the NFC East whereas usually it's celebrated cuz it's like, oh, that that allows them to get away with 11 and 6 even though it could be a first round exit. That's what I'm saying is uh you know, just looking at it, it's like we can win the East with this roster. Yeah, absolutely, they can because the East sucks. And uh, they and felt the, like they were close last year too, which is adding to the frustration of the step back this year too. Yeah. Because you felt like you were there, you were on the doorstep. Now, of course, the way that it ended doesn't necessarily look like that. You had a long way to go, but from a roster on paper standpoint, you felt like you had what it took to take a see. Take I, and make I, a run. I, I think they felt like that way for a lot of the season. I think by the end of the season, I think they felt like they had kind of gotten slapped in the face a little bit. And like, oh, we're not quite where we thought we were. Mm. And I think that's why they weren't wanting to do a full rebuild, but I think they wanted to renovate. Mm. It's like, fix up right. parts of this. That's a wonderful analogy. That, like, they're trying to renovate it on the fly. They're like, let's shed some of these bad contracts. I mean, sh- if you take it back to Jalen, that yeah. they got rid of, th- like, what, three hefty contracts that they didn't want to have to deal with? Now, I don't think all of those decisions were... I I don't get why Lyle Collins doesn't need to be on this team right now. Like that's weird to me. And I might go back to what Bobby was saying. I don't get I don't get Amari Cooper either. But that's beside the point. They shed the salary. Maybe those two things you're talking about, though, when you're saying the front office just not happy with either guy. Yeah. No. Absolutely. We're a little bit hypocritical. Yeah. You know, we 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 forget. So when the playoffs start. Well, not when the playoffs start. When the playoffs continue, we're all tweeting the same thing. Cowboys don't belong on the field with these guys. Cowboys would get smoked by Buffalo. Mm. Cowboys would get destroyed by this team or that team. And then when they show us maybe in the offseason, hey, we aren't what we thought we were. Let's get rid of these guys. These aren't $20 million players. Then we get mad about it. So Mm. I'm a hypocrite with it. Uh, But we didn't think that we were on that championship level when the playoffs were going on. And maybe Jerry and Steven were like, Let's be real. Maybe about it. mid-season you were. That's the, oh, I was mid-season. Yeah, mid-season. You're on the win streak. Yeah. The team we watched in December and January just wasn't the one that I thought it was. And that's that's Zeke getting injured. That's the offensive line falling apart. That's Dak refuses to blame the calf injury, but something happened to him. He he was not the same. He, yeah. People look at me sideways when I say this. Like he was in, in the thick of the MVP race. He was. He was in October. Kyler Murray and him. He was in the yeah. thick of it. There, there was an entire podcast on the Athletic after yes. the Falcons game where it's like Dak Prescott is the MVP of the NFL. Robert Mays and Nate Tice were like, "Are we crazy if we think Dak's the MVP?" No. And that was a national conversation. And it, he wasn't that guy the second half of the season. I, like I said, for whatever reason. I love the toughness point though from from Bobby. Because when San Francisco walked down, Kyle Shanahan was like talking smack before the playoff game, saying, we know that they don't want to handle our run game. And I was like, whoa, you're not supposed to be saying that, like making headlines. And when Debo Samuel and Trent Williams were walking down that tunnel. The boombox. The boombox over the shoulder. shoulder. Super gremlin, Kodak Black just blaring on it. I was like, "Uh uh-oh. And then on that first drive, we all said, "Uh uh-oh. 
and they got smacked in the mouth in their own stadium. Yeah, to I mean, to a certain extent, that's what happened. And it, and it happened. It wasn't just San Francisco. That was the culmination. But you looked at throughout the year. Denver did it to him. Kansas yep. City did it to him. They consistently were getting out physical, and I think that's part of what they're trying to change. I do. I just. I can't. I can't let go of the notion. Like on paper, no. Like I do. I think they're as good as Buffalo or Kansas City. Of course not. But like Cincinnati, uh, sure. That Tampa team, the that Rams, was banged up by the end of the year. The Rams. Everyone had us even with the Rams throughout the year. It's like a fifty-fifty coin flip. I, they had an all-star roster too, though. They, they. I mean, they were exceptionally good, and they played the best. I way. think the Cowboys roster was good enough. They just didn't play yeah. well enough for a variety of reasons. All right, let's get this thing going. That was a good first hour. Yeah. <laughs> can can we maintain? Can we increase? Hell yes, we can. All right, let's do it. There we go. One, two, three, <laughs> team. Uh, let's get this thing going with Roger Goodell getting booed at the podium. It's the 2022 NFL Draft. Getting ready to get officially started on 105 Through the Fan and DallasCowboys.com. Got to take this call real quick, boys. All right, guys, we continue on DallasCowboys.com, probably the longest that I've ever gone in a one-hour draft buildup without bringing up the most important position in all of sports. (laughs) That would be the quarterbacks. Oh, you're not talking running back? I'm not talking running back, Kyle. Kyle Yeomans, Bobby Belt, and Dave Hellman. How bad is this quarterback class? Well, that's it's hard. We just rough. laid out on that. <laughs> that was some dead air right there. I, I have a personal interest in this. Uh, for those uh, that don't know, I host a morning show on the Cowboys flagship, mm-hmm. and my co-host and my producer Troy Hughes is running our broadcast tonight on the radio side. Uh, they have a humongous bet involving a shock collar uh, that if no oh, if no quarterback goes in the top ten. One will get shocked if one does go in the top ten. The other will get lit up on our morning show. Who's 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 yeah, on who's which who? side? RJ says Choppy's getting a, shocked. A quarterback has to and will go top ten. I think Choppy's getting yeah, shocked. I think he's done. You do. So Carolina at six. Will that determine it? Yeah. We got a lot of we got a lot of teams in the top ten with quarterback needs. I think the Seattle technically could go there, but I don't think they will. They could, but yeah, I think the Panthers at six is probably the number one there. Giants just declined an option, but I don't know if they'll necessarily pull that trigger. You hearing anything, Bobby, from around the no, league? No, see, and like I, I'm these quarterbacks. When we talk about the quarterback class, I'm going to be so I'm so different than everybody else. Just after watching, like I know everybody loves Willis, mm-hmm. and, and like I think everybody feels like best about Willis's upside. Sure, and I think everybody else feels like oh, you know, Kenny Pickett's about the safest of them all. Like, like you can get him in, and he'll plug in, and, and he'll be a decent starter right away. To me, the two quarterbacks I like the most are Matt Corral from Ole Miss, and I like way more than anybody else does, apparently. I like Carson Strong at Nevada. Oh, okay. Those, Those are my three on here, guys. I, I, yeah. I would, like, I mean, if I was a team that needed a quarterback, I'd feel okay taking Strong in the top 50. I think if Strong didn't have a, basically a reconstructed knee, he would be in this first-round conversation. I'm right there with you. I think he is a, a great quarterback. Just and block Brian, for him. Just Brian block. Get him stand. Yeah, just get him a good offensive line. That's... I think I might take Howell. If I like had to bet on one of these guys I just being didn't like him, I think I I like his athleticism, I like his toughness, and I just can't help but think about the fact that all of the talent on his team left a year before he did. Like mm. he had two running backs get drafted, he had some good receivers on that 2020 Carolina team. I just wonder if he just didn't have any help last year. I'm gonna chug my energy drink now. Out in the Do it. Yeah, <laughs> we're on we're on dot com. Nobody cares. Now, now, are we talking about quarterbacks? quarterbacks? We are your specialty. Yeah, I'm so good at this. I actually have gotten better. I have gotten better. Hey, you though. loved Mahomes and Allen. I so did. I mean, that, I, I took, that puts you in the I room. took a lot of grief. Uh, I got Pickett, 
and then I got Willis, Corral, and Howell. But I got Willis, Corral, and Howell all in the second round. Oh, so was, you flipped on Corral. I thought he was I, your top guy. Yeah, I, I started to kind of – I went back and I got some more tape. Yeah. And I really do love his toughness. I think there's there's something about – his leadership is really, really good. Mm-hmm. And I think guys gravitate towards him. I'll tell you what, I'm gutless because I should have put Willis ahead of Pickett is what I should have done. I didn't either, though. Yeah, I think that I think that Willis is really, really, really good. I'll I tell mean, you what, the, the guy that everybody's liking is our guy at Cincinnati. Desmond Ritter. Ritter. I think everybody's starting to like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised see, if he went in the bottom of the first round I mean, or something I, like I that. I could see Ritter in like the 25 to 32 That'd be range. great. Put Every, him up above 56. Let's make it happen. Willis is easily... Easily the most intriguing from a talent. He is electric. But the thing is, and I've I've like I've heard this from people. I'm not I'm not guessing. Like I just how quickly can he be ready to play NFL football? Do we not care? Do we not care as much about who you face in college anymore? I mean, you know what? But he watches his game against (laughs) Ole Miss. Yep. If you want to watch Ole Miss and how because Liberty. Took some people to the mat. Did they? Virginia Tech was another one. I think that they were in a game yep. like it was in Blacksburg that where they were just toe to toe. This kid was a transfer from Auburn, mm-hmm. so you knew that he had that that kind of that pedigree, you know. But they ran him off. But man, this guy was one of the most exciting players I scouted this year. When you're talking about all the things that he could do, and he took a beating in that Ole Miss game, what do you think and gave about, him a chance to win? What do you think about what they ask him to do, though? Like, can, is he ready to like drop? Can he like turn his back to the defense? Yeah. And he never, all that he stuff? never Kyler got Murray. to do that, though. I was, I called the Liberty North Texas game, mm-hmm. and I talked to Hugh Freeze going into that. The guy just raved about him, and Hugh Freeze has seen quarterbacks along the way that have been fantastic. He says this guy's up there with any of the other ones that I've faced, that I've coached in terms of off the field, on the field, and. He had zero offensive line. Let me let me reiterate that. He had no offensive line to work with. All right, we're getting ready to get this thing going from Vegas. Oh, they got the fountain going out there. Uh, let's see what else they do as we get ready to rejoin the fan. Good evening, y'all. Ford Center at the Star is the site of our 2022 NFL draft coverage with Sean Sharif, our Cowboys insider Bobby Belt, our lead scout Brian Broadus, and from DallasCowboys.com, David Hellman and Kyle Yeomans. The scene is set. They are packed deep in Las Vegas. That's a lot of people. I would say the pandemic is over. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that uh, that it is over. Uh, so a lot of intrigue. We still don't know what's happening at number one with Jacksonville on the clock. Then it will be the Detroit Lions, the Houston Texans, the New York Jets, and then the New York Giants will start to get things going with the NFC East selections. They're going to pick at five and seven with Carolina sandwiched in between. Give our listening audience a little little preview of what you guys are getting from this draft class. How, how, how is this draft class defined in terms of the talent, Bobby Belt? It's very, very deep. And at the top, you it's not a year you necessarily want to be picking at the top, I don't think, in terms of there's, there's not the stud that you'd expect to get if you're picking in the top ten. I don't want to be picking one, but I would feel fine picking ten in the top ten. Like, if you told me I had a shot at Sauce Gardner, I'd be very happy. Sure, well, it just, just depends on what you need then. But sure. but in terms of, like, I mean, you just hear some of these people, they talk about consistently, like, some 
these teams, you hear them in interviews talking about 14 first-round grades, 15 first-round grades, and, and some of the stuff that's going around. They're that's, setting out to be losers, aren't they? That, I mean, that, <laughs> I, think, I think they're just preparing you to say, like, yeah. all right, we're going to take somebody that, you know, probably in the 20s that you're going to be like, who did you just take? Yeah. And so that's – I think there's a lot of uncertainty here. This is This is a – a very fluid, I think, draft for everybody. It's not one of these things where, well, the NFL's got a beat on all this. They know where this is going. I think they're just as confused as we are heading into this thing. I love that. I hope you're right. I love that. I, that I, there's I, so much that could happen. Yeah, Sean said it at the top of the show. Chaos. I want chaos. Absolutely. You're an agent of chaos. Yeah, I, I, I try I, to be. Man, I, I tell you what, all the years of doing this, though, I, I don't have a great handle on this one. I really don't because, again, last night, the more I talk to people, and these are guys and gals in the league, you know, and they're, and they're talking about things, and I'm going, okay, stop. You know, I mean, and they're trying to create, you know, what if this happens? What if, you know, and I'm like, well, why don't you just, what, how do you have your board? You know, how do you have your guys? And like, well, we haven't, you know, and, but it just seems like that they, maybe Dave was talking about it. You're thinking about it too much. You know, you're thinking about it just, you know, the teams, I think the teams that have the, the continuity to their drafting part, maybe this is an opportunity for a team like the Cowboys that does have some consistency the way they draft. That maybe they won't be all over the place. Maybe their board won't be like just totally out of whack like everybody else's. Keep hearing this story about how Shad Khan, the owner yeah. of the Jags, is like having all these meetings with Doug Peterson and Trent yeah. Balk and uh, just trying to get on the same page. I'm like, God, that sounds exhausting that y'all don't agree <laughs> on Tuesday of draft week. Like, well, see, that's the maybe, problem. You got to get to a like. I used to get to a point when I would study for yeah. tests where like it didn't matter. If it, I'm just like I'm, I know it as well as I'm going to know yeah. it. I'm shutting the damn book. Well, that's the problem. Then again, you, you you talk about Urban Meyer being the coach there. He leaves you know, week thirteen. You know, Trent Balky was really not a general manager. Urban Meyer was the guy that was kind of running the personnel department and stuff like that. All of a sudden, Trent Balky comes back in. Everybody's going, well, Trent got. You know, he was not really part of it. Now he's running it again? The Jags yeah. fan base had, like, an active campaign to yeah. keep it from happening. Yeah. Kyle, he? set us up position-wise for strengths and weaknesses of this class. Yeah, I think edge rushers where it gets deep. Uh, you could say the same thing about wide receiver. Both of those positions. Edge is probably the most complete position group in the entire class because you do have those top names you have the Aiden Hutchinson's you have the Kayvon Thibodeau's the Trayvon Walker's up at the top of the list then you've got those middle guys that you really feel comfortable about with the George Karloftis the David Ojabos even with his Achilles injury that he suffered on pro day then you've got the back end guys like a Sam Williams a Cameron Thomas and Arnold Abacady that'll go in day late day two into day three that you feel like can be either developmental guys or impact guys early on. So I would say most complete class edge rusher. Wide receivers deep. I would say offensive line not necessarily very deep. And then quarterback is not very top heavy. Tight end. Throw tight end in there for me, man. Oh, yeah. No, I agree because with you. Because I'm sitting there. You know, there might not be a first-round tight end, but we've talked about McBride from Colorado State. And then, you know, with Otten, Woods, Rucker, Cole. I mean, they've got some guys that can play. Once it, McBride goes, yeah. they're all going to go. I think it's going to be a run. And it's not, again, it might not be in the second round, but there's going to be a run on these tight ends. I was about to say, are, we're, talking, we're talking day two stuff here at yeah. the top of the first but, round. But, 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 but what I'm but saying, okay, but, but, okay, you mentioned the defensive ends, the wide receivers, mm-hmm. the, the corners. I'll tell you, this is a good safety group, too. It is. If you need a safety, it's usually if you like, oh, we can't find a safety. And if you can't find a safety out of this draft at free or strong, then you don't need to be drafted. You'd be doing, doing radio with me, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Because I feel like, though, 
that to me that 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 group's pretty deep. The corner is group, and I and I tell you what, these linebackers, it's not a bad group when you start to talk about the Walkers, the Christian Harris's, uh, Tyndale from Georgia, those types of guys. It's a very versatile linebacker class. That's very interesting. You have the guys that you look at as a potential Micah Parsons where they can rush the passer, they can come off the edge, they're almost a glorified stand-up edge, stuff like that. But then you've also got these small compact linebackers that are going to fly sideline to sideline. There's Kind of a, there's something for everybody from a linebacker standpoint, which bodes well for the Cowboys. How about these defensive tackles? How about at the one technique, the big daddies with like Davis and Jones from uh, UConn, Mathis from Alabama, Ridgeway, Arkansas. I mean, those are big bodied one technique guys that I kind of have all those three guys, Davis, Jones, Mathis, all in that second round. Let let, let me just get my satisfaction of hearing Roger Bood at the podium to open up this thing. Yes, here we go. Let's go, Las Vegas! <laughs> Come on, Las Vegas, let's go! <laughs> He's like, bring it harder, I'm used to worse. <laughs> okay. All right, that's enough. I just wanted to hear that. <laughs> it wasn't as bad as I was hoping for. Wasn't that weaker than years past, guys? I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm really tur- soft it's a tourist. It's a tourist he's, yeah. he's with – I'm trying to figure out who the guys on the podium are. It's, it's Raider guys. Carr, Derek Derek Carr, Carr, Waller, yeah, and um, – the other one was definitely Waller, I think. Future Green Bay Packer? Oh, is that, who is that on the end? Bobby. Marcus Allen. Yeah. Marcus Bobby Allen. Set yeah. us up for the Cowboys and some of the names they be uh, they may be looking at tonight at 24. Uh, I think if you're, uh, we'll we'll have to see how the board plays out before we even start talking about trading up. Yeah. I, th- I think we start talking about trading up once we see we get towards like picks ten, eleven. Then we start seeing where the board is, and we can figure out if we think it's something reasonable. I think if we're just talking about them staying back at twenty four, names we need to know. Uh, you got Kenyon Green, the guard from Texas A and M. Zion Johnson, the do-it-all lineman from Boston College, who I think Mm -hmm. they think of his spot best might be at center. Doesn't mean he wouldn't necessarily play guard right out of the jump here, but um, I think you've got Traylon Burks, the receiver from Arkansas. He would be in contention there. And then when we've talked about some of these wipeout scenarios, we've heard the chatter about uh, Tyler Smith at Tulsa, the tackle. Uh, How about Raymond from... uh... Maybe as a trade back. I don't know about wipeout at 24, potentially. Um, Or, or, you know, we've heard a little bit of chatter in recent days that, you know, maybe N'Kobe Dean would would be a wipeout guy for them. Yeah. Um, which would blow my mind. Which would I think run gotta, counter to a lot of their stuff. You got to add Devin Lloyd too. Just again, I mean, we. Just, I just don't expect Lloyd to be there. Is why fair, totally fair. But if 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 he's around in that range, sure, he'd be in the conversation. Uh, trying to read tea leaves, knowing that he was a thirty visitor, I think it's worth mentioning. More likely, if there's one to move back or move up, Bobby. Uh, which are the Cowboys more likely to do up or down? I think they're more likely to go up. Mm. Why? Because that's where we we've talked about it. that's where the value is going to be. If you want to match the value in the first round, Stephen talks about third, fourth, fifth round. That's where it's deep. So I think they feel like we can get a third round graded player in the third. We can get a fourth round in the fourth. I don't think they feel like they can get a first and a second round graded player in those rounds if they just stay put. So if you want to go up, ensure you get a first round graded player. Go make the deal. Get rid of your second, and then start picking actual value starting in the third round. Do you think the trade up for teams in the back of the draft of the wide receivers? That if one of those wide receivers are on the board, 
That or because, tackle. Yeah, because I, I'm kind of feeling like, though, that we're going to lose a lot of these wide receivers. Yes. But if one of them comes sliding down and maybe you're not going to pick them, maybe the Cowboys are not going to take – uh, you know, I don't think a lobby gets to you or anything like that, but maybe there's somebody that that pickens or somebody like that, or do they just sit? And 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 I'm not about, again the Cowboys. I'm talking about for trade backs. It's more likely for someone to come up, right? NFL draft is now officially open. The Jacksonville Jaguars are now on the clock. All right, all right, here we go. Congrats, y'all. No, I've, I've, ne- I've never noticed that Goodell says Jaguars. Yeah, Jaguars. I am a. Jaguars. I am nothing if not a snotty, pretentious writer. Yeah, you are. I hate when people say Jaguar. You know, you know, you know, you know who, hate, you know who hates that the most is our old uh, buddy from England, Dan Turner. Yeah, because he worked for the company Jaguar, so he hates hearing us say the word. Hey, over here. Jaguar is wrong too. Well, hey, yes, but so. yes, yeah, yeah. Of course. Uh, no, I think that when you, uh, to me, if they're gonna go up, that's the where you get the value. You got to go up you're gonna have to go up to probably 12 to 14 to actually get the correct value now if you want to go up a little bit to 17 to 20 to ensure you get your guy you may be trading up honestly if you go up 17 to 20 if you make a little jump like that you may be trading up to get a second round graded player yeah but that's just the way the board may shake out i agree with that again the teams that might come from the back keep an eye on kansas city they're really aggressive. You know, maybe that could Tennessee be a, might come Tennessee's up. another team that Bobby was talking about it, you know, earlier today that was looking to make a jump if in fact that that say Burks from Arkansas is there. Tell us who you guys know the Cowboys love. I don't care whether it's a twenty four, who's top on their board, whatever you can tell us and reveal about who they love in this draft, Dave. When we have the conversation about them trading up, like, oh, a guy slides into a realistic range and mm-hmm. maybe you consider it, the name that is in my brain is Drake London. Yeah, that's, every single time. The uh, they adore him. Wow. For, if you're not if you're not a draft yeah. Nick, it's the, the tall USC wide receiver, big uh, big contested catch guy, big go-up-and-get-it guy. I think the type of receiver that gets fans excited, you just, you know, I oh I hate and comparing. He plays where here on the outside, outside. Yeah, and, sure. and, and, yeah. and Michael Gallup yeah. and CD Lamb can both go inside and out. Okay. Uh, so he's he becomes your ex in my opinion. Um, oh yeah, yeah he's, he's prototype ex. Um, no, I was gonna I was laughing because <laughs> I hate comparing draft prospects to all pros, and I'm he's not as good as Mike Evans, but he's that type of receiver. Mm. Just that that type. I'm yeah. not saying he's Mike Evans. I'm gonna but be asking type. you guys for a lot of comps tonight. Yeah, so. that's fine. That's um, good. I will say so, I, that's that is the number one name that like let's you know he's supposed to be gone by pick twelve yeah. or so if he's hanging around at like fifteen sixteen for some reason that's what I got my I, eye you know on. with the you talk about comps and my guys here on the the draft show probably heard me say this when I was watching Drake London in those games at USC I thought I was watching a bigger version of Adam Thielen mm-hmm. wow and Adam Thielen six two two zero one Drake London six four two nineteen. But when you start to talk about catch radius over the middle, doesn't matter where you are on the field. He's going to catch the ball, break a tackle, get up the field. That you know, Adam Thielen to me catches every single ball they throw in his He's direction. A beast. And and Drake London to me was that kind of guy. It doesn't matter where it's thrown. He's going to come down with it. And I kind of think the same thing with Adam Thielen when I watch him play for the Vikings. You know, the, go ahead. I was just going to say, you're saying Adam Thielen. You're saying Mike Evans. Don't you love how that happens? Well, Them across the hall are saying Jordy Nelson. They think yeah. he's Jordy there Nelson 2.0. And, I mean, the coach across the hall yeah. coached Jordy Nelson to what he ended up becoming. They think Drake London's that guy. I think Burks is more of Mike Evans. 
to me. That's when you watch the vertical the player, Ooh. when you have enough mm-hmm. separation, like it's not it's not one of those things you're like the guy's running away, but then when you watch the tape, he never gets he never gets tackled. Yeah. You know, he's he runs four five five or whatever, but then he's running into the end zone, not getting tackled. I kind of see the same thing with Mike Evans. Vertical player down the field, catch the football, and then finish. Let's talk about what's happening right now. There's six minutes left on the clock as Jacksonville is going to get all their shine, of course. The mm-hmm. Jaguars. They're still figuring out who they're going to pick. Okay. I hope to hell not for their sake. So who will it be? Who should it be, Bobby? It'll be Trayvon Walker, I think. And, and I mean, I, I at, at this stage, it's kind of, you know, just it, with this draft class being what it is, I feel like just roll the dice. Now, if you want somebody who's solid, it should be Aiden Hutchinson, I think. That's the mm-hmm. safest guy to me. But Are you guys willing to take 70 cents, 60 cents on the dollar to move out of this? I don't think that the, I don't think that that that, that general man. I don't think the, that team wants to. They're, they're bad. They, You're picking one back. They, back. You need to get better. They, <laughs> there's there's too many guys in that room that like Walker. You know, Brinson Buckner's the defensive line coach. I'm hearing he really loves Walker and all that. Me personally, I think Doug Peterson's right. If you take a Kwanwu the tackle at a North Carolina State, you're helping your quarterback. Yeah, you that's that that's your future. That You do not want your quarterback to struggle like he did last year. If everybody there is going to keep their job, they want, might want to figure out ways to, to help him along. I would do that. Uh, Sean asked the question, who should it be? It should be uh, Iki Aquanu out of yeah. NC State. That's yeah. who I would do it. That's Protect Trevor Lawrence. Find a way to move him into his next step because that's how you get better as a franchise is him taking the step to be an NFL caliber or a, 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 an exponential caliber quarterback. However, who it will be, it's going to be one of these edge rushers. It's going to be Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, Trayvon Walker. Let Bobby me ask you this. saying Walker makes sense. Let me ask you this, scout guys. Pick is in. Oh. Not, not announced yet, but okay. the pick is in. I'm just, so the, the debate for months now is like Hutchinson is solid, high floor, low ceiling. Walker has this crazy high upside, but maybe he'll never meet it. But everything I know about Walker is that he's also this tenacious run defender. Yeah, he is. Doesn't that give him a high floor as well? Like, not saying that this is what you want, but if if Walker is a four to six sacks but does all of the dirty work really well, like, is that – I mean, it would be disappointing, but also not the end of the world, right? Is no. That, is that is that sexy enough for number one? But that's this isn't that's a year where picking yeah. number one is sexy. Yeah, um, it just isn't. And so I, I think if I was picking between those two edges, I'm gambling on the upside of Walker, knowing that he can do other stuff for me. All Dude. right, so you guys think it's going to be Walker? Yeah, yeah, that's who I think. What were you going to say, Bobby? No, I was just going to call Dave Dave Balky. That was all. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have to stop. Nice. All right, let's see uh, what happens. So just so you know, the draft order is going to go with Jacksonville, number one, then the Lions at two, the Texans at three, the Jets at four, and the New York football Giants will pick at five and seven with Carolina sandwich right in between at number six. Are we expecting a ton of trades? Uh, on average, it's about six trades per year in the first round. Is Vegas, that right? That's the average? I thought it, that was high. I that thought it was high. The really o- high. The over-under was set in, in Vegas at three and a half tonight for round one. Everybody wants out. Nobody wants to go up is the problem. That's or or the not thing. enough guys want to go up. There's, there isn't a whole lot worth going up for. And if it is, it's taken in the top ten. You don't really know how it's going to shape out. There's so much uncertainty. If you're going to go up, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You have a player in mind. This, this is a buyer's market. Yeah. The, the dra- Normally, you can, you know... 
leverage deals elsewhere to get out and like, well, they're giving us this, they're giving us this. Here we go. Let's go to the podium with Raj Goodell and the number one pick with the draft going down. With the first pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Trayvon Walker, linebacker, Georgia. What a rise. Linebacker, huh? Yeah, that's interesting. What a rise when you look at the different mock drafts. We'll come back and analyze it. We'll put the Lions on the clock. We are just getting started. Thrilled that you're joining us. We're here all night long on 105.3 The Fan and Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. All right, we are here on DallasCowboys.com. Brian, is this a... Was this a surprising late rise for this guy based yeah. upon Hutchinson? And Hutchinson was the locked-in favorite for yeah. the last three months, well, it's three funny. years when, when almost. We, yeah, when we, when we started this process in January, Thibodeau was like the first overall player. Mm-hmm. Hutchinson was getting some love. I think if you watch some of the late tape, uh, especially the playoff game, you know, against Georgia and stuff, there was, you know, it, it was kind of evident that maybe this guy is kind of who he is ability-wise. Uh, I think with Walker, it was a you know, it, you know everybody will say, oh well, the scouts were the scouts were are on him the whole time. The media scouts were late, but yeah, there was I mean there there is a he is a very good football player at six five at two hundred seventy two pounds. I think you know we had with talking with Dane Brugler a lot. Dane was on him very very early, and I bet you Dane had talked to some of those scouts about him. But you can kind of watch him play edge, and you can watch him play some defensive tackle. And I think there's some, you know, I think there's some thing about him though, the bend and things like that, that he's probably going to have to work on a little bit. But this is a guy that kind of Dave was talking about: play the run, play the pass, pretty well. Yeah, he can do a lot of stuff for you besides get after the quarterback. But that's that's the thing is you take him number one because so he can do that. So that's what we're going to have to watch is to see how well he develops that. For my month, like with all due respect to him, this makes me super interested in what's about to happen in Detroit because. Just listening to just trying to pay attention to the entire league, you know, you keep an eye on all these teams. And the word coming out of Detroit is that their GM loves Kayvon Thibodeau. Right. But Aiden Hutchinson is a Michigan guy. From Dan Detro- Campbell guy. He's oh, from Detroit. No. He eats glass. He's a very Dan Campbell type of player. Like, I wonder, they might just be having a wrestling match in their war room right now to well, see you, who they you've turn got, this and, card and in And for. you've got a couple of those old school type of guys. Dan Campbell, then, you know, Spielman there as well. I yeah. mean, Kind of a couple be a couple of meatheads if you really want to be honest about it, you know. And, and they're and they're going to want a guy that is that you know. When you talk about Thibodeau, and Bobby brought up some points, you know. If all of a sudden if Thibodeau was one of these guys that you find out he was trying to beg out of some stuff, didn't want to be a part. How much does this guy really love football? You think Dan Campbell and 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 Spielman are going to be on board with that guy? That this this Dave's right. This is a very very interesting pick for the Lions going forward. Well, when you have Trayvon Walker, he now joins Trevor Lawrence. These have been the last number one picks. Just think of, like, the hype factor. And, again, hype a lot of times is overrated. But Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, Baker, Miles Garrett, Jared Goff, Jameis, Clowney, Eric Fisher, and uh, – did I say Clowney? Yeah, you did. Uh, uh, Miles Garrett, uh, Jameis, Clowney, Andrew Luck, Cam Newton. He now joins those names. Which – you go read that list. Eric Fisher, the tackle that wound up in Kansas City. Like this is the least sexy yes. draft in terms of star power since 2013. Here come the Lions. Absolutely. The Lions are With the, the second pick 
in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Aiden Hutchison. Here we go. Defensive end, Michigan. So the Aiden. Meatheads won. Dan got his guy. <laughs> the Meatheads won. The Meatheads won. Who, who, does, who does this guy remind you of? The war is over, Lebowski. Who is you know, the comparisons? I mean, you could start to talk about the guys. I think the Bosa's had yep. better bend. I think the Bosa's were quicker. When you start to talk about the Watts, I think they're more explosive. So I kind of think that he's below that group of guys. All right, we're getting ready to come back with 105.3 The Fan. We'll reset the first two picks of the draft. The Detroit Lions just selected Aiden Hutchinson, who had been locked in as the number one pick for the past few months until uh, Trayvon Walker took over that spot. He is selected by Jacksonville at one, Aiden Hutchinson at two. Sean Sharif, Bobby Bell, our Cowboys insider, Brian Broadus, David Hellman, and Kyle Yeomans from DallasCowboys.com. Could the Lions be celebrating like they got gifted the best player in the draft? Could they be feeling that way, Dave Hellman? And who does this guy remind you of? I mean, yeah, they have to be celebrating because, again, we were we talked about it. Like, this this is a Dan Campbell guy. Like, this fits the ethos of what he's trying to build. And on top of that, and I mean, it doesn't matter in terms of building a football team, but from a narrative perspective, you think a guy from Michigan's national title team that or national playoff team, you know what I mean, uh, mm. who who grew up in Detroit, like you think that's going to help him sell jerseys and tickets? I have a feeling it will. So yeah, I'm sure they are pumped. Now, when we were on the internet side of things, Brian kind of outlined who he reminded or how who he was reminded of when watching Aiden Hutchinson. Can you go through that? Because I had a follow up to what you said earlier. I want to. Well, I was put trying it to compare it. When side. you look at the brothers, like the Bosa brothers, I thought there was more explosiveness, more quickness. You look at the Watt brothers, I thought there was that quick first step and all that. I think this guy is, is in that category, but below those guys. I don't know if this guy has that first step, but what he has is those guys is how relentless that he's able to play. You know, those are the kind, you know, we always talk about guys like the, and, and I hate when you say, oh, well, it's Ryan Kerrigan or someone try hard guy and stuff like that. Yeah. But this guy, though, he doesn't stop. And they, they always say this guy, the motor, motor, the motor, the motor. This guy doesn't, but there's games where you can watch him play where guys blocked him. I mean, you, you, you can watch Ohio State. You can watch Georgia where these guys uh, kind of block this guy a little bit. I just want to – I go out of a my Jobo way. might have been the better rusher at times a little bit at uh, Michigan, if you really want to be yeah. honest with it. I yeah. go out of my way to defend Ryan Kerrigan whenever I can. Yeah, he's a, no, he's that, a hell of a player. I don't think he gets credit for how no. good of a career he had. He no. Had 100, 100 career sacks. Yeah. And I, I compared him to Joey Bosa just because of the way that he plays. They have a very similar stylistic approach in terms of rushing the passer and getting off the edge. And they 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 have some of the same tools. But I agree with you. It's a poor man's Joey Bosa kind of a step down. Still going to be an impact guy. Don't get me wrong. And he has a ceiling as high as anybody in the draft class. But I think Aiden Hutchinson in a microcosm is just as representative of this entire draft class as anybody else is going to be picked tonight because he's a good player. He has solid upside. But in terms of the players that have been taken in the last couple of drafts, he's just not to that point, not to that level at the moment when he's picked into the NFL. What are we looking at with the Houston Texans on the clock? This could be a this could be a corner, don't you think, Bob? Or maybe I, you heard is, it. I, I awesome. There's so much buzz around Stingley. Yeah, Ooh. that this is going to be Stingley. Yeah. yeah, you go back to what we said at the top of the show about like, do you overthink it? 
if they draft Derek Stingley, it would be such poetic justice because for the overthinkers, <laughs> we were we were penciling this guy into the top five two years ago, and then came up with two dozen reasons why that didn't make sense. And so if if a lot he wants of injury history for Stingley, at injuries, uh, does he like football? Yeah, questions about buy-in. Question like is is he like the dog alpha that's going to lead your your is room? his tape better that can than stand Sa- on that island? Is his film better than Sauce Gardner? I put his 2019 film up against anything you throw out there. Honestly, um, not, the last the last two seasons, no. No, but there's there is good tape. Even you got you y'all pointed that out to me. Like I was down on Stingley because I'm a jaded LSU fan who had to watch him struggle for two years. But he played well before he got hurt in 2021. He did. He, so. did. he absolutely did. And I I think to me that the more you really dug in and 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 Bobby was it you that I was talking to about Houston about. Someone was telling me about their, their pro their pro personnel director or their assistant pro personnel director lives in Louisiana. Was not me. Okay, I taught. Oh, this is what I. This is what happens in my life. <laughs> Start blending phone calls. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, Houston. You spend a lot Houston of time on has the phone, man. Houston <laughs> has their pro their assistant pro personnel director lives in Louisiana, so he knows really what's going on. Now all you have to do is talk to the previous staff. You talk to football operations. You talk to these people. They will tell you about this guy. They will tell you about what he needs. They will tell you he's not a bad kid. They will tell you that he loves football. He's had some. He's had injuries. Here we go with Roger Goodell. We're kind of moving along, nice and brisk here. Good for them. They're with, not overthinking these conversations. The Texans on the clock with the third pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. The Houston Texans select Derek Stingley Jr. Defensive back. LSU. Okay, so the first well done, guys. Good call, Bobby. Oh, three for three. Wow. You yeah, you're doing really good right now. Did Don't smirk at me, David. It's, it's me. not like you have Twitter open or anything. I, d- I didn't see it. Until, <laughs> I no. swear hey, I didn't okay. see it. The NFL Stingley here has okay. done a much better job, right? I can't remember who leaks the picks, but I blocked that person a long time ago. Yeah. I hated that individual, but I, I hate when they ruin the drama. Uh, and, and I got a message here that they told Jacksonville, be close to the vest and try to go ahead and take up your time. Uh, so we want the intrigue. That's what we like. All right, Bobby, who goes 4-5-6? Okay, 4-5-6. Do I need to do this? Yeah, close your, yes, yes, you sauce. do. Sauce. Okay. Sauce is next. Sauce is to I'm the... Gonna, I'm, I'll say Sauce Gardner. Here, four to the Jets. Good pick. And then I'll say five is going to be Icky. Okay. Wow, this would be Wait, really so impressive. Sauce, Icky, okay. Icky then, to the Giants. At five. I don't think I disagree, though. And I'm, I mean, I'm not looking at anything either. And then either. six. Six. Everybody kept saying three is where it gets interesting. I think you were starting to hear enough buzz about Stingley to Houston that I started pinpointing six is where it gets interesting for me. I don't know what Carolina's going to do. I don't know if they're going to trade out. I don't know if they're going to reach for a quarterback. I don't know if they'll say, well, we've got to go BPA. That's going to be the interesting pick. Six is where I'm confused. All right, let's 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 focus on four then with the Jets on the clock. Uh, look, no team has been more desperate to get a receiver this offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that they made a humongous offer to Tyreek Hill. There are Debo Samuel rumors that are out there. Uh, they clearly feel a little bit burned and have some regret that they didn't give Sam Darnold guys to go to throw to, and they don't want to make the same mistake with Wilson. So we're still looking at defense versus offense. I still think they need offensive tackle help. Though, there's too. not a. I don't think there's a receiver worth taking that. They have two yeah. t- it, it's e- it's easier to do that when you have two top ten picks, though. When you're picking at ten, and you can go, yeah. all right, maybe one receiver's off by the time we pick at ten. Yeah, you know. but you still think Sauce over an offensive lineman here? 
How much do they believe in Becton? That's what it comes down yeah. to. Do it's they believe similar, in Makai Becton? If they take similar, a tackle, I might call the Jets immediately and go, hey, what do you want for uh, Becton? Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, that'd be fun. That's a real conversation. It's it's a very similar idea to Jacksonville. It's like, well, you invested this huge pick in this kid, didn't have a wonderful rookie season. Like, don't you want to help him as much as you can? But, I I mean, I Robert Sala is a defensive guy. Like, I, I completely understand if, if Gardner's the pick. I'll tell you what, though. The thing is, let's be – you're, you're talking about the Jets right now. There's panic going on in the in the Giants' war room because they might be losing their, – their plan was they were going to get one of these corners. Mm-hmm. So, all of a sudden, you're taking – you're talking about taking Sauce Gardner off the board for them. Now it turns into, okay, is this where we see Thibodeau? Is this where we see one of those offensive tackles? That'd be Cowboys 2.0 from last year. So, yeah. Horn yeah. and Sertan went off. <laughs> I, I don't know what happens at 6. When I was running through the mock earlier today before I drove over here, I was looking at it, and with me assuming Stingley and Sauce went back-to-back, I had Icky here, and then I had Thibodeau at 7. But, like, I mean, you, I texted you guys. Right when I walked in here, I was getting buzzed from people. They're going, 9. Look more around yeah, nine at for Thibodeau. Thibodeau. That's mm-hmm. for that's uh, Seattle. So I yeah. wonder if Thibodeau mm-hmm. slide. I don't know who the Giants would go get at that point because I would think Brian if you don't always, have the corner. Brian always says this about Cincinnati, like oh they'll take it. Like Seattle's yeah. in that category too. Oh like, Seattle, they'll Let's stop see. the slide on a guy like yeah. Kayvon my my guy John Snyder's had some bad drafts. You know John John's there's some pressure going on up there now. They're starting to question what John's players are. But if you know you look at the metrics, they say they've had great drafts, but it was great drafts when they were when they picked Russell Wilson and that whole crew yeah. that they've all got rid of now. You get lucky on DK yeah. Metcalf, yeah. Tyler Lockett yeah. pops up too. So you. that's where I, I you know I, I kind of feel like though that the the Jets here, like I said, it it, it should the pick should be an offensive lineman here. I mean, you, you, again, you're investing in your, you know, the the the, the general manager up there. I mean, for going four years now, there's going to be a point in time where they say enough. You know, I mean, mm. we've got to figure out what's going on here. Yeah, and we just can't let you keep picking players and none of this, you know, no success. So I think there's a little pressure up there to you pick this quarterback last year. Find a way to protect him. Get him weapons. Whatever you have to do, make that happen. He's Brian Broaddus. We've got David Hellman, Kyle Yeomans, Bobby Belt. I'm Sean Shreve here on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. Uh, Trayvon Walker to Jacksonville at 1. We go with another defensive end, Aiden Hutchinson, to the Lions at 2. Stingley Jr. to the Texans, the LSU corner at 3. Jets are on the clock, followed by two of the next three picks coming from New York with the Giants at five and seven and will Carolina take a quarterback at number six so here we go this feels like it's moving uh moving kind of fast right now right now I'm rooting for Broadish just put it in my head I'm rooting for Sauce Gardner to go to the Jets I just want well, to see the Giants if, if, screwed. Yeah, if you're a Cowboy fan <laughs> and you want to see the division, they're still going to get two really good players in my book. See, that's you. Can, you can't. They, they might get my number one player. You can't completely screw the Giants because they'll either get a corner or a tackle, and they'll yeah. be thrilled about that. I'd rather but, deal with having to go around Iki Aquanu than having to throw against a, a Mod Gardner. Does everyone Sauce think? Gardner. Does everyone think that Iki is the best offensive lineman? In the, I, I have yes. Cross. I have Cross. As cross from, uh, from Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't have strong opinions about these things. I. I, I like Lyman. I like Iquanu. No, I just these guys make boards. I just learn about the players and let the teams decide. But I would take Iquanu over Neil. Okay. Yeah, Iquanu's my number one too. Bobby, I would take Iquanu and Cross over Neil. Iquanu and Cross over Neil. See, there's things when you got to learn about these Alabama players. 
a lot of wear and tear on their bodies. They play in they play in a lot of these games, a lot of physical, tough games in the SEC. They're in playoff games. It's almost like LeBron James in a second career with playoff games mm. that you put three or four years on his career from playing extra games. And they could say a lot about these linebackers and stuff like that, that, you know, with Alabama, these defensive linemen, the secondary and stuff, hard practices with Nick Saban, a lot of wear and tear on those guys. And that's what they're talking about with Neil. Mammoth guy, maybe some wear and tear on that body. How do these two corners stack up against, you know, last year was a disappointing season for the sure thing with Akuda in Detroit. Yeah, yeah. good point. How, how how do those guys all line up? That's uh, I Oh, sorry. That's go ahead, qu- no, that's a good question. I think I would have – see, Stingley's so much upside, whereas Sauce, I think, is, is something you can feel really good about. Um, I'd have Sauce and Stingley maybe a little behind Horn for me. Here's the pick from the New York Jets. With the fourth pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Sauce Gardner. I put his laptop I put it down right. for you. It is, it is open. It's back, now, but that's it's back up now because I gave you the next like two or three picks that I thought. Bobby Swag coming up in here. He's coming in hot. His first draft. He's this four is, for four. Bam. I, I got to say, I'm so glad we can Dane talk. Dane Burglar just showed up. I, I, I'm so glad we can talk about him right now. because <laughs> Dane okay. who? Dane Burglar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, so, that so, was a so, shot. Hey, don't say that because we got 249 more of these. I'm not going to be here. You're out of here. Sauce was training in Frisco. Uh, since January, and he is just the the, the nickname fits. He, they, they talked about over at Exos, uh, Brent Calloway, and, and some of the people that he just he upped the level of competition for everybody training. Is he is he running up here? <laughs> is he late? Uh, there's a running up here, so there he is, uh, Sauce Gardner. Damn, they put the soft. green room. Was way he in far away from? He the might stage. have been the men's room. They have been all the way back, and it's a long walk. Remember, was it Philadelphia when they used to make these guys? They had to walk down a staircase to get to the stage. I thought that was the stupidest thing. Let's get to the New York Giants on the clock. Let's get it rolling with the NFC East on 105 through the Fan and the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. All right, and our DallasCowboys.com crew sticking with us off the entire night. No commercial breaks as Sauce Gardner goes to the New York Jets at number four. So we went back-to-back DNs, back-to-back corners. Hey, positional value people, absolutely loving that. Get to the pass rusher. When was the cornerback market going to catch up with the wide receiver market in this offseason? And now corners, Dave Hellman, are being targeted. Uh, yeah. No I mean, pun intended. <laughs> point. You probably don't want to target these guys too much. Although, to go back to what we were saying, though, like, I also think Gardner, it, it, I think he's in more of a position of success. Like, I, the, the Jets have more to work with on their defense right now than the Texans, right? Um, Probably, yeah. I mean, they got um, like who's the who's the, who's the that, guy that how fast you can name them? No, tell who, us. I, good point. <laughs> who's who's the guy that got hurt last year? They have a pass rusher that got hurt. Like he didn't get to play. Gosh, what is his name? Um, Wonderful radio. Just forgetting I, well, this names, is why but. it's on the dot com side, David. <laughs> uh, who's that guy's name? Um, I'm blanking on it too. I just so know I how bad really the Texans you. are. That's why. Yeah, I and, and, and I'm, also, I'm not saying the Jets are good. I'm saying the Texans are terrible. I don't everywhere. think I could name more than five members. Of one, the one of my Texans. one of my maybe favorite. Not, maybe not even that. One, one, one of my favorite interactions with Sauce. Carl was, Lawson. They got Carl Lawson. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They have C.J. Mosley. Uh, Anai. 
Yes, I do. Bradley and I. So, so teams, NFL teams send out to just about everybody in, in college. They'll send out these questionnaires. Like just like general, like, you know, uh, almost like mini wonder licks. Like teams send them out to everybody. <clears throat> when, I, when I first met Sauce and he found out, like I, I cover around here, then he was like, can you do me a favor? I was like, sure. And he's like, next time you're, you're around the people, the Cowboys, can you just let them know? I didn't like the questions. He's, he's like, he's like, I had to give one answer. He's like, a lot of these, like, I'd get a question, four of the answers would fit me. He's like, just tell them that if they didn't like any of my answers, it's because I didn't know what to pick. Wow. That's a sauce that's saying yes. Wow. So now that's, that would that's, that's in two seconds of meeting him. He's like, wait, so you're rather, like, that's his personality. He's, but I mean, he's great. He's, he's, but that would he's, drop Thibodeau down to 15. Those, that, that type of swag, that type of, uh, yeah. And, right? and, and to be clear, it wasn't a, an issue with the question themselves. He didn't like that. Oh, I'm limited. I can't, the, it's, I want to combine two answers. That's my answer. Look at that necklace. He's got a couple of them on. Yeah, he's got a sauce bottle, I think. Yeah, it is a sauce bottle. Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> it is, is a sauce bottle. Got, maybe he's got a little bit of Tabasco sponsorship here with wow. this guy. Wow! Yeah. So there you go with the highest drafted corner list up there uh, with Derek Stinley, Jeff Akuda, Sean Springs, Bruce Pickens, nineteen ninety one, and Ahmad Gardner. Uh, so there we go with all those guys going as the third overall pick, and then Sauce going with. The fourth. So the New York Giants are now on the clock at five and seven. First of 400 first round picks in the NFC East. I wouldn't be surprised, again, and talking to their guys last night, I wouldn't be surprised. I think they like Charles Cross, Mississippi State a lot at Over Aquanu? I think they do. Wow. And, and I could be, I could be really, I just. They were they were hunting these tackles. They were talking about these tackles. I, Aquan, I I've got Cross higher on my board. They might not, but I just because they were asking me, and I was doing stuff with their website before, and they're asking me about Cross a lot of that stuff, and I'm like, yeah, it's my one of my favorite players. You know, my favorite players in the in the draft and stuff. So this could be the tackle, and then they turn around and they and this is where you could you could very well get your. Thibodeau to go uh, with that pick at, uh, my, at seven. My guess is Aquanu goes here. Florida State. And if they don't trade out, I think Cross goes Say it six. again, Bobby. I think Aquanu goes here, and if Carolina doesn't trade out, I think they go Cross. I just, what, I if, what if they flip-flop it, though? Because you're looking at five and seven here, and all three tackles are on the board. What if they went but with see, an edge rusher first, and then you wait for one of those guys to fall? You could may, potentially do that. Maybe. You're but, only two picks away. But but this is this is the thing that I think people forget about a lot. Is like That makes perfect sense outside don't worry about it. In, well, inside those war rooms, p- people are like, "No, Cross is a beast, and that guy sucks. We're not; they're not the same, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they might have vastly different opinions, Good point. or or maybe they are clustered on the board. We just we don't know that. But a lot of time, like you'll have these conversations where it's like, "Well, you had you had four guys, and they're like, "No, we had one guy. Like we don't think that highly of the other three. All right, Goodell's walking up to the podium with the New York Giants selection. For the New York Giants pick, I'm joined by Sam Prince, a lifelong Giants fan and Make-A-Wish kid. (laughs) All right, we're back with the New York Giants selection on the clock. Sam is post-heart transplant and feeling stronger than ever, as you can see. Tonight, his wish to announce the Giants' first pick comes true. 
We hope this wish will be a turning point for Sam as he looks forward to being a sports broadcaster in the future. Take my spot. Okay, Sam, it's time to get your wish true, baby. Thank you, Mr. Goodell. With the fifth pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York football giant select, Kayvon Thibodeau. There we go. In this room, Kayvon Thibodeau was the top player on three boards. Brian Broadus, Dave Hellman, and Kyle Yeomans. Get to play him twice a year now. Yep. And you were saying maybe they're not going to freak out with Sauce Gardner going to the New York Jets. Why do you love Thibodeau so much? Yeah, I'll tell you what. I, I just feel like, though, when you watch this guy play, he puts so much pressure on those blockers, those tackles and stuff. You know, I mean, to me, when you know, he gets that corner, he's going to find a way to dip it. And he's going to finish at the quarterback. He's an explosive player. He, I, I think when you watch him run, I mean, he, he could cover a lot of ground. He's not one of those guys you see him get, like, pushed past the quarterback and all that. I mean, he's not going to be on the ground at all, too. I mean, he is going to play on his feet. He's got the redirection skills. There's some snap. There's some violence when he hits his opponent. You see the heavy hands. And you just see the blocker kind of stopping his tracks right there. But, and he gets a lot of double teams in the Pac-12. And he's able to to handle that at six four two fifty four. I love the way this guy rushes the passer. He's got the pass rush ability. He's got the size, the explosiveness, the get off at the line of scrimmage. And we mentioned earlier with number one overall pick Trayvon Walker and the way that he run or he, he defends the run. He's able to go sideline to sideline with a lateral ability. Thibodeau is a hunter on the run, and, and yes, he's got the tackle for loss numbers. He's got the sack numbers, but he's not necessarily just a one trick pony. He's going to do a lot of things for that Giants defense to take them to uh, another level to where they haven't been in a long time. And Kyle, your scenario is in play now too. Like they, I mean, they are going to pick again probably in one more pick, and an offensive tackle will be there if they like a guy. Yep. All right, they're going to have two offensive tackles there since they yeah. took the edge rusher at the very at the very least. Yeah, this is probably the most or second most intriguing pick in the top ten because this is where people think the quarterback could go. And if a quarterback doesn't go here, then we may fall all the way to twenty. The Carolina Panthers are on the clock. Are you sweating a little bit right now? I'm not. He's lot. not the one that has. Oh, to that's get right. Shot. You're not. You're not the, the one that's the, got the, the shot collar. Those bet. are those are my uh, producers I'm, and my co-hosts <laughs> on 105.3 The Fan. They're sweating. RJ is going through it right now. RJ is like, I need this. I need this these is guys it. to take Kenny Pickett. This, no, is, this is make or break for him. RJ was being a little weird though when I was in Studio Three. I remember he's like, I enjoy a little pain. It's like, oh, okay, all right, that's weird. <laughs> shot collar is a Wednesday night for him. But, uh, Could but, they take an offensive tackle here? I would think if they stand in. Man, if they stand in offensive tackle, I would think if you want to go quarterback, just trade back a few spots. Let Don't somebody come up, guys... get the tackle, pick up some extra capital. You need pick. The next pick after this is one thirty. I was going to say them. they don't pick again until Saturday, and they're a they need they need players. There's no way they should be making this pick with if all the Carolina stuff they got would pick a quarterback at six. Why aren't we talking more about the New York it, Giants taking a quarterback at five? They declined Daniel Jones' fifth year option today. Someone it, answer that. Because uh, honestly, if you if you really want me to answer that, I think it's because Carolina is a freaking mess, man. Yeah, like well, their Carolina's owner is like what people accuse Jerry Jones of being, just in the sense of like 
being overly involved and not knowing what he wants. I mean, they traded for Darnold. They got sick of that real quick. Real they quick. They chased after Deshaun Watson for a year, didn't get him. Like They don't know what they're doing, or at least they sure as hell don't seem like they I do. I think there's a disconnect between the general manager and the head coach, and I think the general manager, he's like, I'm, I'm ready to move on from this guy. And he didn't hire the guy. Nope. But he's going to let him do what he wants to do. So I'm seeing some of that Thibodeau swag you, you saw it. that you guys were talking it, about. It, if you don't, when you're asking the question of like, why aren't the Giants talking about it? I think the difference is the Giants have picks. Like the Giants can get somebody in the second round. They can get like Panthers right now. It's like we get a quarterback now or we wait till the fourth round. I also think the Giants just put a new structure in place, right? Like they got a new GM and a new coach. Nobody's getting fired if they suck or if Daniel Jones is bad. Yeah. They can worry about quarterback next year. Everybody's out on their butt if Carolina doesn't do something, which leads to stupid decisions. Who thinks the Panthers are going to draft a quarterback here? I think they trade out. I think they either I trade out done. or draft a tackle, honestly. I think they're going to pick a tackle myself. Now, if they pick a quarterback, who is it? Kenny Pickett. It's Pickett. You think yeah. so? Yeah. He's the closest. Oh, thing. they made the pick. He's the closest thing to a day one star. Wow, so they didn't trade out. They, they did pick. Does Matt Rule, how much influence is Matt Rule? have here when everyone thinks he's got one foot out the door yeah is he, is he, is he saying don't draft me i don't, I don't want a a, a rookie starter well, kind of that and like nagy in chicago yeah like hey justin fields it's exciting but the, i'm gonna get run out of here when he struggles his rookie year yeah, the whispers are that scott federa the the general manager there is is basically saying hey fine take who you want and then if it doesn't work then ownership is going to do, you know, they're going to move on. And then Scott can go hire the guy that he wants to hire, you know. And then, you know, because that that guy has a lot of power in Carolina. I mean, you talk about personnel power and all that. So, you know, maybe it's one of those things where, you know, fine, you want to get a quarterback and he doesn't play in the first year and you don't develop him, then you're going to get fired. So I, me personally, I, I would find a way to take it. If you don't have a – the surest thing on this board right now is an offensive tackle. Yep. Whether it's – and you don't want – if you're not picking for like a, a hundred more picks, you know, figure out who the safest player on this board is and work from there. Not only that, what's what's Kenny Pickett going to even do without some help? Like, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe Sam Darnold. They got Darnold. some help there. Weapons wise, DJ Moore. I no, mean, okay, yeah, receivers. I was thinking more along the offensive. Their line offensive line's not like, very good. Though. I think I'd rather try to get better results from Sam Darnold with a better line than think Kenny Pickett's going to be an improvement. Child Sharif, Kyle Yeomans, Bobby Bub, Brian Broadus, and Dave Hellman. The Carolina Panthers are on the clock. Is there anyone that loves Pickett enough that you heard about to move up and have Carolina move back? Does anyone think that Pickett or Willis? Are worthy of the number six pick. I think. No. It, I think it goes back to and Bobby. I'm right there with you. Is the fact that these teams don't know how things are going to pan out in front of them, and they would rather, with these quarterbacks sitting there, just stay put. I mean, you look at the quarterbacks in the back half of the first round, or the teams in the back half of the first round that need quarterbacks. The Steelers are in that conversation. The Saints are in that conversation. They have the ability to go up if they really want to, but they don't need to to go get Malik Willis or go get a Kenny Pickett. They can sit tight and let things fall to them because outside of the Panthers, there's not going to be a quarterback selected in the top 15, or at least we don't anticipate it to be. I think I think the whole thing – and, Bobby, you talk to more people around the league than I do. Like, I'm way more Cowboys-focused, but – the whole trading up for a quarterback thing seems like manufactured to me. Like I don't think Mac Jones twenty twenty one. I don't. Do you kind of feel like teams are feeling like they're getting burned by doing that now? I hope not, because the two that come to mind for me are Mahomes and 
I mean, Mahomes was a trade up, which worked out sure amazing. I mean, if you're talking about going at the very top, yeah, Josh that's Allen what I'm that, uh, No, he wasn't. No, the last, the last before. coming way up would have been when Rams went up for Goff and. Well, the Packers, uh, went, up Packers went up for their guy. Well, I mean, not well, for San Rod- Francisco went Rams up for San Francisco, Lance. yeah. No, no I, I don't think teams think they're getting burned. I think you just you just got to have a grade that makes it worth it. And I don't think I don't think a team in the league has a first-round grade on a single one of these quarterbacks. I I would agree with that. So wow. That's that's what it comes down to. They're I'd just not that. they're not good enough to be worth that. So, my co-host on the fan has he, he won't let this go. Brought us cover your ears in terms of talking about evaluating, right? 50-50 first round. So if it's 50-50, he says that quarterbacks are so important. I'll get back to it here. Here comes the selection with Roger Goodell at the podium for Carolina. With the sixth pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers select Ikem Iquanu. Yeah. North Carolina State. Good, Good job, go. fellas. It's Good. like uh, Good for them, like man. you've kind of been doing homework on this stuff. Born and raised, Charlotte, North Carolina. See, oh, I didn't even re- – I mean, that makes sense. He's NC State. NC State. See, th- this to me, this is the sensible pick. You know, you're, you're trying to stabilize your franchise. You know, go out – offensive linemen 10 in the first round tend to work out pretty well for you. And you don't have a lot of picks to deal with. You know, give yourself a little momentum. You know, if you have, go back and rally. Maybe you want to jump back in this draft. Maybe you want to give next year's picks or something like that to to jump back in. But you have to you have to give this thing some stability. And you know, quarterback, if he goes in there and flops around, everybody's going to get fired. Yeah. You know, this guy is one of those things. I think you could agree on that. He is one of the best. He's one of the best five players in this draft. Yep, I think New York and Carolina got to be feeling like they made out like bandits yeah. right now, in my opinion. Especially and, New York, knowing that they're about to, they'll probably take their offensive tackle here. If I had to guess, going back to what Brian said earlier, they felt good about Charles Cross. He's yeah. right there. They didn't get him off the board, and even if they did, they would have had it. He can yeah, right there as well. Now you got to worry about the Giants taking cross here. Tell right us now. a little bit more about Aquanu because you loved him, Kyle. I do. I, I love Aquanu, and you you talk about the biggest bully. I said that early on. Biggest bully in in college football this past year, and and Broadus laid it out perfectly a minute ago. He earned that spot on reputation as a pure finisher. He's on the edge. He improved throughout his career, and he's got such a powerful lower half. He's got those clamps for hands. He's got long arms. He's almost impossible to get away from. And you also look at guys like like Broadus was talking about it, it, with these tackles now falling to five and then forward. It is a safe pick in the top ten to go and get a guy like Iku Mukwanu. And man, he is built for the future. He's going to be a guy, I think, that that Carolina relies on for a long time. Let, let me finish up. Think about Christian McCaffrey, too. They still have Christian McCaffrey to to be a guy that they can rely on as well. Iquanu helps you in that regard. Let, let me finish up uh, my, my co-host radio point on the Cowboys flagship because I think it's an interesting thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, RJ Choppy, get ready to get the hell shocked out of you, and we're all rooting for that uh, <laughs> next week. So right now, not looking good for RJ with the shot collar bet. His point is... If we really, if it's all 50 50, you're not going anywhere without the quarterback. So take the quarterback, right? Josh Allen. We thought Josh Allen, many people thought he was a reach. Trubisky, Mahomes, right? 50 50. So why not the value of the quarterback, Dave, makes more sense for Carolina to maybe hit on that because we really don't know. I totally see the logic. And you're, I mean, you're right. I, I was... now, now, he's not worried about job status. 
because Brian's <laughs> right. Yeah. Everyone gets fired. But if you're the owner, would you would you consider that? If it's 50-50, let's keep taking them because we go nowhere without one. I see the logic. I mean, I'll, Dane Brugler is one of my favorite lines when you talk about draft prep is like draft a quarterback, it's a lottery ticket. Like, And if you hit it, you're, then you're in the NFL's elite for like 8 to 15 years. I get it. Um, I just – I don't think there's a pro like you still got to do the work and make the grade and trust it right like there isn't a guy in this class that even is on the level of I mean Mahomes and Allen like the talent was evident you know it I mean yeah. it was there they had the tools yeah yep. I mean with a, like Kenny Pickett we're sitting here saying like oh he probably needs to go to a warm weather city so he can hold the ball right. and like his decision making <laughs> isn't great Malik Willis like does he understand pro offenses well enough where he'll be able to play. Quickly, um, Ritter, I, I think like I think Ritter could probably start for the right team, but is there enough around him in Carolina to where he'd be good? I, I don't think RJ is crazy for making that point. Uh, I just I think it I think it says a lot about this quarterback class that I just don't think there's a grade high enough to be worth that type of risk. It's also that thought process that we had early on about overthinking things. When we were first doing this homework, we were first getting to the point of looking at this quarterback class, we were looking at these guys and saying, hey, we don't have any of these guys in the top round, really. They're not the same level of talent from a quarterback standpoint as we've seen in the past, yet they're still being talked about as potential top ten picks at that position. All right, brought us set us up for what the Giants could be thinking here with their yeah. second pick in the first. Yeah, I, I, this is to me, this is either going to be it's it's either going to be one of these offensive tackles. I, 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 they, they haven't the, been able to fix the offensive no, line and, and that, forever. That's the that's been the problem. And they've thrown money. They've thrown money at yes. their offense. Nate Soldar. Yeah, you know, and you know the flowers and all that. They've had some problems. Here we go. Let's see if the Giants go up front again this time on the offensive side of the ball. In the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select Evan Neal, tackle, Alabama. Nice job, Brian. They were looking, you know, like I said, they were looking offensive tackle, and I and I and I, I was visiting with them about. Neil, they're looking for a real right tackle. That that's that was something that was pretty, you know, pretty clear to them that they, you know, they really really do like, you know, what they've been able to, you know, with with the uh, the other the tackle the left tackle that they had there, uh, Andrew Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. So they were looking more for a guy on the on the right side, and that's where Neil kind of fits in, I believe. So the New York Giants making some noise in the NFC East. How worried should we be about their two picks? And the Atlanta Falcons are on the clock. This is the 2022 NFL Draft on 105.3 The Fan and the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. But we didn't actually go anywhere. No, we didn't. On DallasCowboys.com. This this here Atlanta coming up, this is going to be the first pressure point for the guy they like, Drake London. This is going to be the first spot where you could see London. This could be London. There's been a lot of push for Jamison Williams here. Garrett yeah. Wilson maybe, too, was another one that maybe? Could be. He's high up a lot of people's draft boards. Yeah. I, well, I, think about the coach and where he came from. That's a Tennessee, right? Our guy, the, the head coach there, uh that uh, is now with the Falcons was a Tennessee ran the ball physical big you know they played with big receivers you know that's where I would kind of keep an eye on whoever you feel like the bigger receiver is like they're the more physical guy let's let's get to that in a second but my, my phone is 
these meatballs do this every year, these Giants fans that I went to school with in D.C. <laughs> uh, they're thrilled. Yeah. They're they should, should, they should be. be. They, they had a home be. run night. Yeah. yeah they they should. I mean, Let's talk about Evan Neal. Ready-made starter. Bryant's, I mean, right yeah. tackle. Andrew Thomas hasn't lived up to the hype of being a top five pick, but he's playing a lot better in, what was he, a 2020 pick? 2020, yeah. yeah. He played a lot better in his second season than his first. Yes, he did. Um, yeah. So, I mean, so... You got a hell of a pair of tackles yeah. there if you're trying to figure out how good Daniel Jones he is. He played left tackle for Alabama. He's, he's 6'7", he's 337 pounds, and he's massive, and he will surprise you how well he moves for his size. I mean, it is impressive. And the body control and bounce, I was watching the A&M game. I watched A&M, uh, Ole Miss, and, you know, he was off balance a little bit against the Ole Miss, but I, I'll tell you what, I'd see a guy for that big being light on his feet, He's on the two-point stance all the time, so he's kind of an upright player in the way that he, he does. But, man, he is a long-arm guy, and you never see rushers get on him. He's able to extend and keep those guys. And his mass is what bullies yeah. the defenders. Like him, he leans on you the whole game. He's going to be a problem for you. He said in Indianapolis that he models his game after Tyron Smith and Larry Allen. I mean, that was that was the thing. He he named two Cowboys right off the bat, the bat about who he models his game after, and you can see that he's got some Eric Williams to him his way he bullies you're, people. You remember Jimmy Jones? Sure. Yeah, the, the old Cowboys D and Jimmy Jones is his uncle. Yeah. Oh, I didn't and know And so that. he's got Cowboys connections there. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not I'm not loving this new general manager so far in New York. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. He's made two good picks. Uh, bring my boy Dave Gettleman back. <laughs> he would have extended. He would have picked up the option on Daniel Jones yeah. today. Saquon would have gotten extended. <laughs> would have picked Carl Loftus. Or... They're already trying to get Kadarius Tony's, uh, Tony's butt out of town. And now they're sitting here, and you guys are loving what they did at picks five and seven. Not liking it. Do, do you guys have any background on on their new GM that came over from from Buffalo? Shush. How do you say it? Shown? Sh- Shane? Shane. Shane? Shane. Yeah. Shane. Shane. Um, I don't know the guy. I mean, a lot of these guys I know, but him I do not yeah. know. I know he's his background though. Again, Buffalo. You know, he's he did a really. You know, Buffalo's done a nice job of with their team. How they? You know, that's a physical defense. It's a physical offense. It's built for the play in the bad weather and stuff like that. So if you come from places like that, he's he's going into that environment where you're going to have to play a lot of bad weather games and stuff like that. I'm not going to pretend to know a ton about him, but if he's coming from Buffalo, Brandon Bean helped build a Super Bowl team in yeah. Carolina and yeah. then went up the road to Buffalo and turned them into one of the yeah. two or three best rosters in the league. So yeah. he clearly learned some things from somebody who knew what he was doing. All right, the Atlanta Falcons are on the clock. Here are the next picks. Atlanta... Uh, and then you're going to have Seattle. Then you're going to have the Jets again. And then the Commanders picking again in the NFC East, Kyle. Yeah, and with these teams coming up here in the next couple of selections, I want to go back to what Bobby was saying. Drake London could go here in the next four or five selections because that's where the wide receiver run could begin. But we've talked about in, in, through the entire lead-up into this this hour, of, uh, or I guess the first hour, we talked about names that the Cowboys could trade up for. Charles Cross, Trevor Penning, Drake London, all three of those were on the board at the moment. They're still there. So this is getting into that point where you can maybe have that conversation. Let's go to the podium. With the eighth pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Atlanta Falcons select Drake London. Oh. Wide receiver, okay. USC. So that- Guys. Throw that pen, Brian. 
No. Why? Well, <laughs> Not I'll there yet. The Cowboys are throwing that pick. Yeah, the Cowboys are throwing that pick. That, this was a minefield here because I had heard Atlanta, the Jets, and the Commanders all had Drake London as their number one receiver. Wow. Wow. I'd rather have that dream dashed at eight than have yeah, it yeah. like twelve. Yeah, you know? then you're like you're like, could it be? Yeah, maybe it's coming. Yeah. CD two point oh. So that's one of the I think the three higher trade up options that are mm-hmm. now off the board. You got Cross and Penning potentially still there. I think Garrett Wilson's in that conversation too, though. So keep that could in be. mind. All right, Bobby Bell, Cowboys Insider. Brian brought us David Hellman and Kyle Yeomans from Cowboys.com. We are at Ford Center at the Star. I'm Sean Shreve. And, Bobby, you said the Atlanta Falcons with this pick at number eight could be an important moment in this draft. They take Drake London from USC. Why were you thinking that? I had heard that the Falcons had him as their top receiver. And I think especially once Thibodeau went off the board, I thought Thibodeau was somebody who could have been in play for them at eight. But with Thibodeau off the board, it felt like this was a landmine for the Cowboys. And I, I think this is the first real frustrating. Yeah, they, they love this guy. This is the first, I think, real frustrating pick to go off the board for them. Was he? Is he the consensus number one receiver, though? In the draft class or on the Cowboys board? Draft class. No, I don't think there's a consensus. There ain't a lot. whole lot of consensus about uh-huh. anything in this draft class. <laughs> a lot of teams had him number one, though. I had heard Atlanta, the Jets, and the Commanders all had him as one. Little uh, little Calvin Ridley replacement here? Different well, type of could player. Could be. It well, is a, it's a different type of player, but, I mean, they need they need somebody to throw. They weapon. need some. Yeah, they need a weapon. They got Kyle Pitts and then a whole bunch of receivers you've never heard of. Ooh, I just thought about that pairing. Pitts and London. That'll be fun. Not Who's bad. their quarterback? Marcus Mariota for the time being. <laughs> Marcus well, Mariota. That just took the fun right out of it for hey, a little bit. There. Hey, he's not awful. I know he's not. I mean, well, he didn't, hadn't, didn't live up to his draft stock for no, sure. But, but see, that's what I brought up about Arthur Smith, the coach there. You know, big. I mean, he came from Tennessee. Big receivers over there. You know, physicality. Maybe not as important as how fast you're. As a matter of fact, nobody has a time on, on Drake London. Never ran a 40. No. Yeah, never I, did. I mean, so, you know, nowadays people are like going, oh, well, back in the— He never ran one? No. Back in the day when, I, I mean, like, you would you would have, like, my boss would have sent me to wherever he is out in California, and they're like, you get a 40 on that kid. Yeah. I mean, there, there was a time where you would have not drafted, and but today we're in an age where we take five, nine quarterbacks first overall, and we don't have time on wide receivers. I think there's a there's an interesting conversation to be had there. I think Drake London's great. I would have been happy had the Cowboys found a way to draft him. But I there was always part of me that wondered if he was the like is, is hate that phrase is he a Dak friendly receiver. I think like, he is because it depends on how you define it. But I think that's a guy who, no matter wh- whether he's got the separation or not, he's coming down with the ball. What does that mean? Yeah. Okay, but the reason I say it is because Dak values separation. He doesn't. He he doesn't throw to covered guys. He doesn't like to take risks. He doesn't want to put the ball in harm's I mean, way. I mean, he tw- wants you to be open AF. Twenty seventeen. <laughs> he was he was the he had more of his completions in tight window throws than anybody else in the NFL. So I mean, I think it's it's true. But I think it's a little bit of a myth just to how it's like, unless it's no, wide open, he's sure. not throwing it. Abs- they don't think that way across the, the hall. He can yeah. make those throws. I don't want to like be taken out of context. Like I sure. know he can. Yeah. I just wonder if a guy that can create more separation would be better for that's, him. That's why I said uh, Chris Olave, guys like that. Chris Olave, those two Ohio State receivers yeah. are both that way. They I create separation, Ol- I think. Olave in this, I would love that. Olave this, in this offense great. would be wonderful. I think they think Wilson's better. 
Let's reset the picks. Uh, Trayvon Walker goes one to Jacksonville. Aiden Hutchinson, two to the Lions. Stingley, the corner from LSU, goes three to the Texans. Then Sauce Gardner to the New York Jets at four. Thibodeau, who our guys had as the best player in the draft, goes to the Giants at five. Iquanu, the tackle from NC State, goes to Carolina at six. No quarterback. Evan Neal. To the Giants at seven, the tackle from Alabama. Uh, Drake London just went off the board to the Atlanta Falcons at number eight. And now your boy brought us. Uh, John Schneider and the now he's going to mess this up. Who is like? <laughs> who's somebody in the third round we haven't even talked about so, here? I'll tell you what. Seahawks are jealous of the Giants draft because those were the two yeah. names yeah. I heard. They those were the two names I most heard they liked were Neil and Thibodeau. I wonder. If this is another landmine for a potential trade up. I think this is a potential for Cross. I wonder. They need the, offensive the, tackle. There's help. been some. They need a quarterback. There, there's been. I've not heard this, but there's a lot of. <laughs> you sound you're, like you're trying to get choppy off the hook. <laughs> like why? We don't want quarterbacks yeah, to go. I don't want it. There's a lot of people mocking Jermaine Johnson here. I don't. I haven't heard that specifically, but I've just That's, seen enough people yeah. throw Jermaine Johnson the edge rusher from. That'd Florida be State. the Snyder pick. right That there. would be the John Snyder pick. I would laugh. John loves defensive ends. You I know, he really does. Really, really, really hard if. The Seahawks drafted a franchise tackle for Drew Locke after years of not helping Russell Wilson. I got, I got to say, if you get through nine, though, and there's not a tackle here, and Ooh. the pick is in, Jets and Commanders, they might start a run on receivers here. You're starting to get in that get 12 antsy. range, and you've got two. If Cross two clears there, yeah. Cross and Penning could start getting in trade-up range. Charles Cross hanging around to like 16. The 17. Seahawks question has been... It's burning at me all offseason. No, one, no one's talking about it. What happened to Seattle last year? They also, have they oh. have they have weapons. Mm-hmm. They have a Hall of Fame quarterback, right? But but like the offense disappeared at times. Are we all totally sold that Russell makes a humongous difference in Denver? You got Metcalf, uh, you got Lockett, and the, Seattle finally had a had a really bad year. What happened? I don't cover them, so I don't want to speak too boldly and too confidently. But I think Russell Wilson. Knew that he was playing in the best division in football. Tried to come back from a thumb injury too quickly. Wasn't healthy. Wasn't the same player. And didn't have an offensive line. Didn't play. And and also all of that problems. All that problem was still there. And I think it just it hurt him. Um, I think Russell Wilson will be just fine in Denver. You want to talk about having everything that they all they needed was a quarterback. Brought us what is the. What's the real power structure there? Because I know we talk about John Snyder. He's had a heck of a reputation mm-hmm. as a GM. But people say this is this is Pete Carroll's show. No, John John and Pete do work together. The one thing John was always would tell me was that he's like, listen, Pete convinced me that he can coach the player that might be off center. That maybe you know they had a, they had a run there where they were taking those defensive linemen, then they all were Frank Clark. Yeah, they were taking questionable character guys, and John's like, I don't want to take these guys. Yeah, and Pete's like, No, 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 we could take them, we could win with these guys, and they did. The problem is though, when you look at the Seahawks now, you know who the hell's Stone Forsyth? Who the hell's Damon <laughs> Lewis? Who the hell's Austin Blythe? You know damn Gabe well Jackson. Damian Lewis went to LSU. I, I, but, I, you, but know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, I know. Are these but, linemen? Those are their offensive linemen. <laughs> that's their guys. Yes, I know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's and what that would be. That's the so problem. ironic. Jake Curran. Tackle was the pick. Who, yeah, I mean, who who is who are these guys? Which is and weird. John John is always he's always taking guys. He's like traded back and taken. Uh, and Fetty and people like that that you, you're like, why? But it's so weird because people you, you know still do make fun of the Cowboys for being a little bit old school. Pete Carroll is like looked upon as 
the analytical I hope I look dinosaur. that good when I'm 70. Well, he looks good. Uh, and he chews his gum fast. But he's like, run the football yeah. and defense yeah. and special teams. And you think they have an offensive line to run it. Here's Seattle's selection at nine. With the ninth pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Seattle Seahawks select Charles Cross. Tackle Mississippi State. Got to throw Darn. it. Throw it. There you go. Darn. Why are we throwing the hey, pen again? Our first pen. Th- no, pen that's throw. that's a, that's like a guy you wanted. That's, they, that they was my best him. tackle. Oh. You okay. got to be throwing. Okay. Twenty four. Hey, all I all I want to say now is for John, he must have stepped out of the room. <laughs> You know, he wasn't in there. there. No, no, he no, was, no, you need to text him right now and say, I apologize for what I just said over the last No, he won't talk to me player. anymore because I, he knows I, I, I get on him all the time. You guys called this, though. Yeah, but yeah. That, but see, that's I just named I just named all those who's who. Yeah. You know, and, and there somewhere like Russell Wilson sitting in his twenty five million dollar home there in Colorado He's throwing too. he's going, what? What who they take? You know, that kind of thing. So, Like yeah. Kevin Hart, like, help me. Why, why wouldn't you do that for me? Yeah. Right. And they used the pick that they traded for him for. Yep. Boy, this is, a, this is poetic. This is picks <laughs> eight and nine back-to-back years just stabbing the Cowboys in the heart. Because okay. uh, they lost the, Horn uh, and Sertan last year. Oh, that was yeah. – I mean, you got to no, get closer to get stabbed. No, no, because really I, th- no, because I think – no, we didn't think they were going to slide down to 24, obviously. But had they gotten to 12, they I think they were picking up the I'm ball. with Bobby on this one. You were looking at 12 as a potential trade-up target, that Vikings pick sure. that's sitting there. If they – if these two guys would have been there at 12, a conversation is being had. I never. still don't – it's still not the same as the two picks before you You're are right. the two guys that you're, you're already there above all else. Now, now, now yeah. here's the here's – the, interesting thing we talked all about like how unpredictable this is and how wild this is going to be i think we felt pretty on with like all like if you would have told me these were the top nine players i think i we would have kind of guessed pretty close to this nothing truly surprising has happened yet no. other i mean there was way too much smoke about stingley all this week for me to be surprised to hear his name carolina you know? picking surprised me the jets are on the clock at <laughs> yeah, 10 fair. then the commanders at 11 michael Irvin just texted me uh, saying, "Wow, that was a hum- humble brag, much? No QB taken in the top ten. I said, Mike, though we're 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 not out of the top ten yet, but maybe he's got the NFL Network board like running early, yeah, right where those picks go. Yeah, so playmaker. Knows. I'm hoping that I'm hoping for that selfishly for my morning show uh, bet. Uh, I but think we'll you're see. safe. I think we're safe here at ten with the Jets. What, what are they looking at here after they?" Went with corner with the first selection. Um, this has this was the Drake London this landing is, they spot. W- all they wanted spring, they, so. they wanted London. I, this Garrett is Wilson? Who, is this Garrett Wilson? I mean, I don't know what they think of Olave the, or some of these. The other first guys. wide receivers were supposed to come off the board at ten. That yep. I mean, every every draft, everybody had talked about when's the first wide receiver going to come. It was going to be ten, but it, it just happened to go to Atlanta. You know, a couple of picks earlier there. But Are you guys I, talking a little lineman for the Jets as well? Not at this point. Right I, I, I don't know that. I mean, if they like Penning enough, sure. Yeah. I don't know that they like Penning like that. Well, um, you also look at Kyle Hamilton being on the board here. I don't think they would do that, but at least in terms of top players available, he's up there at the top of the list. I don't know if they would go to Penning either. I'm right there with I, you. I think I think Jets go Garrett Wilson here. If I and had to I think guess, the, I say receiver. I think the Commanders then go either top receiver or they're taking Kyle Hamilton. They love Kyle Hamilton in Washington. Yeah, they do. Who are the best D linemen on the board? Because as you mentioned, Hellman earlier, that's what Jermaine that's what Johnson's Saleh the top is. edge rusher Jermaine, for most people. Jermaine Johnson, Karloftis. Karloftis. Yeah, not, 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 not for Brian. Brian's got Karloftis here. I, I was reading Breer. We're inching into Jordan Davis territory as well. Yeah, that every, seems high. But Everybody, look, Jeremiah, Moff, for, jo- Moff Jordan Davis Lombardi. to 14. Michael Lombardi said that Jordan Davis should have been the number one pick 
Your boy brought us former NFL GM. Mike loves those defensive linemen like that, though. <laughs> he really does. But that's a height, weight, speed thing. That's that That's that uh, Al Davis training that you get where, my gosh, the guy is 340 pounds and he ran 478, you know, one of those things. If it was going to be a defensive lineman, um, Jordan Davis and Jermaine Johnson make the most sense at this point. All right, so the Commanders will be after this at 11. What did you say you were feeling for Washington? I'm saying Wilson here and then Kyle Hamilton. Oh, Kyle Hamilton is a, a Commanders guy. I had I had heard Washington sure. was really in on Kyle Hamilton and Drake London. Yeah. It, I also uh, – Ron Rivera loves the Ohio State kids too. That's Both what I was them. saying. Olave was a guy that people were talking about potentially there as well. They've been talking I, receiver a lot. They have. I, I know Rivera likes the Ohio State kids, but I've heard Kyle Hamilton a lot. Kyle too. Hamilton, yeah. Everybody, that's that's absolutely right. Well, and they just moved on from Landon Collins, too. Yeah. They did. Yep. All right, so we have the newer Jets on the clock, then the Commanders, then the Minnesota Vikings, the Texans back there at number 13, the Baltimore Ravens at 14, and then the Philadelphia Eagles at 15. Uh, Sean Sharif, Kyle Yeomans, David Hellman, Brian Broadus, and Bobby Belt with not a ton of surprises so far. The guys have been crushing the picks in terms of the predictions. So let's see what happens here. Bobby, you going to go on the record with this? Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. Roger Goodell, prove Bobby right. With the 10th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Garrett Wilson. Mm. <laughs> Wide receiver, Ohio State. Look at that suit. There we go. Little uh, little gray, little white, little split suit there. So Garrett Wilson, the receiver, goes to the New York Jets to try to get their young quarterback some help. Are they going to try to get Carson Wentz some help? The commanders are on the clock next. This is the 2022 NFL Draft on 105.3 The Fan and the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. I'll go on the record right now and say uh, it'll be Hamilton or Hamilton or Olave. Hamilton or whoever they think is the top receiver, Jamison or Olave. I'm, I'm yeah. Hamilton. But I will, I will say Hamilton, Hamilton or Olave. I'm going Hamilton. And and i got to tell you all now, tomorrow we're changing up the seating arrangement. I want Dave to sit over here so that he can see I'm calling picks out and not looking at Twitter <laughs> because he does not believe me. I don't believe you at all because I have Twitter, look, too. You've been, look, Sean's been sitting here right next to me. I have the NFL. Look, man, I've been staring at Kyle up. Soda for a caffeine fix. Uh, I'm no. not even looking at you. Sorry. Uh, and I used to be accused of all this. We can't, like, Dave, Dave just we can get service Dave in doesn't I just believe want I you know, like, if you want people. something, let me know. <laughs> Bobby, I will say it's a normal thing because even if you get a, uh, get anything right, fans will be like, oh, you're just cheating. You're, you're telegraphing the picks. It's like, the fans, this dude knows I talk to people. He should know better. Hey, hey. <laughs> don't worry about it. Get after him, Bobby. Just, Let's go. Just, I haven't done enough trolling of Hellman. We're 10 picks in, and I've made like one Hellman. Who, leaks, who, who has been the insider that leaks it nowadays? Does Schefter leak it? Who leaks it? Oh, I don't see. I don't think. I think they've cracked down on that pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that did, is, it, is it an open secret? Like, do people know? I mean, the actual league is like eight minutes ahead of TV. They I don't think know. people know that. That right. was awesome. One year I saw that. And so there, there's enough people who talk and like who tweet stuff out and like. And so I mean, there's people in every building that have access to it. They've done. They've cracked down on it a lot harder than they used to. But well, yeah, it I got mean, out of control I, for a little bit. What's actually happening is a, it gets it gets crazier on like day three. Yeah. Like that, they're on day three. The actual picks are happening wild like West. 15 minutes before the TV catches the, up. Like it's insane. The only pick I've seen Schefter or Ian today get out in front of where they were calling it before it was announced was 
a minute before they said it was Trayvon Walker. But that's uh, the only one I've seen today. Who, who's the NBA guy? Shams. Yeah, yeah. He 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 had it too. Which I always love when there's crossover. Like the NBA guys are tipping NFL picks. <laughs> Boy, my, they can't get in trouble. Was, what, he was doing. Oh, we got our first picks? trade. I don't oh, know. If, oh, we got our, New Orleans. New Orleans. They, Brian, you called y'all, it. Y'all have been talking Brian? about that. The Saints are so aggressive. And so who do wait? Who do they like? Uh, Tell us, Brian. This I think isn't it's for a quarterback. I think it's for the quarterback. I think it is. I think it's Malik Willis. I think it's Willis. Yeah, yeah. I think they're. I think they're going for Willis. How funny would it be if I, we took out his QB one pick outside the top ten? <laughs> they didn't like Kyle Hamilton enough. I'm so happy. I'm so. Or do they think he'll fall to fifteen? Or excuse me, sixteen. If they got sixteen, we don't know what the the compensation well, okay, is. Okay, well, maybe this is. Maybe it's not Hamilton. Could they go for the wide receiver here? To they go what, go the wide receiver and then wait for, and then wait for uh, at sixteen wait for Willis. weren't they yeah, also weren't they right. also in tackle talk though? Is this Penning? Yeah, the, the, the tackles are all the tackles are all off if the board. Penning's the only they one thought left. that. Yeah, I, if I had to, if I had to bet if I had to bet the three positions: quarterback, tackle, wide receiver. But I I didn't feel like the Saints were done. No. Man, because we were talking you about just, that. Yeah. You just don't do that. You don't. You just don't. Like, oh, we're gonna trade up to sixteen just because we like that spot. Like, yeah. you, nobody does that. Now that we're looking through it, though, I'm gonna go back to what Broadus was saying a second Maybe ago. Maybe it's Jameson. It's, it's pick sixteen, a third, and a fourth for eleven. So they still have nineteen. If I mean, look at the teams in between them: the Vikings, the Texans, Ravens, Eagles. None of those teams were gonna take a quarterback, regardless. However, a three up. Somebody could have yeah, traded up to a go three get and a quarterback. A so there's, I mean, there's precedent that a quarterback could be the selection here, but it's not a foregone conclusion. Yeah. I mean, I would do that trade. Wait, what was the compensation again? A third, a fourth, and pick 16. Bro, I would do that for Jamison Williams in a heartbeat. I'm, uh, that's what I, like I'm saying, going up was not going to cost the same. I would do that in a heartbeat. Sean Sharif, Bobby Bell, Brian Broadus, David Hellman, and Kyle Yeomans here with round number one. And we have a trade, boys. We have the New Orleans Saints on the clock. They have moved up to number 11. What is this for? What are we thinking here? I mean, any time, the natural inclination when something like this happens is quarterback. But we all agree that maybe these quarterbacks aren't worth it. Uh, they Teron Armstead's in Miami now. They need a tackle. Maybe they're convinced maybe Penning. that maybe Penning is their last shot at getting a like tackle. We can't wait till yeah, 16. we can't afford yeah. to wait. And they they keep their other first round pick, right? So like, yeah, not, they, it was a third and a fourth. They're not moving out of the round entirely, so you can get your tackle here and get a receiver later. It's, it's sixteen ninety eight and one twenty. Do we know who they like between the quarterbacks? They like Willis more. Yeah. They do like Willis. Man, the Saints are so aggressive. Yeah. Then the Chiefs. This was in the cards. They were playing in this. I, I mean, I'm convinced of oh, that. Oh, but it's still an aggressive thing to do. It Trade is. away a future one. That's that's the thing. The in, call again, 19, or, or, excuse me, 98. What else was the last one? 120. Thank you. Appreciate Who are they that. jumping for quarterback, though? Maybe they're jumping a potential trade. It, yeah, that's my. Say, yes. If the price is that low, maybe they know other people could be coming. That, see, and that is the thing. They, so I've heard could, Titans could go up over Packers to yeah. try and get Burks, and so there's chatter that the Packers could try to just jump up further than that before Titans can even execute a trade. All I, right, so New Orleans is on the clock. Yeah, they got a loaded quarterback room just with 
bodies, depending on what you think about Jameis. They brought in Andy Dalton as well. They oh, finally yeah. gave up on the pocket knife project with Taysom Hill, thank God. Uh, <laughs> and now they can start over with Dennis Allen as uh, head coach. Uh, for Sean Payton. I was always thinking Sean Payton was like also in there really, really aggressive. Mm-hmm. But is it still Mickey Loomis there? It's Mickey Loomis. Still Mickey. But uh, Jeff Ireland also, too, helping out things. You know, they, they played really the whole season without Michael Thomas last year. That's They need a receiver, too. But yeah. I wonder so, if, if they love a receiver enough to make a I trade I mean, for you, one. you mentioned about uh, Jamison Williams. I mean, you, you I mentioned that. that. You know, and to me, Chris Olave. I mean, there's there's a couple of little options there, I think, that you can – you know, maybe the, the the receiver, the tackle is another one too. They they've got. If you look at this, Ramchek is the right tackle. James Hurst playing left tackle for him right now. If it's not a quarterback, I would my my educated guess would be Trevor Penning. If yeah. it's not a QB. who's the better prospect between Penning and your number one receiver left? Well, I, I've got Good two question. of them. I mean, I've got I've got a lobby and Williams both in the first round that are still left on my board. So to me, I, I think it's going to be harder for them to find an offensive tackle. Yeah. That's why I think yeah. this. I think that's why they're making this move. That's um, that's it, scarcity of position. Like every, yeah. I mean, again, I think about what Will said to us at the combine, Will McClay, every day, where he's just like, you, you can kind of count on five or six freaky receivers being in every draft. It's like. Of course, the ones at the top are are better, but you can find those guys. How far down is the next tackle you have after Penning? It's, Where's the it's drop? It's the Bernard Ryman's out yeah. of Central Michigan. Now it's you're talking the Tyler yourself Smith's. into Tyler Smith. Like, yeah. So that's a drop. Yes, yeah. that's a, it's drop. a okay. pretty so, massive so, drop. So if, if we clear Penning here, I think this is where you might start seeing them work the phones. Hmm. Mm. Okay. I think you're going to get a receiver here. I think you're. I think Brian's spot on. You mentioned Wilson. I, I mentioned three spots. Yeah. Roger Goodell has the announcement for the Saints, who have moved up with the Commanders. For all 32 teams and their fans, we've got a similar time two weeks from tonight when we announce the 2022 schedule on May 12th. This year's schedule will have a new twist, as our Thursday night games will be carried by a new partner. Amazon Prime Video. Cha-ching. Joining me are Chargers and Chiefs season ticket members, James Debo and Moose Felt. Can I get my first make the pick? Of, uh, also here is Pro Football Hall of Famer Tony Gonzalez, who will be part of the Prime Video broadcast team. Congratulations, Tony. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Roger. How's everybody doing? Everybody good? We're great. Good. Tell you what, I am excited. Did you play for the Saints? Broadcasting crew for Amazon. You may recognize this guy right here next to me. He's going to be helping me make this announcement for a prime video, which will be airing on week two of the NFL season, September 15th. Los Angeles running back Austin Eckler. And I guess you can tell probably it's no surprise. The first game that we're going to kick it off is going to be out in Arrowhead on Thursday night. What? It says the at the Chargers. And I'll tell you what, Austin. If you, if you want my opinion about this game, whoever has the oh ball last is going to win this game. Did they just announce a game? Yeah. It's the first Thursday night football game. Okay. Look, it, it doesn't get much better than this. It doesn't get much better than this. Thursday night football. You got two high-powered teams battling it out. It's going to be epic. It's going to be an amazing thing. Even if you don't rock with the with the Chargers at Chief, I know you got me on your fantasy team, so there's no point in not watching. It's going to be awesome. Awareness. 
I'll tell you what, we're looking forward to it. This rivalry goes back 62 <laughs> years. You're not going to see that every time these two teams get together, it's explosion, it's fireworks, it's touchdowns, great defense. So we will see you there September 15th. All right, so while those guys announced something for Amazon. Wow. They let them go up there and do that whole promo without the selection. September 15th is when we're going to get our next pick in. Bobby, what's, what's going <laughs> down right now? Uh, it hasn't been announced yet. Sh- Rappaport has it. It's not up there yet, though. You want me to say it? Say it. The trade? Yeah, all right. Yeah, the trade. The Lions are moving up to 12. They've traded uh, 32, 34, and 66 to the Vikings for 12 and 46. All right, now That's we crazy. have the pick for the Saints. 22 NFL draft. The New Orleans Saints select... Chris Olave, wide receiver, Ohio State. I did look at Twitter for that one. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I, I, I'll be, I'll be honest fine. with hey, you, man. It's fine. Ohio State receivers going back to back there. How about Saints, that? How, I'll, I'll steal this line out of Brian Broaddus' uh, playbook. The Saints don't care. They no. really don't. The Saints don't care. They They're going to go get their player. Yeah. Trade away a future one for a defensive end. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Move up twice to get a wide receiver. Why not? They're like the take Rams, a whole draft just, to go all the way up to get a running back. They're sure. like the Rams, but they're just like, no. I mean, screw the future. They they still pick. The Rams don't pick. Yeah, the Rams don't pick. The Ram, the Saints are like, why have three picks when we can make one? <laughs> are you surprised that they gave all that up for Alave? I don't know that that's all that much. I agree. Well, there's maneuvering, right? Like the Eagles sent them some stuff back. Like it's not like they C- yeah. commanders. I'm talking about the first, the first trade, trade made, like, like a month ago. To get sorry. that, oh, sorry, okay, first um, rounder. They got stuff back. It's not. It's not like a Ricky Williams situation where no. they were like, take all our picks. So look, Michael but, Thomas, Olave, Alvin Kamara. I like. I like the pairing. I just that's that's a lot to do for a wide receiver, in my opinion. Especially, I mean, I like Chris Olave a lot. I think he would have. What he type of player is fit, he? he uh, he's a technician. He's Terry Glenn with better hands. There you go. Wow. wow, that's who he is. And, and, a, and an Ohio State comp, Dave. Yeah. And, well, I, when you look at the body type to me, and I'm, I've seen Terry Glenn. We've all kind of seen Terry Glenn. Rookie year at New England, he had 90 receptions. And I watched this kid play. He's slippery. He plays in tight spaces really well. He can catch the ball. He's really smart about not taking big hits, too. Mm-hmm. But you watch him play attention to detail with him. Ball goes to the sidelines. He catches it both feet down. He's not like a one-foot-down drag guy. He's a bring... Both feet. He's he's a very conscious guy about the way he plays. I I I think, like I said, when I was watching him play that old school comp, I was kind of thinking Terry going with better hands, deep threat ability, uh, one of the more electrifying receivers in all of college football. He's so crisp, he's so smooth, clean route runner, and he's masterful. And this is why I think the Cowboys had him as one of those top receivers on their board. He creates all sorts of separation, and he does it at the line of scrimmage. He doesn't waste any time building some room between him and defenders. And I'm I'm happy for him that he went so highly because. Like I think people just overlook him because like he's a, he's a slight guy like he he he's not Traylon Burks with this huge build or yeah. Drake London uh, he just he's kind of forgettable physically so people kind of gloss over him in my opinion but he's a hell of a football player I feel like we've talked about poetic justice too throughout this show so far and the fact Lamar that song. both yeah it is both of the Ohio State receivers going back to back it just seems to fit a little bit. yeah, yeah. no teammates going together yeah. Bobby. Uh-oh. 
got Papa John's. What a pizza. Special delivery. Papa John's live delivery. Put it right there on the table, my good man. You want to put it right here? Yeah, actually, put it right over here by me, please. Yeah, I was about to say, put it in between me. Hey, look, you got some caffeine, too. I forgot to eat dinner, so this is clutch. And we are still live on the radio. Papa John's coming. Like, you never know what's going to happen at the star, man. You just never know. Why are the Lions moving up? So, a lot of people have them picking a quarterback at the back of the first. So, is this a quarterback? Eat everything that's but, in but here's, yeah. Don't here's, you here's what's interesting to me about nine that. conversations at Appreciate once. it, man. <laughs> Thank you, Papa John's. Shouts out to awesome. Papa John's. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Thank that's you, wonderful. Thank I'm you. So, I was so hungry. Um, yeah, we're, we're on, we're on radio, right? Me, we're not on yes, .com. Yes, we are I'll on radio. Till, I'll wait till we're on uh, .com. What is interesting to me here about the trade-up, though, uh, New Orleans, when they the way they moved up, uh, Washington got shorted about 100 points on the trade value chart. The combination of the picks Minnesota got totaled up to 1410 and they gave away 1640. Mm. And so there's the trade up it's a buyer's market. If Dallas wants to go up here, if Dallas wants to get up in the mid teens, I don't think walk it's going to cost us, walk us through that again what you just said. Yeah. So according to the trade value chart, yes. New Orleans got like got a value there. Washington got shorted about 100 points for the value of course of, they did. of pick 11. <laughs> but then when you look at what Minnesota just tra- traded away, which was 12 and 46. The points there is 1640. And mm-hmm. what Detroit gave up was 32, 34, and then they also gave up 66, and that totaled up to 1410. And so they, they won that trade by 230 points. 230 points is the 72nd pick in the draft. Wow. So what's that? That's telling fascinating. You? That's a gap. Break it down. For dummies like me, uh, basically the nobody thinks the players at the top of this draft are valuable enough to like get a king's ransom. People for. want depth; they want yeah. to get more picks. In the willing they, to they, take they, less to move back. Yep, yep. And, and so, I mean, if, if and if, more confident that good players will be around than taking a risk on these this range of picks right here. So, if Dallas wants to go up for somebody, whether it be go up for Penning or, yeah. or go up for for one of these other guys that they might like. It shouldn't cost them a ton. Who are we picking for the Lions? Goodell is at the podium. Bobby. It's got to be Willis, yeah, yeah, quarterback. You wouldn't go for this move unless you was a quarterback. With the 12th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Jamison Wilman Williams. Oh, oh wow. Do you? Alabama. So they, wow. Two moves up for two receivers. Do you want to throw your pin, Dave? Ah. There I mean, <laughs> I never, I never really believed he he was never going to be a cowboy. But I love him. I can't. I hope it's I, okay to dream. Why? Jameson, I wish you all the success. Why do you love him? I said he's 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 Tyree Kill, man. He's fast as all hell. He catches the football. But like that's it's not. He's not just a speed guy. Like he's not just like run a go route guy. Like he is a polished receiver who happens to be fast as all hell. Am I am I off base with any of what I just said? No. no. Mm. Now he got hurt in the national championship, right? And, yes. and Bama wins that game if he doesn't. Yeah, by the that way. felt like I remember. That felt like their chances got dramatically lowered when Jameson Williams got hurt in that game. It's been a minute, and I was definitely I was having a few adult beverages <laughs> while I watched it. But I, I mean, he he terrorized Georgia's defense in the SEC title game, which Bama won going away. Broadus, do you have a problem with this from a team-building standpoint? No, you You're, know what? I really mean... Giving they, away picks for a bad team? We just got another trade, by the way. Oh, Big one, it? too. It's Philly's getting on wild. The Philadelphia okay. just traded up to 13. Okay, now, okay so that... I was Because I was looking... Houston was talking about wide receiver. You know, are we starting to see the runs on the wide receivers now here? All yes. three? Yeah. I don't know. Like, who do they like here? 
Is there any who is there any receiver left that would go in this range? People, there are a lot of people who like Burks. Burks. Yeah. yeah. I, I just to me because like I was saying, I was I was I didn't think like with Detroit giving up all that to go up. I kind of felt like it was for that quarterback. You know, I kind of felt like that that they were not willing to wait till thirty two to get to try and get that guy. So that's why. But Jamison Williams going up and, and getting that pick. I mean, he's my number one wide receiver on the board. Their 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 top trade is ludicrous speed. I don't think I've seen that before. Ludicrous. Yeah, I mean, speed. it's next level. It really is. He does so many things well on a football field. It's going to be tough to to see him. Or it, it was tough to see a non quarterback go here. Brian, I mean, he was as confident as anybody. I was very. I was confident. right there with you. Yeah. I thought this was going to be either Pickett or Willis because of the way they went up and jumped up to make make the the selection at twelve. But the fact that it's it is Williams shows just how highly they regarded let, let, him. Let's focus on the enemy now. Why is Philadelphia on the clock? Why did they move to get here? How he loves himself a deal. That's why. That's you. You knew like from the very jump when when the Eagles had three first round picks. You knew they 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 weren't making them all. This, it was this never is, gonna happen. This is an even trade, by the way. This one comes out pretty even because Philadelphia's given up fifteen, um, one twenty four, one sixty two, one sixty six, just to go up two spots. But those picks, the difference totals up to ninety six, and there was a hundred point gap there between fifteen and thirteen. Let's get some names out there, fellas. Who are we looking at, Bobby? Man, I uh, Burks, I guess. Burks. I, I, don't, I don't know. They're going up for Kyle Hamilton. May, may, maybe Hamilton. Maybe they like Kyle Hamilton. Are they trying to jump Baltimore? Do they like Jordan Davis? I was about to say is this, this might be for Jordan Davis. You're right about I was, that. I was yeah. about to say that. It'd be uh, funny if it was. And if they lose Jordan Davis, does Baltimore want to bail out? Does Dallas call? Mm. It'd be funny if this was uh, to replace Jalen Hurts. <laughs> so, the, so the, the the 15th pick now belongs to the uh, Houston Texans. Yep, right, as we're talking mm-hmm. about. All right, so the Eagles are on the clock. Uh, they look like they won the Carson Wentz deal. They're they're they're, they're got to be going for Jordan Davis here. They're they're yeah, get ready for that. I think this is where they, everybody's been talking about Baltimore taking this mammoth defensive tackle. Yeah, and 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 if you follow guys on our sister station on WIP there in, in Philadelphia, they were they were talking about the perfect pick, the perfect pick. You know, when they were starting to talk about their guys, Jordan Davis was a guy that they were trying to talk about there. So tell maybe, us about him. Uh, you know, what's not to say about this guy? I mean, he is mammoth. Uh, you know, and and, and he's a monster. Yeah, and it's just the rare ability. You know, it's that it's just that you know, we talk about these guys that are so big and how well they move and he's active and he's I mean, and I was talking to scouts about him the other day. It's not that he takes up two blockers, he takes up three. You know, that's the kind of thing that you have to deal with. I mean, he it's hard to get him off his spot because he's that big. What were the knocks against him to cause him to come here at thirteen when some people just think he's a top five talent. He he very well could be a top five player in the draft. It's the factor of at Georgia he was only utilized in two down situations. Yeah. He did not play all three Walker downs. played the nose at times he, too. Yeah, Devonte Wyatt was just yeah. as successful from a defensive tackle standpoint at times on that defense. It was basically the the communication or excuse me the 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 conflict of whether or not it was because the guys around him were so good or because he was so good. I certainly think Jordan Davis is a phenomenal player, and I think he should be a top 10 pick or at least has top 10 talent in this draft. He's going to go exceptionally high because of his traits. I don't think teams really care about the fact that he was only used in two down scenarios. Let's be honest, too, about football we see this stage. And I got in a discussion with people about this, about, oh, he's only going to play 35% of the snaps because of the nickel. And someone goes, well, 
well, how about how many snaps does Tank play in a game? 40, 45, 50? I mean, I mean, how many snaps do all these defensive linemen? But you talk about if you're playing nickel, maybe this guy's coming off the field. But the other times that he plays, you're not going to run the ball on these guys. Mm. You know, that's the thing about it is. And there's everybody plays in a rotating system now. Yeah. You know, so drafting a guy like this, the one technique makes a lot of sense. Been a lot of talk if they about, if they pick him. I've been a lot of talk about Fletcher Cox leaving there. There's yeah. been multiple rumors. So and and Howie Roseman is obsessed with addressing the defensive line. I mean, Fletcher Cox, Derek Barnett, Jordan Davis, if he's the pick. Um, Graham going way back. Yep. Brandon Graham. I mean, they they throw resources at their defensive line all the time. I was hoping they'd go receiver again, again, because they keep missing there. Uh, but maybe Howie, uh, the Belichick of the NFC in terms of evaluating wideouts, is like, no, let's go with the big fella. And, and Broadus is right about all these rumors that, right, the, the the pick that you always want always seems to fall, like, to the Ravens. It's yeah. like, oh, are you serious? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Every year. Actually, that's a wonderful point, Sean. Like, if Jordan Davis is the is the pick— Thank God somebody finally got Stopped in front it. of Baltimore and like ended this reign oh, of no. terror. It's yeah. like it's like I remember I, I remember Baltimore. Over, I no, Todd Heap. Newsome. Todd Heap. The, the 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 Ravens win the Super Bowl and they're like, what do they need? They need a tight end. The best damn tight end goes all the way down to thirty two. Yeah, and it they and they draft him. Yeah, every freaking yeah. year, every so. year. And Howie's like, enough, enough of this. You know, I I, I'm interested though with with you know they got Hargrave there too. I mean, does does Hargrave is that like a you know with Javon Hargrave? Is that a is that do you move him to three? Is that a is he a one? What is I mean, if you draft this guy, where a three now? They, they yeah. also really like as a future at three technique. They really like Milton Williams. Milton Williams, yeah, yeah. and he, yeah, he was a, a third that yeah, third round pick yep. for those guys. Yeah. So the Eagles, I mean, I think we can all agree, begrudgingly, they had a very nice season. Was supposed to be. You know, a, a year in which many people had them fourth place in the NFC East. This is a judgment year for Jalen Hurts, uh, and they're always aggressive, and they're being aggressive right now. They got now. their one for next year when these quarterbacks, so they got multiple picks. You yeah. know? So if they don't like what Hurts is doing, then they could draft a quarterback. It's next funny, year. and look, I, I know, I know where we are. I know who we're we're a Cowboys station, but like I've always, I admire the way the Eagles run their front office, and I think it's interesting. Like it seems like Eagles fans have been mad at Howie in recent yeah. years yeah. because that 2017 team has fallen apart. But it's a hateable name. <laughs> I mean, Howie. You know, sure. Howie, yeah. you know, you, you can pick at that a lot. I just, I, I'll i take his track record. Throw in a Super Bowl on top of it. I think they do a damn good job of keeping their roster maintained. All right, so the Eagles are on the clock. The pick is in. We you got want- the, the Eagles and the Ravens picks are in. Apparently, we're just waiting for TV to catch up. Of course. We're just sitting around now. The, they're, they're- yeah, Texans are on the clock at 15. We've got two picks in that are just outstanding that we're waiting for. All right, let's go to the commissioner uh, as he has some company on stage. And Roger Goodell is going to make the selection. Brian Broadus, be quiet. Here we go. <laughs> up here at the podium on 105.3 The Fan and... DallasCowboys.com. This is a radio technique of dragging it out till Roger <laughs> talks. Hit it. Joining me for the Eagles pick are six high school tackle and flag football captains from teams across Clark County and Las Vegas. They truly exemplify the NFL's values of respect, integrity, resiliency, and responsibility to their teams. 
Congratulations to all of you on your accomplishments and good luck on the upcoming season. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. The Houston Texans have traded the 13th pick to the Philadelphia Eagles. With the 13th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select Jordan Davis. There we go. Defensive tackle, Georgia. Good job, guys. Well done. Let's come back to talk about that, uh, and we'll set you up for the rest of the board as we've had a lot of movement here in the last few selections. So it's going to be Baltimore on the clock, followed by the Texans, and then the Commanders who move down. This is the 2022 NFL Draft. It just started getting fun. On 105 Through the Fan and the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. So now that Jordan Davis is off the board, I want to go. I want to circle right back to to Baltimore, and we were just talking about how oh, finally somebody ends the reign of terror of Baltimore <laughs> making great picks. And I'm looking at my board, and there's one red blinking, glaring light, and Kyle Hamilton sitting on the board here for Baltimore at 14. If they pick Kyle Hamilton, I feel like that reign of terror just continues. That's a top five player in this draft. That's a good, that's a good point. And Kyle. he is still sitting here at 14. It may not be the reign of terror of Jordan Davis, which, by the way, the Cowboys are now going to have to see not only Kayvon Thibodeau twice a year, but now they're going to have to see Jordan Davis twice a year on the opposite side. Do you agree with that, Brian? This would be a heck of a yeah. fortune to fall. Yeah, I, I really, you know, when you when you start to talk about, uh, you know, what is this guy wearing? Is he wearing the red tape around the uh, oh, jersey? He's, he's got a little Davis. sash on his blazer. It's like a, Georgia he's, sash colors. Yeah, he's he, he's got it's like a. Uh, it looks like a uh, soccer jersey. It's kind of an interesting look, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll say this though: the, the the Ravens they usually don't get blindsided by stuff, and you know, and I think this is what happens when there's such coverage of the NFL draft, and there's so many mock drafts now, and there's so many people talking, and there's so much pressure, like, hey, so and so told me this, so and so. I mean, look what we've done here the last month or so. Yeah. I mean, look what we've done with the draft show and things like that. I kind of feel like, though, that there used to be a time where teams were kind of be able to not telegraph stuff enough. Mm-hmm. You know, they, like they could keep things yeah. under wrap. I mean, look and, at you guys. Basically, I'm not kissing y'all's rear end, but right. you're basically calling the picks and predicting yeah. it. Imagine working for a team. Well, that's the thing about it is that you go in when you're doing these mock drafts of the team, the benefits, you know, back in the day, we didn't have the benefit of like, oh, well, Daniel Jeremiah is doing a mock draft. Bobby Belt's doing a mock draft. Mm-hmm. Oh, Bucky Brooks is doing a mock. So you, you, you almost had to do it yourself. And now, and when you go in and you're starting to study about these teams, you're kind of like going, oh, well, what is their what is their beat writers are saying? What are fans saying about? Yeah. It? And you can start project if the names keep showing up enough. Then, like I think Howie and them had an idea that Baltimore was a team that was really looked at Jordan. And, ba- and Baltimore doesn't say anything. Right. Baltimore Nothing. is not a leaking team, but all of a sudden there just was enough of a groundswell that people thought perfect fit. Perfect fit. And Philadelphia's like, hell with that. Let's go ahead of them. Yeah. You know? Good and point. So I, I kind of feel like, though, that the the Ravens, 
uh, I don't know if they got blindsided, but they kind of had an idea that potentially something like this was going to happen. And, and the Ravens are one of these teams. I mean, I, I, you I, covered them for a while. I mean, you you're it. from there. They're, 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 they just sit in there and make the pick. Yep. Yeah. They're, they're not gonna. They're not gonna freak out. They're not gonna panic. Uh, I know Eric DaCosta, who took over for Ozzy, and he was Ozzy's protege, and. They'll just say, all right, we'll just pick the next player. We did the homework. We'll take the next one. Well, and also going on the back end of what Brian's saying here, seeing these scenarios working out in the way that it's worked out right now, Bobby came into today, and, and credit to Bobby, saying that his gut feeling was that the Cowboys would trade up and go get Trevor Pinning. Yeah. If right now at 14, Kyle Hamilton indeed is the pick, and I'm uh, once again, I'm not looking at anything. I've got my own board in front of me. If Kyle Hamilton's the pick, then we go to 15, the Houston Texans are sitting there, then it's the Commanders, then it's the Chargers, and 15, 16, 17. Yeah. That could be a target area where the Cowboys don't have to give up a ton. They could still keep their second-round pick and still go up and get a guy like Trevor Penning who's staying on the board through the mid-teens here. Yeah, I think the the minefield, again, you're going to have to walk is that Chargers at 17. You know, I mean, we, we were talking about who are the players that – like with Zion Johnson, what are the what are the teams? If you're interested in Zion Johnson, I'm here an offensive lineman at the Chargers. Mm-hmm. You know very well what New Orleans right there, right at uh, at 19 is the, is that? Am I still got? Is that still their pick? They yes. Said, yes, yeah, it is. You know, New Orleans could use an offensive tackle right there. You know, we, we were mentioning that. You know, so to me, I kind of feel like though that. You know that that you're going to have to deal with New England is another one that you're going to have to deal. With. See, see, there's there's these tackles, these offensive tackles. If you're thinking about trying to get for Penny, you might have to go up like I we think were you talking. Will. You know, you're going to have to maybe find a way to get up uh, to uh, to ahead of the Chargers if you can there uh, with with Washington on the clock there. All right, let's get ready with the Ravens on the clock, followed by the Texans and Washington. Nobody paid me or asked me to say this, but pretty good. <laughs> Do we need to take some in there? Yeah, probably. Sean Shreve, Brian Broadus, David Hellman, Kyle Yeomans, and our Cowboys insider, Bobby Belt. Things getting very interesting with New Orleans moving. The Philadelphia Eagles just jumped the Baltimore Ravens, we think, to select the monster, uh, Jordan Davis. And now Baltimore's pick is in. Here's Roger Goodell at the podium with number 14. In the 2022 NFL Draft, the Baltimore Ravens select Kyle Hamilton, defensive back, Notre Dame. All right, Good call, Kyle Yeomans. Just when we're laughing at Baltimore, they're like, okay, we'll take a player that some had in the top six or seven. Gosh, that's such a Baltimore pick, I mean, man. Yeah, they, they, do, they do things too well up there to be thrown off too hard by Jordan Davis. Oh, man, Jordan Davis is off the board. Let's go get the long-rangey defensive back that takes snaps all over the field. He has that high motor. He has the ability to play all around the entire defense. He can play in the box. He can play in the deep third, plays in the slot. He's a coverage guy at times. Brian, you mentioned earlier there's some con in terms of his change of direction, maybe a step in the bucket from time to time, but ultimately – this is the, the the most rangy and athletically talented corner, or excuse me, safety that we've seen in a couple of years. Yeah, and and you know it's funny because some of these he, you can legitimately watch him play in the slot, and I don't know if I really want him to cover in the slot all the time, but as a changeup. But what's interesting also too is the Baltimore Ravens with a new defensive coordinator there, Wink Martindale, no longer now Wink is at the Giants. Yeah. You're going to have to worry about him. 
So, yeah, this is a team that always we, – we talk about it, the drafts, the way they're able to. They don't get phased by that. Who's the next best defensive player on their board? That's when the tags and stuff are, are you know taken down. And, and Kyle Hamilton clearly is – on my board, he was the 11th best player. So kind of right where he – I think he was going to be taken. 23 no longer belongs to the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. They have uh, the Ravens have traded Hollywood Brown and pick number one hundred for twenty three. Okay, so we're getting wild. Yeah, I mean, now we are. Yeah, we're getting wild here. Hollywood just went where to the uh, Cardinals? To the Cardinals. Whoa! So, the so Cardinals. what? Do the Ravens need a receiver, and are they going? Let's get ahead of Dallas for Burks. I don't know, but the Cardinals just solved if their were, receiver. If they were going to get ahead of somebody, you would think it'd be the Packers because there's been smoke there about Burks right. as well. Wow! So the Texans are on the clock. Washington is then picking next at number 16. Then Pick's the, already in for Houston. Pick's so already in for Ar- Arizona's gone from the first round now. Yep. So that is... Take that, Schrager. <laughs> ah. So that is why do you say that? Because Peter Schrager's gotten the pick right four years in a row. He was he was uh, that's what he called the trade up. Yeah, he didn't. But that's what you worried what about because he two years. I mean, he the last his two last mock drafts were Zion Johnson. You know, this thing is kind of, I think, is actually, you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I know there's some teams that need some of these offensive linemen and stuff like that, but. You like the way it's kind of lining up for the Cowboys right now? I think I'm okay with what's, been, what's, what's going on right now. I'm glad to get Arizona out of the way. You know, I really am. I, I think that was a team. If you're interested in Zion Johnson, mm. that was a team I kind of, because, again, Peter Schrager, Bobby just mentioned it, the last four years, he's nailed Arizona's mock. And what do he do? His first mock, he picked Zion Johnson. Second mock, he picked Zion Johnson. So that was something. He's that, plugged in. I yeah, mean, he, absolutely. He, he was kind of the first nationally to talk about Trayvon Walker going one. Yeah. And he is tight with McVay. So he's going to get the Rams pick as well. Well, on Saturday at like 5 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth. I mean, round. you're not wrong. He will get it right. I'm just trying to th- I'm I'm doing math here thinking, okay, guys we think the Cowboys like. Burks is still there. Zion's still there. Green is still there. Penning is still there. I, that's what I'm saying. Lloyd I think, is still there. I'm yeah, just, just I'm throwing a wide net. At this point, do they sit and they just go, somebody will be there? I think they're going to. I really do. Depends on how hell-bent they are on getting an offensive line Bobby, in the you, first round. you've been really good about analyzing the ups and downs with the, with the, the price to go up. Mm-hmm. Are we still in a good buyer's market are we are we starting to flip this thing so, around i mean it changes it a little bit just because you don't know like okay what does hollywood brown work? here we go with the texans selection of 15 okay the houston texans select Kenyon green Whoa. guard Ooh. texas a&m i'll tell you what we talked about this we talked about this pre-show lance zerline nailed this pick Lance Zerline, if we were Texans connections, yeah, the Texas connections up there. He nailed He's from it. Houston. Kenyon yeah, Green. he nailed this pick. He mock, in his mock draft. He had Kenyon Green going to the the Houston to, uh, to the Houston. My producer uh, Troy Hughes, our producer tonight, is heartbroken because this is the Texas A and M Aggie. Tell us about him. I think this is one of those picks that kind of puts your war room in gear if you're the Cowboys because you didn't expect this to happen there's no way outside of Zerline there's no way Kenyon Green was in the top 15 from January on he was going to fall to the to the 24s 
Well, the, the knee. World. The questions about the knee because of the injury. Yeah, it, it, I mean he's he's a fantastic football player. You talk about exceptional lower body strength. He plays with strong hands. Doesn't let go. He doesn't necessarily let go of his blocks at all. And he did so against the best competition and all over the line of scrimmage for the Aggies in the SEC throughout his career. He does have the occasional misstep from time to time, as does any lineman that plays against that sort of competition. But he's usually able to recover and, and he's able to move on the run as well the knee is a question mark and I know the Cowboys certainly were questioning his health moving forward enough to take him at 24 but at 15 that's pretty a high price to pay for a guy they they must have really liked something they saw in him if you want if you want me to be honest and you always have to be delicate about this type of stuff and we I mean we lay it out there about the concerns I don't know if Dallas would have drafted him at 24 I don't think they because they were worried that that worried about the knee I maybe depending on what was available to them maybe they do it but I think, to use your terminology, Brian, I think this is a fake pen throw for the Cowboys where they're like, ah, damn, somebody else took a chance on the guy with the knee. I, Part, uh, go for it. Yeah, no, just as a player, I think they liked it. Oh, they love him as a yeah, player, and, and, but and, I think they're worried enough about his health that they wouldn't have done it. it yeah, and I think that's the I My assumption is that Green would be ranked higher for them than Johnson, Johnson. was, but I think they would have taken Johnson. Over if, Green. if it came down to those two, I think they would have taken Johnson at that point. And me saying that this gets you in into gear from a war room standpoint is as high as he was taken, because even with the, the concern around his health and around the knee, they still expected him to go in the 20s, or at least that's the thought process, is that he was going to wait until the, the latter half of the first round. He wasn't supposed to go in the teens. Now does the price go up on Zion Johnson? That's my thing. Is is Trevor Penning Zion Johnson? Is are these the last chance efforts to go up and get an offensive tackle or uh, an offensive guard if they wanted to really upgrade the offensive line spot? So now we need to do some math, not not just trade math. Washington's on the, on the clock, by the way, but count the players that you'd be happy with on your board falling to twenty four. How many? What we think are the Cowboys, <laughs> both. I think right now you're looking at primarily, in my opinion, I think you'd be looking at Penning, Zion Johnson, and Traylon Burks. Yeah, those are the three names I had. Yep. I okay. agree. Maybe a, a Devin Lloyd in there as well. I was hoping you were going to name Devin a few Lloyd more. Too, That's yeah. only three. That gets me to eighteen. It's a, well, I mean, yeah. So pick sixteen is in for Washington. Chargers are on the clock. The, the thing is that where your offensive line threats here between you and between now and your pick, Chargers are they are the Saints are. The Patriots are, yeah. The Patriots. I was hearing. I was hearing possibly Zion Johnson or Lloyd linebacker. The linebacker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Funny. Is... All the guys we said Washington loved are gone. Like I don't know what I don't know what they do here. Receiver. Take a tackle. Is there receive? Who are the receivers left? Burks. Burks. Um. There's Burks. There's Pickens. There's Jahan Dotson. Dotson. Man, that would be. That would be shocking. They just lost be Sheriff. Uh, are we going to get the Cowboys War Room camera this year? I think it's been up a couple. It's times. It's been up a couple They're times. Just, it's been a little. It's been a little chill in there. There it yeah. is, right there. Oh, there it is, right there. there. We go. Thank you, DallasCowboys.com. Uh, and then I, I always like to stalk out that activity to see if they're on the phone for any potential trade or move up. But right now they are sitting and they are chilling. JJ's not even in there. Not no. a whole lot of activity, huh? Yeah. They're, uh, they're, they're sitting back. I think you're sitting there just wondering where old Mr. Zion's 
going or or if he will. I think they're sweating that one right now. But, you know, if if you see them start working the phones, you know, yeah. maybe they feel like that they've got to go and, and you know, they can't wait for that. Now, so. when you gave those three names, mm-hmm. were those your names or you think their names? I think those are their names. Okay. Yeah. Well, I would I, Out of those names, I'm alone. I know everybody wants to fix the offensive line. I would I love Burks. I love Traylon Burks at Arkansas. Yeah. Why? Uh, I think Stephen Jones loves Traylon Burks. I do too. too. Why? Because he went to Arkansas. Oh, no, because <laughs> his son, his son was a quarterback. They know about this player. Yeah, they absolutely know about this player, and that's the thing about it is that I, I feel like though that maybe the coaching staff, Bobby, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe the coaching staff not as high on this guy. I mean, I just think there's probably like a lot of debate and a lot of split. I mean, that's what we've heard like leaking out recently, right? Like there's a split in there. And, and there's and one of the things that I think is important is Robert Prince, I know the receivers coach, he wants polished route runners. That's who, who he's very high on. And I don't know that Traylon, really Traylon, that's not Burks. Burks is all traits and upside. And, and Was Amari polished? Yeah, Samari so was the <laughs> most polished. Yeah. That was a sarcastic yes, question. Yes. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, I get it now. I thought you meant as a prospect. I was like, yeah, no, Sean. No, no, no. That's a route Yes, runner. yes. Amari Cooper is better than whatever they're going to come out of this draft with, probably. You know, I didn't. I wasn't trying to be that negative, Dave. I was just trying to do a drive-by sarcastic shot. Uh, but I like it. I like to explain the negativity a little yes, bit more. There we go. Uh, so here we go. The commander's pick is in with Roger Goodell at the podium, number 16. 16th pick. In the 2022 NFL Draft, the Washington Commanders select Jahan Dotson, Whoa. wide receiver, wow. Penn State. It's rich. That's really rich. I said though. that would be shocking, and that's yeah. what happened. All right, we're 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 living up to the hype here, fellas. There's something but crazy to, coming down tease the line. It, too. Yeah. Give us a tease. I well, I mean, we've already seen a million trades. Have we've already seen I mean, the new one. Yes, there and there's one coming down the line as well. And that's a perfect tease on 105 through the fan and the Dallas Cowboys radio network. Y'all, AJ Brown's getting traded to Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, that's why the Titans. That makes sense. Wentworks. Yep. Wow. Kyle. I should have said it when we were back up on the stream. A.J. Brown's going to Philly, guys. For for that pick? Uh, I didn't see the terms. Because if that's the pick, I think this is Burks. All right, reset all this. So where are we at here? Let's see. What, what pick are we We're at? We're at 17 officially on the television side of things. And so Philly's on the clock at 18. There's been a lot of chatter about Bur- Traylon Burks to the Packers. Traylon Burks to the Packers. That's yeah. who who everybody's been connecting them with. With Philly sitting there at 18, you knew A.J. Brown was unhappy. The very first comparison I heard for Traylon Burks from an NFL scout was A.J. Brown. 18th overall pick and a third to be determined. This is Burks, I think. This is Tennessee going up to get Burks. Wild. Because I had, I had, and you're, I think I talked about that on on G Bag today. That you that did. was that I was here in Tennessee was trying to jump up ahead of Green Bay to get Burks. Um, what do we think about Howie Roseman getting AJ Brown to go along with Devonte? I think. <laughs> uh, that this Eagles team is going to be very well positioned for the quarterback that they draft to run it next year. I totally that's, agree. That's what I think. What did they give up for AJ? This pick and a third round, a third rounder. Here's Do we the have a pick is already in for the Chargers. Let's go, team. We might lose our guy here, guys. Twenty-two NFL Draft. The Los Angeles Chargers select Zion Johnson. Oh gosh. Guard. Mm. Boston College. A left and then the uppercut. Yeah. In back-to-back selections. Now you are – and now you're going to lose Burks, I think. 
Welcome yeah. to Wipeout Scenario, everybody. Wow. Penning is there. Penning is that outside of Penning. You're just pinning your hopes on that. Or I'm just now that the fact that pinning Penning, your the, hopes on the it? fact that, the fact that Penning is is starting to slip down a little bit and stuff just makes me go, okay, well maybe maybe that was wrong. Maybe I was wrong about hearing how much they liked him because so I'm surprised they haven't gone up. Man, see that's the thing we were talking about it, Bobby. I mean, you had some really good intelligence. I know I was talking to some other people around the league. 17, 21, 23, those were all Zion Johnson yep. potential landing spots. And now you're going to get Titans take – Titans will take Burks, I think. I think that's where we're heading here. And then Saints at 19, could that be Penning? That, they need that, to tackle. That, there you go. There you go. I think you now have to you're, Now that. you're looking yeah. at your wipeout. Yeah, there you are. Hey, Tyler Linderbaum's still there, everybody. Let's just keep that in mind. I know they probably won't do it, but I would love that. So, so, so let's get used to disappointment in this industry. Let's say, let, okay, let's say this. Let's operate under this this thought. I if would, it goes Burks and then Penning, who are we talking about? Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith. I think we're talking about Tyler Smith. Wow. I would take Lloyd or somebody like that, or go elsewhere. bomb or I mean, I know they won't do. I it. I think but. Lloyd goes to the Patriots, or they if they bail out, maybe. Yeah. But there's no. I don't think there's anybody to come up okay. now. Well, they got Lloyd, Lloyd is a name to consider Lloyd. until he's gone. At least let's yeah. put it that Should way. Should be yeah. Because I think, I'm, again, we all we all know this. I don't even want to look at Twitter right now. I don't. Oh, it's not, fun. I've already it's fun, y'all. It it's fun. Um, we know that most of these guys are going to be second round grades. Like I think Tyler Smith is a second round grade, but I don't know Lloyd's grade. Maybe Lloyd is a first round grade, and hopefully, well, we know they they they, they play it fast and loose with their grades when they need to. Though they're not afraid yes, to do they that. Do. Hmm. Man, a lot this of phones is, getting worse. I mean, this is. Right. A, I know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my phone, and I'm so. I just. Well, and, and Bobby, you brought it up a minute ago. You're surprised that they haven't gone up yet. They, I mean, we've been taking peeks in at the war room. They haven't even picked up the phone yet. I mean, even no. from a call, they haven't picked it up. To do, to Can do we anything. go to war room cam right now? Can we see if they're calling anybody yet? Well, somebody that. on a good point from somebody on Twitter. I th- it's fair to call this. This is a Jermaine Johnson free fall at this point. Oh, Boy, yeah. hey Brian, not for me, Brian, well, not just for you. Trust your tr- you 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 can trust your guys because because your people told you a long time ago media is yeah. wrong on Johnson. They have Johnson way higher. That's a good point. Yeah. He has brought that up on multiple yeah. occasions. Yeah. So they were right because I mean this is already way higher than people thought Johnson was going to go. It was pick one hundred and one by the way to uh, add to the pick or the trade for AJ Brown rather. So gotcha. the Titans get pick one hundred and one. This pizza is really good. Is it? There it really is. is. It's so Excellent. Yeah. Nobody's paying me or asking me to say it. It's good. Thank you, Papa John's. Very well done. That's clutch. I got my caffeine fix. And I, and I just You're got ready to go. You're ready you to go. We could do it. We could bow tie more rounds. Yeah. Huh? Bow tie. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> A. <laughs> H. <laughs> uh, so we got two TVs up here. If I get if I get my other, my other TV option, I'll be in heaven. Yeah. Be ready to go for 4 a.m. Here we go. All right, guys. Uh, it feels like we just took a nasty combination in the ring. Maybe I thought it was two shots. It, it, it may have been three shots right then with what just happened. Sean Sharif, Kyle Yeomans, David Helmer from DallasCowboys.com, our head scout, Brian Broadus, and Bobby Belt, our Cowboys insider. The Philadelphia Eagles have traded for A.J. Brown. 
AJ, one of these receivers, not happy with his current contract situation. He doesn't have to worry about it in Tennessee any longer. He's going to the Eagles. And what else happened on the board uh, before the Cowboys pick at 24 as you guys were talking about this wipeout scenario? Bobby? Yeah, so you get Zion Johnson going 17 to the Chargers. That's That's somebody they wanted. This is 18. The pick is in. We don't know what it is yet. This is Tennessee going up. This has got to be Burks. Bobby, this is who I kept yeah. hearing all day. They wanted to go up and get. And Burks and it makes is sense because Arkansas, it, Traylon yeah. Burks, the receiver at Arkansas. And like I said, the very first comp I got from somebody in the NFL about Burks was they said A.J. Brown. So, okay, <laughs> let's go get A.J. Brown again. Uh, on a cheaper, rookie deal. And on a rookie deal and not upset with things. We'll, we'll, we'll just go get the younger version of him. Now, did the Cowboys, Brian, how much do they love Johnson, Zion Johnson, and how much do they like Burks? Yeah, I think that to me, when you started, the, the hope was that maybe you were going to maybe have a chance today when the day started, you were going to get Burks, Johnson, and then also Green. Those were the names, all those names, and now they're all likely going to be gone here. AJ Brown just got an extension too. What is it? Four, wow. year, four years, hundred million, fifty-seven guaranteed. Twenty-five. Wow. Twenty-five million a year. What Eagles? was Amari making? Twenty. Has AJ Brown had a thousand-yard season? It's almost yeah, as if that was a reasonable salary to pay a Pro Bowl. Do you wide guys? Receiver. Do you guys think that they really misjudged? He had a thousand yards in twenty. Where the wide receiver market was going. Side sidebar, and twenty nineteen because it was hard to see that Tyreek was going to get thirty, right? We were at twenty twenty one, and I then Devontae took it to twenty five. This might have been personal. I, moving on at this point, <laughs> moving on from Amari, like saving money was part of it. But there's more to it than that. Yeah, yeah. There, there's there, a lot more. That contract it. was one of the better ones they've done in recent memory in terms of like it was a, it was an affordable price for a guy of his caliber, and they structured it so that they could get out of it. Like they, it didn't yeah. hurt them to trade him. It wouldn't have hurt them to cut him. It was a very favorable contract, and they didn't want it anyway. Which leads me to believe, to Brian's point, that it was about more than just money. All right, sorry. Bitter side note: Is the biggest gut punch of all Zion Johnson gone? I to think the Chargers. The fact that both of the guards are already gone, and we haven't even yeah. hit pick twenty. That sucks. I, I think, think, yeah, that was the the fact that they probably had him penciled in to maybe play center. You know, they were trying to fix some things that way too. So we'll see. I, I'm I'm over I'm over hearing about this positional value stuff. Yeah. Like obviously, quarterbacks and edge rushers and cornerbacks are gonna and, and tackles like that holds true. But people are like, ah, Cowboys can't take a guard at 24. That's not good positional value. Okay, well the two that they were targeting went 15th and 17th. Yep, they're so, gone. Stop. So you're looking at a short list of names of Tyler Linderbaum, Tyler Smith. Here we go real quick with the Titans selection at 18. Philadelphia Eagles have traded the 18th pick to the Tennessee Titans. With the 18th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Tennessee Titans select Traylon Burks. Mm. Good call, Bobby. You were on that all day. Puzzle pieces, Bobby Bell. Well done. Uh, Putting them together. Putting them together. So now trying to put together that list. Linderbaum, Tyler Smith, Trevor Penning, Devin Lloyd, N'Kobe Dean. That's five names with six picks remaining until the Cowboys select at 24. You feel pretty good that it's going to be one of those guys? I, I mean, I feel, like, trade now? I feel like Penning's – I don't know, but I feel like Penning could be coming here with the Saints at 19. Yeah, I do could too. Be. Um, they got to replace Armstead, so. I mean, he's a, he's a good athlete like Armstead. Yeah. Um – are we fine with a linebacker? Depends I, on who I, else is there. I, I think it, I think if they lose Penning in the next few picks, I think we're looking at 
Tyler Smith. Oh, please give me I Tyler think. Linderbaum. I, I, well, can I run across the way? Yeah, no, well, you can can't. I run? No, to the, that's not I, how this works. I, I thought know. Linderbaum was you know a fan favorite. Are you not feeling it? Fan favorite. Yeah. <laughs> that, and that, again, yeah. that's, I mean, we joke, but like, that's what I always try to tell people. I'm yeah. like, let's talk about him. He, <laughs> Remington Award winner, yeah. uh, best center in college football, dominated the Big Ten. His tape is clean as hell, man. Like, yeah. I mean, he gets to the second level. He, he does all the stuff you want your center to do. I've never seen, I've never seen a player that's traits deficient play as great as he does. And I mean, trait because so of size. Thought, I thought you guys were going to have a problem with it. No, oh, yeah, oh, we're no, all on no. that train. Yeah. See, they, the league they, doesn't like him because yeah. he's light in the butt. Yeah, and he doesn't have like the ideal like size and length that you would ask. This for. This team has a history of playing with a small center. Mark Stepnowski. They went Super Bowls with a light center. Okay, I get it. It's twenty something years ago, but this kid you watch him play. We talk about it. He's smart. He's tough. He could cut a defense in half. Yeah, I mentioned that. That's the one thing when you watch when you watch Travis 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 Frederick. That's play. not even a difficult name. No, I was no, no, I know, but but it, 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 my thoughts were going through my head. But see, that's that's the thing about it is you watch him play second level. You watch him reach wide. You watch him get out on sweeps and and screens and stuff like that. And this is what this guy does. But they they don't want a six two two hundred ninety six pound center. Mm. They just don't. I mean, he that's all he could play is center. Yeah, you know. So Which, that's that's why they probably are against it. That goes back to uh, I always frame it this way. Sean, but he might be the out of the box pick though that Jerry Jones be. was talking about. I mean, if they get cleaned out, I don't think you can rule it out. But that's why I always tell people, I'm like, yeah, I'll give you my opinion, but it doesn't matter at the end of the day because they're the ones that are over there with the telephone. All right. Uh, so let me ask a. This might be a dumb question, but Karloftis do anything for anybody? Yeah, I sure. like him. I don't know that they. I don't do. think they. Yeah, I don't know. Wait, what was your question, Sean? My, Sorry, my question was going to be about their evaluation of offensive linemen as of late. Like Tyron, Zach, fine. Yeah. Travis, good. Connor Williams just left here. Yeah. Um, Leo Collins. I don't know how you grade that. The, Personal, the, I think the, there too. The way it worked out. I mean. Yeah, Biotis was a fourth rounder, yeah. but everyone's looking to replace him. How do we feel about their? Don't forget about McGovern either. McGovern, they that's, were a, that's probably over, the biggest one. They one, were two, head one over grade. heels yeah. in love. Second round grade on that. So guy. my question is like, you know, every team usually like nails a position, and we're like, all right, there you go, Cowboys offensive lineman. How do we feel about that now? That's a really good question. They haven't necessarily Thanks. invested a ton, though, up front. Firm, since di- firm disagree. I mean, Connor. Tyron Smith. Uh, okay, Connor Williams was a second round pick. Connor was pick 50. McGovern was McGovern pick was 90. A 90th with pick. a top, They I, had him graded at the top of the second round. And I already said round. that I agree with you in that regard because that's the biggest glaring miss right now. But outside of that, what have they done? Kyle Collins was a low risk, high reward sort of pick. They've invested two top 100 picks in interior linemen that didn't give them back what they were probably they, hoping. They, didn't they trade up for Biotish? They did. They, they went did. up for Biotish. I, I, think I know in the it's fourth, fourth round, but, but it doesn't matter. They still invested capital to go up, and now they're going. Well, is he smart enough? Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. does he have the IQ to do so. this? Like, I mean, you're. So I was just wondering when we were all when everyone was talking about Cowboys offensive line, I was like, is is it as a big a lock as I Which, used to just think? The funny the the funny argument. Uh, People say it all the time. They're like, well, you shouldn't need five first-round picks to have a great line. Right. Yeah. The Cowboys have not found a ton of great linemen that weren't first-round picks. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a very valid critique. 
You kind of need the Saints right here to take this quarterback, right? Yeah, Willis? yeah. I don't awesome. think they are going to though. Okay. I think this is our tackle. Okay, I think this is Penning. Bobby's looking at Twitter. I did not. No, 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 no. Did they? Is, no, actually, I haven't seen anything about have, it on I'm Twitter. Just, I'm just it, it's like it fits. Like Armstead, he's athletic. Like they need Armstead. a left. No, they do. They need a tackle. I mentioned that. They've I mean, had success. But if, if if you're in a if you're in the Cowboys draft room and you're thinking about taking Penning. You're, you're like praying right now that the Saints just go ahead and take this quarterback. So let's just. But it, it's probably, you're right. It's probably not going to happen. Let's reset what has happened. Uh, Jordan Davis at 13 goes to the Eagles in a trade up. Hamilton, the safety, goes to the Ravens at 14. Uh, Green, the Aggie from AM up front. Amazing. Number 15. Yeah, I mean, uh, props to Lance Zerline. And we talked about this today before I mean, on, on, on the G Bag Nation. I know Bobby and we all talked about. That, that, that Lance Zerline mocked him. And everybody's like, I was thinking, well, hey, keep us something in mind here. If you like Green, he got just mocked by, and we were talking about scouts and these guys that have connections in the league. Man, he nailed that one. Good for him. So then at 16, Washington made a pick that you guys seem to say, huh? Yeah, with, John with Dotson. Day, Dotson. He's a good Penn player. Receiver. Yeah. He's a good player, and it, it shouldn't be a surprise to see him go in the first round. But most people thought maybe more toward the back half. He's, he's a very slight guy. Uh, he's, he's he's a slot receiver. Like can, I think he is. Yeah. Here we go with Goodell. Let's see if this is a quarterback or the tackle. And all those serving our great nation domestically and around the world. With the 19th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the New Orleans Saints select Trevor Penning. Mm. Tackle, Northern oh, Iowa. Whoa. Good job, Bobo. Now... I don't feel good about any of this. <laughs> okay, so compare this feeling to last. I love you all, Bobby. But, but last year there was panic. Also, there yeah. was panic that the corners went. You had to settle for Micah Parsons. Uh, yeah, no, look, look, I mean, like this isn't that a my pick. ideal situation. I have come to the point, and, I, and this is the line I've been preaching on 105.3 The Fan for a while now. I've gotten to the point where I just like blindly trust what the scouting staff is going to do, the work that they're going to do. I'm going to trust that they're going to find me a good player, no matter what I. Th- I may or may not like think of the player. The track record speaks for itself. And so to me, it's like I'm trusting the scouting staff. So look, if this pick is Nicobe Dean, if it's George Karloftis, if it's, you know, Tyler Smith, if it's any name we haven't even talked about yet, then I'm going to trust that they're going to get it right. But this is, this is, but that's this a is little, tough to swallow. Yeah, but that's a little bit different from running out of options. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's easier for me to trust you're going to get it right at 10 than than twenty four when they had fifteen first round we, grades. We haven't seen them work the phones. We haven't seen them on the phone trying to go up, so they must feel comfortable enough if point. they lose those guys. Did you guys in any of your scenarios have all these guys gone? No, not really. No, I, I tried running it through. I tried to create scenarios where they'd all be gone. Well, we couldn't. these are guys that I I thought would be not on the board at all to add to kind of the list of names that we thought would be there. George Karloftis, I thought would be gone. I thought Nicobe Dean and Devin Lloyd had a good shot. One of those two would be gone. They're both still sitting there. Devontae Wyatt may be in that conversation, but outside of that, no. I, I feel like the Cowboys were wiped out of their targets, but then they have these other guys that are sitting there too that could potentially I'm looking, play a factor. I wonder... Like, how many of the guys that we really penciled in as, like, guarantees to go are mm-hmm. left? Like, I would say Jermaine Johnson is one. Yep. I would say um, Devin Lloyd is one. Yep. Devontae Wyatt. And then everything else is kind of a crapshoot. I just – I wonder how much these last I, 12 or 13 picks, like, how crazy is it going to get? I just – I didn't see – 
I didn't see it. Like when we talk about could you get a scenario where they were all gone, I always had like generally the the worst case scenario I got to was the only one left was green. Yeah, and that, I, and that I, made I, me a little, I, and that made me a little like, eh, because I don't know how well they feel about his knee. So that was the one yeah. that that I could. But I mean, with green gone, it's like, wow, you don't even have that as an option now. Did they know this was going to happen though? That's my thing because the Tyler Smith has been telegraphed for a long time. So did they have an idea that they could be wiped out of the names that we've been talking about for so long? I, I mean, shout out to Mel Kiper who had that as his pick in like January. I think. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, a while so back. we did a we did. Like we touched on him on the draft show yeah. early on. Tell us about him. Who is he? He's a guard tackle out of Tulsa. Played ta- played tackle at Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Translates to guard in the pros. Um, and but the I, the reason I bring it up is like th- it must have been January or February. Kuiper mocked him, and we got inundated with questions about him because they were like, "Who is this dude that Mel Kuiper thinks we're going to take?" Um, now, Broadus, you have a second round grade on him. It, I mean, yeah. Brian, you read your scouting report because you take notes on all these guys. Yeah, I'm, I was trying to get there right. He's now. a local yeah. kid. North, Buy, him time. North, Buy him a little more time. Fort Fort Worth. He uh, he born and raised in Fort Worth. He was North Crowley High alum. Yeah. So I mean, he's from around here. He was a Dallas Day participant. They had him in here when they did their Dallas Day. Yep. So maybe we would have been tipped off if he was not a Dallas Day guy. Maybe we would have been tipped off if they would have had him in for a thirty visit. Yeah, he's he's got some impressive size. They do size. cheat that way. Mm-hmm. He's he's six five. He's three twenty four. I, I think to me it's more he tries to bully the defender instead of working his feet and his hands together because you tend to see him get called for holding penalties and stuff like that. He's more of a catcher than a strike or a punch. He kind of lets the defender get close, and then he grabs and throws him to the ground. In the two games I studied, it was Ohio State and Oklahoma State. He had three holding calls against yep. him, and you just got rid of a guard yeah. that has holding calls against mm. him. But this guy's much, much bigger. He's going to come off the ball with good initial quickness. He, he tends to wait for the defender to kind of get to him, and then he'll, like I say, he'll try and he'll work that guy wide and, and push him past the quarterback. But I mean, this is a this is guys could get some movement in the running game because he's a big man and he's got some power to him. To so, play off of your penalties, sixteen yeah. combined penalties in twenty twenty one. Twelve of those were holding calls. Yeah. By so, the way, good thing the Cowboys didn't have a problem with that last year. By the way, this has to be quarterback here, right? This is Will. I would oh, hope. Yeah, this is, would this hope. is the first quarterback. There's another team that sits there and just lets the board come to them and they yes. get good players. Willis. Absolutely. Willis was the guy who was most strongly linked to them the, during this process. Poor Kenny Pickett. Who did? I <laughs> wouldn't I'm, have wouldn't have to move. He's got a locker already. I'm curious yeah. who? Let's see who Jeremiah had them taking. Who did you guys have as your top quarterback? Pickett for me. Pickett Corral. I mean, I. It's funny because like I don't. Th- in terms of being able to play right now, I would not pick Willis. But in terms of upside, I absolutely would. Like he's yeah. probably the one I would be most intrigued to draft, but not play in twenty twenty two. Schrager mocked Willis, Dane Brugler, and Daniel Jeremiah mocked Pickett here. This has to be quarterback uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers on the clock at 20, then New England at 21. That could be the linebacker right there. I want Tomlin I want Tomlin to do, like, real <laughs> Pittsburgh stuff and just take Lloyd or Dean. Like, screw you guys. We'll, we'll make it work. We're going to win every game 13-10. to 10. Got the, Miles Jack here. Got T.J. Watt. Oh got Cameron Lord. Hayward. Then the Packers. Minka, and the Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, we're just going to win every game 17-13. Then the Packers at 22. Baltimore at 23, Cowboys at 24 as the pick is getting ready to come up here to the podium. Let's see if this is the first quarterback taken of the 2022 draft with Roger Goodell. Is that is that Franco joined by a little Franco? I think Harris? he does it. I think he does it every year for these guys. Yeah. Okay, here we go. 
because the season marks the 50th anniversary of one of the most memorable moments in NFL history. Incomplete. During the final seconds of the 1972 AFC Divisional game, Franco Harris made an improbable catch known as the Immaculate Reception. He, here with us tonight, to celebrate the 50th anniversary of that moment and to announce the pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Please welcome Pro Football Hall of Famer, Franco Harris. I can't wait to hear what this reaction was upon seeing the name here. Okay. Oh my gosh. Hello, Las Vegas. This is great. Wow. I love this. I love this. Okay. With the 20th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> select Kenny Pickett. Oh! Okay. Oh, Willis. No pressure, kid. It's just your hometown expecting you to be the quarterback of the future. Kenny Pickett, the first quarterback at number 20 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. We are getting closer. The Patriots are on the clock, and the Cowboys are coming up at 24. This is the 2022 NFL Draft on 105.3 The Fan and the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. (laughs) (laughs) Kenny Pickett. Yes, he can. <laughs> Boy, the, those hands, cold weather city. Ooh, good point. Good well, smallest hands in the draft class. But they, so. they, they figured out he, they figured out he could play. But like you said, you, this guy is, like you say, when you watch him play, he's got the two gloves like Teddy Bridgewater plays with, you know, and the mobility and the awareness in the pocket, the athletic ability. He's got feel. He could see the rush. He can move where he gives himself the best chance to deliver the ball. He never appears to be throwing the ball with his feet set, which is kind of funny. He kind of dances around a little bit in the pocket, but uh, his arm strength allows him to get away with it. I think this guy can make all the throws easily. And it, I also see a guy that shows no fear when it comes to delivering the ball. He's my only first-round quarterback that I had. So I like him a lot more than, I, I guess, others in this room. Maybe. But there's times you see him throw across his body or throw in the middle of the field, but the vision – and he sees how the defense is playing him to find the open man. His eyes always appear up and down the field. So I really like this guy, how he can avoid and spin out of trouble when he needs to do that. This is a guy who really rose, not during the draft process, but really rose from 2020 to 2021. This is a guy that, like, talking to people around the NFL, like, he was not on the radar as a first-round pick. Not not quite to the same degree as Burrow, but, like, a similar situation. Yeah. Where, like, you talk to anybody before this past season, they were like, Different eh. guy. Came in, came in, played this season, was a different guy than people had seen on tape. Um, and so, I mean, this is, this is somebody who really genuinely, like, made the most of, of his senior season here and, and really rose up. Now, I want to put it on the record as well, along with Broadus, in, in talking about if there was a first-round quarterback, this would have been the guy for me. And, and you look at the the situation that he's going into there, it's a completely new wide receiver room that he's going to have to deal with. Of course, no Juju Smith-Schuster anymore. They do have Chase Claypool. He has some targets to throw the football to, but I still think this system in that town, of course, that he's very much so accustomed to, I think he's going to have some success even in the early parts of his career. Yeah, there's going to be a a learning curve, but it's a different type of learning curve because he's going to see playing time pretty much immediately. He won't have to sit behind a starter and move forward. They They got the bridge in Trubisky. 
Yeah. Don't forget about Trubisky. That's true. So Trubisky will play there first, uh, and then Pickett can sit there and chill. Brought us. Who did you name as the aggressive teams? I said the Saints. Who else did you name? Uh, I think Kansas City coming from the bottom of the board, too. And the Kansas City Chiefs are <laughs> oh, on the clock. All right, yeah. New England is traded back. So who who are they coming up for? Edge the, rusher? I mean, they needed a receiver, but what receivers are left? They could be getting George Karloff this year, too. So Albert Breer had a note in his thing today that he's and Arizona traded out of the first round. He said Arizona was trying to trade back, and if they traded back, he said he thought there was a chance that Karloff just fell completely out of the first round because Arizona was the only place that he might go. I saw that too, and said he's heard that like some teams around the league have Karloff just as a fourth rounder. Oh wow, which hmm. I think is nuts to me. That, well, that's there's a people good there's player. people that will argue that he is maybe he is what he is, you which know? is well just like you know like it's like a good steady player. That can't. There's no. What is it, Dave? The ceiling, the floor. What's all that stuff? Yeah, he, like that? he ain't twitchy. He doesn't have a high ceiling. Like yeah. he ain't gonna He's blossom been, into a double digit. Just sack solid. Guy. Yeah, yeah, solid. The, the very dependable player. He's been playing football since he was like 15. That's when he started playing football. I just think it's odd that people go, "Oh, he hit a ceiling." He only started playing football five years ago. Yeah, right. He doesn't have the athletic traits. Could this be not for saying George? that that's right? No, but right, that's right, why. right. Yeah. Could this be for George Pickens? They always kind of like they they like those those Georgia players mm-hmm. receiver, right? Here we go, Kansas City on the clock. Coming back to the radio side. We got more movement. Vegas set the over-under. Drafts in the first round at three and a half. The Kansas City Chiefs have just moved up. Now, a lot of the talk was going to be, Replacing Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Making sure Pat Mahomes has weapons. Cowboys are at 24. Kansas City, Brian brought us on the clock right now at 21. Yeah. This New is, England moves back. Yeah. And again, this is, everybody was kind of talking about Green Bay needing receivers. There's another team. Everybody's talking Green Bay, Green Bay. Mm. You know, if you look at, and again, Lance Zerlon, I'm talking to him again or about him. He had uh, Kansas City trading ahead of Dallas for Chris Olave coming down the board. This was a couple of weeks ago on his mock draft. So now everybody, the, it looks like the next receiver could be at Green Bay if, in fact, it, you know, because they were talking about a guy. They were talking about Pickens with me at 28. Pickens is who? Yeah, he's from, uh, from Georgia. Receiver from Georgia. Receiver from Georgia. So we will see. I mean, and now maybe Green Bay's focusing now on Jermaine Johnson, the, the edge rusher from Florida State, was another guy that I'd kind of heard about. Here we go. Let's see who KC moved up for. The New England Patriots have traded the 21st pick to the Kansas City Chiefs. With the 21st pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select... Trent McDuffie. Ah, quarterback. Good player. Good player. Good pick, Dave Hellman. I love the pick. I and I'm as a as a fellow short king, I have <laughs> I have a lot of sympathy for guys that get overlooked. Only he he he's a damn good player and he happens to be five ten with shorter arms. That's that's really all there is to it in my opinion. NFL teams uh that I talked to said like if you need a plug and play like cornerback starter, get McDuffie. Like McDuffie is the the guy that will come in and immediately be a difference maker for you. Everything I've heard about him, he is a football fiend. Like like he's grown up in a football family, and just that's what he eats, sleeps, and breeds. And so he's uh, yeah. he, right. he, the the biggest thing is just his arms are like twenty eight inches. Let's yeah. let's set this up. You got someone real here? quick though. I mean, there's people that think that maybe Kyler Gordon, the other corner at Washington, was a better player. There are teams that have Gordon above McDuffie. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, let's set this up now. We're a few picks away. Cowboys are at 24. Green Bay is on the clock right now at 22. Then the Baltimore Ravens at 23. Who is jumping out on y'all's board now for the Cowboys? I wish that I'd spent more time thinking about Jermaine Johnson because I just wrote that off as a possibility a long time ago. And I don't. I, and I he is he, the defensive end out of Florida State, transferred from Georgia. So again, another piece of that disgusting Georgia defense. Had a really had a solid season for a bad FSU team. Kicked everybody's butt at the Senior Bowl. He literally he. So there's three practices at the Senior Bowl. He dominated for two days and was like, "Peace, I'm out. I don't need to do this anymore." <laughs> He's like, I, "I put in my tape. I'm not staying for a third day." He also he, did got, he, also, he banged up his knee there. Shut I think. up! It's a funnier <laughs> story <laughs> the way I say. It. Uh, no, no, but like uh, I, I know specifically the Cowboys were really impressed with him in Mobile. Yeah, I have no idea if they like him enough to take him over some of the names. We I know. don't either. Clearly, the rest of the league doesn't like him as much as we thought. Yeah. Who else, Bobby? I mean, I think we're looking. I think this is setting up for potentially Tyler Smith, the, yep. the tackle from Tulsa. That, that, but I mean, if you're looking at other names, Nicobe Dean. I don't know how much do they like Dax Hill, the safety from Michigan. I, I tell um, you, I still talk about Devin Lloyd though from Utah myself. Yeah, if yep. you tell me I can maybe get the next Micah Parsons at linebacker to pair with Micah Parsons, whoa, I'm all fun. about that. So tell me a little bit more about that and yeah. his game. Yeah, no, I mean this guy's six three. He's two hundred thirty like seven pounds and stuff like that. I mean he's a great finisher. He gets he's an outstanding tackler. He could blitz. He tackles well in the open space. He probably covers better than Micah Parsons. You can watch him play. He gets in throwing lanes. He gets interceptions. He knocks balls down. Pass rush. Yeah, yeah. It's seven sacks. So yeah, I mean the people talking about this. I, I don't know if Dallas will do it. But me personally, if you're starting to talk about some of these other guys, Tyler Lindenbaum, I know I'm not going to get. Now, I put him on the board where I would take him. Dallas Cowboys probably don't agree with me on that at all. I don't think it's out of the question because you look at some of the guys they've had conversations with. They had Devin Lloyd in as a 30 visit. It's known that Quay Walker was here on a 30 visit. They met with Christian Harris at the Combine. They've had opportunities with these top four, top five linebackers to have these conversations. I'm right there with you. I think Devin Lloyd is certainly a a potential here. You've got Dean and Lloyd as the two linebackers that are possibilities. Mm -hmm. Linderbaum and Smith as offensive line, and then you've got Karloftis and Johnson as we enter this 22nd pick. I don't know what just happened, but there they cut to war room cam, and somebody said something, and Steven went big fist pump. So Stephen was happy about something. Well, keep in mind, every team in the league is happy about every decision they make. When, <laughs> no, but I, I, I don't, I don't th- but I mean, but I, th- I, think, I think they must know. I don't know if they know Green Bay's pick here or Baltimore's, but I think they're happy about whoever Good they point. just heard got Because the picks in they, the NFL world are in. Right? They, yeah. they, the, like, it hasn't been announced. I bet not, they, not Dallas's pick, but okay. like, they, I yeah. mean, they could be... We could be as many as like a pick. Here's a war room camera. Maybe right here. two yeah. picks behind. I want to see. I want to see who Green Bay picks here, and if we can figure anything from that with the fist pump. Were you guys thinking about? Well, here comes Roger Goodell at the podium with the Packers selection as we get closer to the Cowboys at twenty four. Second pick in the twenty twenty two NFL draft. The Green Bay Packers select Gray Walker, there you linebacker, go. Georgia. So, no offensive player again for Mr. Rogers. First linebacker oh, off the board. That's it's <laughs> funny. You we we've talked about that with a few guys, but Quay Walker was like a fringe name for most of this cycle and within the last 2 weeks exploded. He just had this surge where everybody was like, "Oh yeah, he'll probably be the first linebacker taken." Yep. So, they liked him a lot across the way too. So, but if we see a fist pump there, is that any indication of, "Oh, they took a linebacker, but it wasn't ours." Mhm. 
or I they think it could be just took a player that you know they weren't looking at linebacker. Uh, go ahead, Dave. Ooh. No, I just, I just, what's up? We just had a trade. Baltimore went back. <laughs> Buffalo leapfrogged Dallas. What does Buffalo think Dallas needs? So it's mm, a good question. <laughs> so Buffalo's on the clock at twenty three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just flipped. Baltimore went back. That, wow. That's that's the pick, that's the pick they took from Arizona. It I is. love Hollywood Brown. Can I yeah. just gush about the Ravens for one more time? Like we gave them crap because they missed Jordan Davis. Yeah. And what do they wind up doing? Drafting Kyle Hamilton at fourteen. Uh, they traded Hollywood back. for a first. Did they? Did they get a first? No, they got like pick one hundred for him. I thought uh, it was pick one hundred in Hollywood for twenty three. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm, you're right. I'm sorry. I, yeah. So they got a got first for Hollywood, and then turned this into whatever. It's it's so they've probably added a ton of capital on top of already having Kyle Hamilton. Bills go twenty five and one thirty for twenty three. But I'm going to use the war room cam to cheat here a little bit. I didn't see the fist pump in question from Bobby Belt, but that that tells me uh, I don't have to hold my breath here that they that they think Buffalo is going to steal someone from them. Because yeah, because that, that, that could have been news that they got that Buffalo went up, and they were like, "Oh, we feel better knowing Baltimore's not picking in front of us." So, what are we thinking now? Brian brought us. Uh, we got Stephen on the phone. Maybe he's talking. I don't know. I, that's the thing. I, I, I'm kind of. I'm kind was of, anyone thinking about trading back in the last five minutes? I would think about it. I yeah. I, I mean, got, I would if somebody wanted to. If yeah. somebody called me, I would. Uh, that they're, they're well, teams are moving. So teams are dealing. This is a this. Is, they're talking to a team because Steven's got his little pen out and it looks like he's yeah. Telling Jerry up. would probably be on the phone with the player. I mean, you're sitting yeah. here, right? Jerry's and Jerry, nobody's celebrating. So this isn't a pick. This we, is definitely a conversation. We think they like Tyler Smith, but we don't think that he's just like our guy. He's not. No, just, well, like, they, they, they think about him in the second round. I mean, that's the thing about we keep talking about. Yeah, I think a lot of the guys that went ahead of them they thought about well no that that's what we're ta- i mean that, i think that's what we're talking about right now is maybe that they feel like that you know that hey if we grab this guy I mean, if we can move down a little bit further and pick something else up it might soften the blow a little bit all right let's let's think about some scenarios and let's get out of here real quick to come back and make sure we don't miss anything the bills are on the clock then the cowboys are up next don't go anywhere it's the 2022 nfl draft on 105 through the fan and the dallas cowboys radio network All right, y'all. Let's brainstorm. What are you looking at, Dave? What are you thinking? I mean, if, I don't think they like any of the guys that I've got on my board. Who's trying to come up if, if they were on the phone? It, well, somebody that wants a linebacker. I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe like if some, maybe if somebody loves Devin Lloyd or Nicole or an Dean. edge rusher. There's two of them right there. Okay, so right now Buffalo is on the clock. Mm-hmm. To answer your question, Sean, like I don't even remember what I asked. Well, I mean, if they could jump back somewhere between like two and. Six spots. It doesn't even. We did this in our mock on Tuesday. Like you're not going to get crazy good compensation. What did we add in that trade? Uh, we added we a added like fourth a fourth and a seventh or something. Yeah, we added a fourth and a sixth. But I think at this, like this is just a take your pick among guys that you probably don't love. At least that's how I feel about it. I, I think they if they took Tyler Smith, if they took Nicobe Dean, I think they like those players. Is that their dream scenario when they head into the state? No, it wasn't. But, I mean, I, I think they'd be happy with coming out of here with those players and not having to give up capital. No, but I'm saying, but you can gain capital well, and pick sure, them five yeah, spots yeah, later. Easy, can yeah. I ask a question then? Do you feel like they're wiped out? Yes. Yeah, from the guys they really coveted, I think. Yeah. I, I from just, their okay, guys. So this is yes, why you would Lloyd. take it to them. Um, they would take, I mean – yeah, I mean they you know they visited Lloyd. Yep. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I love the player myself. And I love Linderbaum and guys like that, but 
they don't they don't they're not seeing this like I am right I wonder, now. Well, I wonder if this is and I don't I don't know how they feel about Lloyd 100 percent, but I wonder if this is a situation where they like Lloyd. Maybe Lloyd's even the best grade on their board, but it's the classic like need versus best player. Like, do you need to draft another linebacker after you just got Micah or tend to something that needs it a little bit more? Based upon y'all's boards and excitement level, I'm ro- I'm rooting for a move back. I'm rooting, I'm yeah, rooting like for that. a trade I would, back. I would get a lot more excited about the pick if if they jumped back. Yeah, if they move back to thirty and then they pick Tyler Smith, I feel much better. There's than no, but there's nobody on the yeah, There's nobody on the board right now where I'm just like, oh, he's got to get there. He's got to get there. Cowboys are on the clock because the pick is in for Buffalo. Okay, and we were judging by Stephen on the phone that he was probably talking to a team. If it was Jerry on the phone, if we go to the war room cam and Jerry's on there along with McCarthy. We usually try to find a position coach that leads us. There we go. Steven Steven's again. still on the phone. They're talking to a team. It is. It's trade offers coming in. We don't know who the teams are right now, but they are definitely talking to somebody. I mean, I wish I had more information. No position coach in the room. Jerry's listening. So this is this has to be Steven. They're laughing at something. They're, they're, they're talking about a team. Uh, so that's where does, we stand right now. Any idea who does Will have that dialing hand ready though? If they can't move, because usually like- Chris Hall at the bottom right of the of the thing, Chris Hall will get the player on the phone, and he hasn't moved. You see, there's a gentleman with the long hair and the glasses, the beard, yeah. and so yeah, they're, they're joking. They're though. yucking it up here a little bit. <laughs> they're joking with someone. Yeah. So that doesn't seem like a serious trade negotiation. Well, all these guys, especially in the Cowboys case where your GM stays the same, like they've been dealing with these people for years. I mean, they're buddies by now. Any idea? McCarthy doesn't look really comfortable right now, though, to me. Body language is, well, he's pointing at at Will. Hey, any idea who Buffalo's going to take? I I don't know who they thought they needed to come up ahead of Dallas. Here it is right here. My guess would be a linebacker. Let's go to the podium. The Baltimore Ravens have traded the 23rd pick to the Buffalo Bills. With the 23rd pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Buffalo Bills select Gair Elam. Ah, ah, a quarter from Florida. That's a good player. He's a really good player. I loved Kyrie Elam. Tell us about him. Kyrie Elam, I mean, like, that's a dude who, like, he gets to the ball. He will always get his hand on the ball. He is a really, really good athlete. I mean, he's somebody that, like, I, I love him. I, I think, and he's, uh, I think, Broadus, didn't you uh, sign his dad? Yeah, I was here when his dad was here. dad, yeah. Yeah, because his dad's uh, Abram Elam. Yeah. The old Cowboys safety. Yeah, he, I tell you what, this kid, he is a, he is a press corner with every sense of the word. He'll get up on you. He's not going to give you much space. He can run with you. He's physical, really nice tackler as well. All right, so Kyer Elam goes to the Buffalo Bills, and for the time being, the Dallas Cowboys are on the clock, followed by the Baltimore Ravens, who have been very active this round. The Tennessee Titans pulling off a huge deal as well. Let's get ready to rejoin the radio side.
All right, guys, your Dallas Cowboys are officially on the clock right now. Sean Sharif, joined by Cowboys insider Bobby Belt, our lead scout, Brian Bross. We've got Kyle Yeomans and David Hellman from DallasCowboys.com. We are at Ford Center at the Star. A cornerback just went off the board, Kyer Elam, to the Buffalo Bills. And now we have the Cowboys sitting here. We've been monitoring their war room camera. Uh, it looked like Stephen Jones was on the phone. We, we were guessing. It wasn't with a player. Uh, you would have Jerry on with the player, then Mike McCarthy, then a position coach in the room. So my guess is they're trying to work out a deal, and no one's on the phone right now, guys. Is it is a deal done? That makes me think they made a trade. I think yeah. they traded back with, like, again, Chris Hall in the That's, bottom right of the phone. Uh, when the, they pick a Stevens player. picking up the phone again. Nope. So they're trying to take this five minutes to execute. Okay, well, Will's about – okay, Will and Chris with the two you we need to watch in the – yeah, yeah. Will, Will's the phone call. Will's right. the guy that, that yeah. talks to the yeah. player first, yeah. so he's the guy to watch. I'm hearing Tennessee is a potential trade-back target. I don't know if that's who they're on the phone with now, and there's probably multiple teams in there, but I know the Titans at pick number 26 could be one where they might be having some conversations. However, like I said, that's not that's probably one of multiple teams because we've seen Steven pick oh. up the phone on multiple occasions. Will put his hand on the phone then took it off. Who's left on the board? If they make the pick, I'll bet you $5 it's Tyler Smith. I think Tyler Smith would be the guy if they picked here. Offensive lineman. Tulsa. And his position and potential ability. He's a tackle that they probably play at the at the uh, left guard spot. Guard he's spot. with yeah. an eye on maybe moving him to tackle at some point in his career, yeah. Yeah. depending on how he's well a really, he He's a raw player, but he's big, he's powerful, he's a really good athlete. Anyone else? Not if they pick here. I mean, Nicobe Dean is there. Uh, Devin Lloyd, Lloyd, he was a 30 visit. So, Like I said, I wonder if this is – I would love to see those grades. Like, is Devin Lloyd a better player on their board, but they need an offensive lineman more? I I mean, like I say, Linderbaum, Lloyd, Dean. I mean, those are the guys I have. But we always sort of figured that Linderbaum wasn't going to have No, no, but I'm just saying I I just wanted to go on record because I think there's some teams behind Dallas. I think Tampa Bay, a possibility, you know, when you look at that as well. But I I think that, you know, that that he's a really – he's a good player. I mean, he really, really is a good player. It's a shame that – you know, they look at the traits and stuff like that, but that's what they have their their measurables for and stuff like that. So good for them for that. Uh, it looks like Will's – is he dialing or is he just tapping his fingers? Is there a chance – I mean, would they stay in the first round for sure? Or is everyone going to get oh, up and go to the press Will's conference? Got on the Will's phone. on the phone. Will's on the phone. Wow. This, I would guess this is Tyler Smith. Okay. So let's get ready for that. Man, not a lot of Tyler Smith in the months and all the buildup leading up to this, at least at 105.3 The Fan. How about you guys, DallasCowboys.com? Jerry's on the phone, so this is a player. Yeah, we, we mentioned this back in, in Indianapolis. That was really where we first started hearing that they were – or that he was on the Cowboys' radar. Tyler Smith, offensive tackle slash offensive guard at Tulsa. Not the most ready-made player in terms of tackle, however – you look at a guy that's a short-term, and Dave said it a minute ago, short-term, solve it guard, and then you bump him out the tackle in a couple of years. I will say, like, I talk about this all the time. Like, there are years where we know immediately. Yep. I mean, we we knew for a long time that Leighton Van Der Esch was going to wind up here. I do think uh, we're we're later coming around on this one. Like, I um, Yeah, we yeah. are. We are. Shout out Mel Kuyper. Yeah. The draft godfather. Yep. <laughs> he, he, was, he had been on this one. Very, very early. But, I mean, again, this one we kind of got a little – they were a little sneaky with it, too, because they could do the the Dallas Day 
We didn't have to hear about a thirty visit with Tyler Smith because he's from around here. They they can you know we didn't have to know about that interest. It's it's wild. I mean, and look, I mean, it benefits the Cowboys. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but that is just a wild advantage. You th- I mean, if you grew up or went to school within what like 30, 60 miles of DFW, you can it's go. A, it's a yeah, it's a weird like based on the they like literally use like an atlas map. I think to if you're out. from around here, you can come to the facility and it doesn't count toward the visit limit. How do you think the Green Bay's of the world feel about Dallas? <laughs> being able to do that. So if this is the pick and and looking at what teams moved up with, is there a big regret standing out for you guys with where someone went and what it would have cost? Or are you fine with them just sticking in here and addressing a need that everyone probably listed as the number one thing for this football team? I mean, I think you'd want to pick up some extra capital, but I mean, as long as, as if they believe in the player. But then... do you have a move up regret? Um, Based upon I, where someone went and what was given up for the price, I would. But if they feel, and it's Kellen Moore on the phone, this is definitely offense. So um, I would feel, I, I would have gone up for Penning. I, I would have gotten up especially to the, at to nineteen. The, but but I mean that that's me. If, if they didn't think, yeah, I'm they, just asking you. Yeah, no, if they, yeah, that's what I would have done. I would have gone up and gotten Penning. All right, here we go with the selection from Roger Goodell. Twenty fourth pick in the twenty twenty two NFL draft. The Dallas Cowboys select Tyler Smith, tackle Tulsa. All right, so they go offensive. I love you guys piecing together. And and I was listening to this on the drive over here. Broadus, you were talking about it. Yeah. You were talking about a rumor that was gaining steam yeah. with all the homework that you did. And then you guys pieced it together. That's Which, why I love the love this show. To your point, Sean, like – you were you were talking about this like maybe you listen too much to the stuff right before the draft. Sometimes it's right. Sometimes something kind of parachutes in on you and you're like, "Ooh, this has legs. This is not uh this is not a smokescreen." And that's what happened here. So let me let me be the cowboy fan reactor in here. All right? I'm guessing what Twitter is about to be, and you guys <laughs> are the ones with the connections and you did the homework. There's going to I think there's going to be disappointment just because we're more comfortable hearing names and right. ones that you guys have been projecting and ones that you guys have been excited about. So yep. all of a sudden you get one out of the blue and you're like, huh? When you've heard all the hype about Linderbaum and, and Penning and these guys. So I feel like I feel like you guys are going to have to, if you feel good about it, make, make the Cowboy fans well, feel pretty good. This is where also, too, I remember a draft where Travis Frederick, I'll say the name right that time. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. This, this was a draft where we thought – Travis Frederick, we all had third round grades. Laughed uh, at it. We, we, everybody's like, "Why? Why would you do this? This unathletic center from Wisconsin. He doesn't pick up his feet. He shuffles. He does all these things." Yep. There are people that will tell you in this building about Tyler Smith. When you mention him, it's like, "Man, really good athlete." But this guy, we've mentioned it. The holding penalties and stuff like that is. There's going to be need to be some technique work here. There's going. That's the first thing that people are going to do when they go back and, and the media ask questions. Well, what about him? And what about him? You know, what about these holding penalties? Didn't you just have a left guard that had all these holding penalties? But this is a big man. He's six five. He's three hundred twenty four pounds. He's extremely raw in the way that he plays right now. But he's a powerful guy in the running game. And so now I'm sitting there thinking, well, what's the problem the Cowboys have had? They've had issues trying to run the football, Absolutely. especially the second half of the season. This guy comes off the ball. He gets to his man. He gets some movement. You're going to have to work with him on some of the technique stuff. That 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 is something that's going to have to happen. But you know what? I mean, I, I 
to me, I had other guys on the board, but that that's why I'm here and they're there. We're mm-hmm. all here and they're there. And I just hearken back to I wasn't a huge fan of, of Travis Frederick. Yeah. That's my hope right now for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm right there with you. And uh, even going back and comparing the two, I don't think any of us had a third round grade on on Tyler Smith. We had him pretty much pegged in the second round. Most likely, like we talked about, they had a second round grade on him yeah. as well because they were wiped out of the fourteen. Yeah to 16 names they had in the first round. Sure, I would have liked to see a Tyler Linderbaum. I had him much higher on my board. Sure, I would have loved to see a trade-up and maybe go get a Trevor Penning. However, you upgraded your offensive line here, whether it's at the guard spot and you have a secondary option at tackle as well if you needed him to kick out. Tyron Smith hasn't played an entire season in God knows how long, a half decade now. You may need him to bump out and show that that flexibility on the offensive line. He can do that. My biggest knock against Tyler Smith is the penalties. Yeah. And that's something that the Cowboys certainly struggled with in 2020 and 2021. They commit, He committed 16 penalties this past season, 12 of which were holding calls. That has to clean up. And I think the foundation of it and the fundamental side of it is going to be one of the ways that he cleans that up early in his career. What did we say last year? And it's a different player in a different part of the draft. What did we say last year about uh, Micah Parsons? Well, it's traits. There's a lot of traits. But, like, what kind of a football player is he? There's a lot of elite traits here with Tyler Smith. And, you know, there's going to be a lot that you're going to need to lean on. Joe Philbin, go out there, develop this guy, yeah. help him. And, and so, I mean, I think that that's going to be a big part of this is that, you know, trusting your offensive line coach, your coaches to help develop him. But the traits are there. And he's a very young player. He just turned 21 three weeks ago. So he's young. What's your degree of confidence that he can win the left guard job as a rookie? I think it's pretty high. At, at left guard specifically? Yes. Yeah. It's the only available job right now. I know. I, I to be to be honest, backup center. I think the situation is they probably don't think anything much of the guys that are competing with them, you know. Yeah. Or they wouldn't have made this pick. I mean, I, I honestly feel like that they got they lost Green. That was one that they were kind of thinking. They probably didn't think they were going to get Zion Johnson, but they lost Kenyon Green. And so now all of a sudden we talked about it and I asked you guys you know what's the what's the the situation all along, Bobby? I mean, all week we were talking about when, or not all week, but the last three days when you started to talk about Tyler Smith, it was what's going to happen to the board? What gets you to where you draft? And they liked him a heck of a lot better than you know than than me, I know. But like I said, that's a that's a big man. You know, he's a powerful run blocker. Kyle mentions the holding calls and stuff like that. You know, how much do they like, you know, Connor McGovern? Do they they don't like him enough to, to make him to put him back in there at guard and they let and they let Connor Williams walk. So they felt like they had to do something here. So they're gonna give this guy every chance to be plug and play. I don't know if technique wise that he's ready for plug and play. That's just my questions right now. So do we think that if left guard is the spot for now? Do we think, though, that this is still just le- similar plan to like we talked about with Penning and Cross and some of the other guys? Your left guard now, your left tackle of the future. I don't know. Can you say that on draft night? I mean, that's the hope. I mean, you would have said that about Trevor Penning. You would have said that about Tre- that you were going to plug him in at guard and eventually groom him for tackle. Is that their plan here? I think, the, I think that's I think their the, hope. I think the fact that they saw him as a guard first tells you that might, you know, we, we, you know, we've kind of, I kind of feel like that they're going to try. If he works at a guard, I don't see him moving. It's the same thing they did with Zach Martin. That's the other thing too is Zach Martin was a tackle at Notre Dame. In, sure. in a world with best case scenarios, hey, let's just pretend for a sec that he becomes a total road grader. Do you move him? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he's a good run blocker, but again, that's that hands inside, big body mass, power push. 
you know, and that's fine. They they don't they need some they need some big bodies up front as far as getting some push in that running game. And Bobby mentioned this in the the lead up into the night as well, but it also adds to your locker room. This is a mean streak sort of player that yeah. plays with an edge. He plays with that that hefty side. Mm. That hey, it could be something that the Cowboys were looking to improve from a generality standpoint. They did it last year with Michael Parsons. They went out and got a player that plays mean. They could have done it with Trevor Penning, but here they do it with Tyler Smith. The write-up from uh, McShay was he plays with a real edge, yeah. and uh, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> he was mocking over the Texans, well, so I didn't want to read the Houston stuff. Well, you, know, you, want, you want the Dane Brugler summary? Sure. Yeah. A three-year starter at Tulsa. This is the summary, not the whole report. As Smith lined up at left tackle uh, in Philip Montgomery's up-tempo smash-mouth spread. He closes off. He says, overall, Smith is incredibly raw, but he has the play strength and physical traits to get significantly better with technical and mental development. Yeah. All right. The Baltimore Ravens are on the clock. We are going to get your newest cowboy, Tyler Smith, on first. We'll have the press conference with Jerry and the crew explaining the thought process. We continue to close out the first round. It's the 2022 NFL Draft on 105 Through the Fan and the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. What type of social media reaction so far, David Hellman? Uh, negative. It's not good. <laughs> it's probably right up where you were good. anticipating. Yeah. Well, I think it's an you know unfamiliarity. Maybe the, uh, Let's yeah. go to the Ravens with their pick real quick. This is, this is karma for us making fun of the Ravens. My lord, is it really? Linderbaum. Oh my gosh, Linderbaum. <laughs> what do the Ravens do, Sean? Kyle? They hang out. They let really good players fall to him. Shoot, they they traded twice. They tried to get away from this guy. And they still wound up with him. And who did they get earlier? Kyle Hamilton. Ha- Hamilton. Hamilton. They traded Hollywood for first, <laughs> and they still don't have receivers. Um, and then they go and get their center to fall to them at number twenty-five. They still didn't don't have a quarterback either. Oh, oh, oh I like that hot true. take. I like the hot take. I did. I did radio with Bobby a couple weeks ago, and he dropped that on me. <laughs> oh, I like that, Bobby. Uh, so the Titans are on the clock at twenty-six. <laughs> the, the Ravens picked for the first time at pick number fourteen, and they took players number four and eleven on my board. Now I'm I'm very much so higher on Linderbaum and Hamilton than most. But they they at fourteen and twenty five took four and eleven off of the board. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I feel vindicated. I had I had uh, Tyler Lindebaum as my tenth best player. Wow! And I, the fact that the Ravens took him, I'm ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because that is one of the better drafting teams in NFL right there. Yeah. Uh, so Lindebaum goes, and now Tennessee will be followed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Green Bay Packers. Are you guys? Are you guys like a little deflated right now? I'm not. Okay. No, 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 no. I, th- I think we had kind of come to the realization this is where it was heading when Penning went off the board. Yeah. I think you had a good understanding of, okay, this is where things the, – yeah. it more just came down to can they get in the extra draft capital? Can they move back? I think yeah. they were – maybe – I don't know if they just couldn't find a trade or they were more trying to check in and make sure you're not kind – of, like we're not going to lose Tyler Smith if we go back. Yeah, which, again, this is – something that I always talk about and I try to explain to people is like people are – Understandably, like a lot of people like Tyler Linderbaum, and I get it. He's a really good player, and they're like, he was sitting right there. They never were going to do that. No, nope. they, no. they never were. No, and no, we, we, some of the, some of this stuff becomes easier to digest when you think of it that way, where you're like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. You disagree. You came to terms with it, but you're, they're just not going to do it. Again, and again, that's my point is like, 
how worked up am I supposed to get about something that is completely beyond my control? Just because of the measurables. Yeah, uh, or 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 the they don't part. they don't but think see, he fits what they like to do. But that's probably a, a little bit of both. I think you know. Uh, and they Kurt, kept talking about position flex. You Kurt, said he's a center. That's yeah, it. Kurt that's Kurt it. Ferentz is the uh, is the head coach at Iowa. He used to be with the Ravens and stuff like that in Baltimore and stuff before he was a head Real coach. Trade. So it, he's he knew he he t- he he gave him the idea on this. Oh, play. the Jets traded into the first round. Yeah, Jets just came up. Titans gave that pick up. Tennessee doesn't want to sit still tonight either. Feels like they're doing a ton of stuff. They trade A.J. Brown to the Eagles, in case you're just joining us, on the Cowboys.com side. And then they go and draft his replacement in Traylon Burks. Uh, and now they are moving back with the New York Jets. So here we go with the uh, with the Titans. Can what I, are you, what can, are you thinking? I, I, just, I got a tweet from somebody here, and like I just want to make this clear. Somebody had said... Uh, Oh, this is this is the offense talking about the the pick here. Yeah, and so I I mean I don't know. We'll we'll dive into that later. I guess get your uh, get your Tyler Smith questions ready. He's on hold. So when we come back on the radio side, wonderful. Get ready to fire off some questions. Uh, what are we going to ask? Interest level. When did you know? That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. When? What point in the process was the first communication? Hometown team. Yeah. How's it feel to go, to go with big. the hometown team? Okay. I'm just. Having you guys get ready for your questions while I eat pizza and get ready uh, get, get ready to get my caffeine kick in. So the newest Cowboy is going to be joining us here momentarily. Uh, how do you summarize the first round so far, guys? Predictable? No. no. It's, I mean, not, not predictable, but more predictable than I anticipated. Maybe yes. for you, the names that have no, <laughs> the names that have gone have been predictable, but everything that's happened has been wild. Sure, because you weren't surprised in the in the first ten really at all. No. Some of these like trading receivers way AJ Brown and Hollywood Brown like well, that that's what I'm talking about yeah. and the Saints trading up for a receiver etc. And you can still have names out there like Debo and Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield and some of these different guys. The Jermaine Johnson slide is surprising. Yes, agree. Yeah, agreed. Okay, let's get ready to rejoin the radio and then we'll have the newest Dallas Cowboy Tyler Smith on with us. All right, and part of being your home of America's team is the access. The Dallas Cowboys at number 24 draft Tulsa offensive tackle Tyler Smith, and he's joining us right now on 105.3 The Fan and the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. Hello, Tyler. Congratulations. How's it feel? Man, it's, a, it's, un, it's indescribable, man. I can't, even, I can't even put it into words, really. Paint the picture at your house. It sounds like it's a little bit of fun wherever you are. Man, uh, I mean, as soon as it happens, you know, everybody yelling, everybody screaming. I, you know, I'm in pure shock. I'm talking to Mr. Jones. I'm like, man, like, <laughs> you know, you always got, you almost got to pinch yourself because it's like a dream, like, you're waking up into. When did you start first getting the feeling that this could happen and the Cowboys were interested in you? Man, I'm to be honest. The only time I knew was I had a private workout with them, and like I heard good things. But like throughout the process, I just I really didn't know till today. But it, you know, it's a blessing. 
Now, playing for the hometown team, I mean, you grew up in Fort Worth. You played at North Crowley High School. What does it mean to you and your family to, to be able to play close to home and play for a franchise like the Cowboys? Man, it, I mean, it's indescribable, man. You know, I, I played college football at Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, you know, to finally be called home, man, to play, play for the great state, man, there's no other feeling like it. Now, you were a Cowboy fan, though. Let's clarify that, right? You are a Cowboy fan. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. It's the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tyler, congratulations, man. I'm just curious. I mean, from from the outsider's perspective, and we talk about your fit and and how you how you look at the NFL level, we assume that you would start out at guard. Have they talked to you about that? What's what's your kind of idea for what your uh, role looks like at, at this level of football? Man, they haven't talked to me about it, but, you know, I'm ready to play all five positions and do whatever I can to help the team win, man. That's my – that's my only goal is contributing and making sure we get to that Super Bowl and take it home. Now, Tyler, uh, again, congratulations on uh, getting picked by the hometown team. We talk about that there, about, like, have they talked to you about playing guard or tackle? I know you played tackle pretty much exclusively at Tulsa, but you were actually a guard recruit coming out of high school. Where do you feel most comfortable playing? I mean, you know, I'm most comfortable playing wherever, man. You know, I, I train for it all. You know, I'm willing to put the work in, take the coaching, to do whatever I got to do, like, so that's kind of, you know, that's my outlook. I can play anywhere they put me. Tyler, you know, as a Cowboy fan, though, you you got to be familiar, though, with this offensive line, right, which you're about to be a part of. You under, you, you kind of get in the feeling like, hey, wait a minute, Tyron Smith and Zach Martin and those guys, you got to be excited about being teammates with those guys. Now, I'm so excited. You know, I grew up watching those guys, like, you know, from the, the NFL Top 100 to just, like, breakdown videos of Tyron Smith and, Zach Martin and all those guys, like it's it's just crazy to me to be able to call my teammates, but they're gonna be a great source, you know, to learn from, so you know, perfect my craft, and it's just it's a blessing to be here. Now, for most Cowboys fans out there, this is the first time they're hearing you and, and hearing your story. What do you feel like is your biggest strength as a player as you enter the NFL, and what are some things that you feel like need to take a next step now that you're at the pro level? Man, I feel like you know one of my biggest strengths. You know, I carry a great chip on my shoulder. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm athletically gifted. I'm physical. The effort is always going to be at 120% to infinity. But, you know, I'm, I'm willing to go wherever and do whatever to win. And that's, you know, that's my greatest strength. Obviously, you know, I got to get the, I got to get the coaching. Like, you know, I'm going to get coached up and continue to prove every facet of my game. Like, you know, I'm never satisfied. You know, I'm ready to do whatever it takes to get to the next level every day. Newest Cowboys offensive lineman Tyler Smith joining us. We heard that they were looking for a little more nastiness in the offseason, a little bit more edge. Can you provide that? Man, that's my motto. That's my M.O. <laughs> so I definitely got him on that. What's your nickname? What, what do they call you? What should we get used to? Man, I mean, most people call me T-Sizzle. That's like my, my social media handles and stuff. But... <laughs> They call me anything. I'm a, I'm a man of the people. <laughs> Guys, you good to go? Ready to go? Congratulations, Tyler. Yeah. Happy to have you on board, man. Well, I appreciate it, man. I'm, I'm truly blessed to be here, man. It's an honor. What's I your, can't say that enough. What's your cell phone looking like right now? <laughs> man, it's still it's, it's beeping now as we talk, man. You know, I got y'all in one ear. Notifications of the other, man, but it's a blessing. Hey, man, congratulations. We're really, really happy for you. Good to see the hometown kid join America's team, and we'll see you in person soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. He's excited. Wow. As he should be. Awesome. Uh, Congratulations to him. If that was excitement, I wonder what the secret audio sounds like. 
Here it is. Tyler? Yes, sir. Can you get to Dallas from Tulsa? I absolutely can. I'm already here in Fort Worth, sir. You're in Fort Worth. Well, this is Jerry Jones, and uh, we're fixing to turn your card in. And uh, as of this moment, you're a Dallas Cowboy. Thank you, sir. It's an honor. Well, Thank you. you've sure impressed a lot of guys in this room, your uh, coaches to be. And uh, uh, I want you to know something. You beat out two or three really good players here that we had an opportunity to take over you. So you uh, give yourself some victory for the day. You, you beat some pretty good guys out for get picked here. So, seriously, we're proud to have you and proud to be picking you. I appreciate it, Coach. You're going to get everything. I promise you that. Now then, I want you to say hello to our coach, Mike McCarthy. Hey, Tyler, congratulations. Appreciate it. Hey, are you, are you with your family right now? Yes, sir, I am. All right, well, hey, enjoy this moment. This is a special moment in your life, and I can't tell you how thrilled we are as an organization and as a coaching staff, and I, I know our team is really so fired up to add you to our locker room. So congratulations. Enjoy the moment. Thank you, Coach. Right. Thank you. All right, here's uh, Kellen Moore, our offensive coordinator. How you doing, Coach Moore? Tyler, what's up, man? This is Kellen. We are fired up to have you, man. This is going to be awesome. I'm fired up to be here, Coach. Yeah. I promise you. You're going to get everything i got to give. You're going to have so much fun here. You're going to be a part of a great group. We're going to do something special. Yes, sir. Go enjoy it. Have fun, man. Absolutely. Thank you for bringing me home. All righty. I love it. See you, man. <laughs> That's awesome. So there's the secret audio draft call with newest cowboy, Tyler Smith. Yeah, I love the way that, you know, the passion and the fire and wanting to get the job done and stuff. And the fact he's a cowboy fan, I think that's great. I think it's interesting that Jerry Jones just told you that there were some guys that they mm-hmm. had above him or near him. That, And I'm interested, and I know David Hellman tonight is going to ask Jerry Jones that question. When you were on the phone with uh, with Tyler, you said some players. We know you talk about any of these players, but he probably won't tell you. But that's, why I think, why things got held up a little bit. You know, Steven and those guys, maybe they were trying to – to move the pick, you know, maybe they had a pocket of guys that they were kind of, kind of, and they maybe they didn't get the the pick they wanted out of that. I think they were worried if they traded back that he would go. He too. would go like that's who somebody was trying to come get. Yeah. So Tennessee bailed out of their pick to the Jets, and there was I know there was Jermaine talk, Johnson went there. Jermaine Johnson, Johnson went there. to the Jets. So Jacksonville's on the clock, there, right? There, there was Tyler Smith had been connected to Tennessee. And yeah. so I wonder if that was their concern about going back. Is, and, think, and when Tyler Smith went, maybe that's why Tennessee went back. I yeah. think that is very likely what happened. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it reminds me, was it last year? Uh, oh, my gosh. I'm drawing a blank. Like, remember in the third round, like, they made a pick, and then, like, your three favorite players went off the board right bang, after bang, that? Bang, bang, Yep. And that's, I mean, you look at Tyler Linderbaum and Jermaine Johnson. I mean, that's what fans are going to have their eye on when they look at this pick from years from now. But to your point, bro, I mean – Grades are a lie. Like, they're not a lie in the sense that they exist, but this yeah. team will manipulate them to get what they want. They I think the it, pick, <laughs> right? They do. Yeah, they do they it do. regularly. I think the pick that you're you're referencing was was Nation Wright in '99, and then it went Elijah Molden. I couldn't remember Elijah Wu, Avery yeah. Thomas. Like no. it just bang bang. Like bang, literally, right off the board. Brian's best of board went from three to none. <laughs> like right after that pick was made. Yeah. Look, let's let's just be honest about it in terms of the analysis and the projections and the reaction. Uh, they pe- knew the player a lot better than we did. Of course, people. You know, are, people that, that's pe- and again, we get it. We can influence, and I think this sometimes we have these draft shows. We do. Let's get Jacksonville yeah, exactly. real quick, then we'll go get back to you. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have traded the twenty-sixth, twenty-seventh pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
with the 27th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Devin Lloyd, linebacker, Utah. So there you go with Devin yeah. Lloyd, who some people were thinking New England was going to select. What were you about to say, Broadus? Well, I was he was my seventh best player on my board. So congratulations wow. my guy down there, Doug Peterson. And, uh, and 27. What, yeah, what he was able to do. This guy's going to be a hell of a football player. Yeah. I really do believe that. Um, but I, I will say this, though, you know, with – this is the thing about it is when, you know, we, we influence people with like our talk, you know, sure. and, we, and Dave and I, we all, we all do these shows mm-hmm. and you start to talk and we, and we kind of talk about the same guys over and over and over again. And then when we don't talk about a Tyler Smith, but, but people in the NFL circles in scouts and stuff are like, man, because I did have a guy a couple weeks ago in the organization. I asked about the whole thing with Tyler Smith. I say, is that because it was the Kuiper question that I had? How did Kuiper, what, what? And he goes, hey, man, this Tyler Smith's a really good athlete. And he, and he didn't really want to go into it much more than that. So I'm like, oh, okay, follow it away. And then today, Bobby, all of us were running down the Tyler Smith stuff. And as the board fell, that's the scenario in, on, in their mind that's the way it came down. They, they, they needed a guard. They need a big, powerful guy. And hopefully this guy will work out for him, though. I mean, I feel like in a way, because we don't talk about somebody, that maybe the fans are like, oh, damn, who they just take? Yeah. You know? Whereas, whereas we should be like, hey, they're the ones in the room. First-round offensive linemen have been their forte. You know, yep. and so that's that's the credit you got to give them, right? Or at least that's the the leeway that you have to give them right now. Look, right. if if you're sitting there and going like, oh, we didn't talk about enough, like we just said a few minutes ago, had the Cowboys not picked him here, there was enough chatter. I think he was going in the first round regardless. The NFL yeah. viewed him as a first round player. Yes, yeah. And no, I also I mean not just Kuiper and mocking him here. Like uh, Daniel Jeremiah's had him in the back half of his mocks yeah, for, for a while, for months. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the and, fact and that he, moral, DJ, DJ talks to everybody in personnel offices across the league. I DJ th- will know what the NFL I think the moral of the story is we we need we need new draft analysts. Wow, oh, let's, <laughs> I mean, let's not get carried away. <laughs> that's how you lighten it up. You guys just totally miss. Uh, joke. The <laughs> side note, real quick. Uh, Tyler Smith. Uh, I was having some of the listeners say, ask him about, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right, but uh, Blount's disease. He had this as a child. A condition found in kids that affects the growth plates around the knee causes the growth plate near the inside of the knee to either slow down or stop making new bone. Uh, meanwhile, the growth plate near the outside of the knee continues to grow normally. So he overcame that. I'm not saying that that's a current medical condition or worry, uh, but people were telling uh, us to ask about that. But uh, we had to let Tyler get back to the celebration. Well, this will be the f- uh, this will be the first of like a million interviews that he gets. Yeah. Like we'll have another opportunity. That's call me a wuss if you want to. Like people are like, ask him about the holding calls. I'm like, we can get to that. I'm not going to rain on his parade. Hey, in 15 hey minutes how about you? Got flagged sixteen times. I interviewed hey, Jerry. Uh, Jones. Congratulations, you suck. <laughs> I've interviewed Jerry Jones once a week for eleven years. I, I I've been told uh, ask better questions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ask that. the ask the right thing all the time. Look, this is part of the fun of it. Yeah. Right. And we've 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 had misses and and you have hits with fan reaction. Taco Charlton, you got it right, as Jerry joked about the other day. We all missed on Travis Frederick, and 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 let's be real. Many of us missed on Micah Parsons. Many of us missed on Micah Parsons. So yeah. we'll see what happens. But this is the fun of it, getting uh, interested, invested, and thrilled or disappointed. 
I, I mean, I think he's just from what we have here. This is going to be an easy person for people to root for, anyway. No doubt. Yeah. This is a local kid. Local kid. This is a gritty kid who went way under recruited coming out of high school. Didn't even get an offer from TCU, his his local school. Uh, you know, goes to Tulsa, has the career he does, rises up draft boards. You hear him. He's a fun-loving guy. He's a, he's a very positive, upbeat guy, and he plays with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. I think all these things are going to be very easy to root the for. The easy joke right now to make is obviously you got rid of Connor and then you drafted Connor. So get ready for that uh, tomorrow with your shows and all the other coverage. Yeah, I, I just got somebody that texted me in the organization was telling me that, that the Titans, to Bobby's point, Bobby once again with the stuff, Titans kept calling and trying to get the deal, sweetened deal, and finally they got Jerry to admit that, that the Titans, who they were going to take. Jerry Jones You've is told with, so many stories about that over the years. Jerry Jones, How does he get people to do that? I, it's amazing. He did it in a draft. He did it in the Roy Williams draft. He got, Wait, is this, is this in regards to Tyler Smith? Is that why yeah. they were laughing? Yeah. Let, Bobby, let, let, Bobby let, said that let's tease it. Let's tease okay. it. Okay. Tell us. I think this is going to make you feel a little bit better about yeah. another team wanting Tyler Smith. Broadus just got some inside info. We'll bring you the intels. We finished up the first round on 105.3 The Fan and the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. All right. Could you well, imagine if the Titans would have jumped up in front of Dallas and took Burks to, and this guy from They would have been so furious. That, that, that had to be why they were cracking up in the war room. Mavs are that's got to be why. Well, I think, I think that's what they're probably laughing because Bobby's intel was absolutely right. that the, the Titans were a team that were trying. And then, you know, this has happened before. And, again, I'll tell the story about when I was in the war room with Jerry with the Roy Williams thing. And he had Frank Gilliam in Minnesota on one line and Carl Peterson on the other. And it was it's it's crazy how this guy gets people to do this. Green Bay on the clock. The 32 men drafted tonight will go on to do great things on the field, but they'll also make tremendous impacts in their communities. Nobody exemplified that more than Walter Payton. Named in his honor, the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award. Presented by Nationwide is the most prestigious award a player can receive. Tonight, we are proud to have Andrew Whitworth, the 2021 Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year, here with us. LSU. (laughs) Thank you, Commissioner. Thank you all. Whose house? That's what I'm talking about. I am very humbled and grateful to stand before you as the 2021 Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. I would love to thank the NFL, the Payton family, and Nationwide for everything they do to support players as we try to make positive impacts in our communities. When I look back over my time in the NFL, is he going to make the my pick? career over 16 no. years? He's Probably not. not. Okay, let's and let's, let's go back champions. to us real quick. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. I thought he was going to make this selection. Broadus, go ahead. Continue with your Jerry story, please. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because when in the draft, uh, Jerry got Frank Gilliam and and Carl Peterson to admit we were trying to trade back, and I've never seen a general manager do this, but this is the influence of Jerry Jones in a war room. He got Carl Peterson to admit who he was going to take, and he got Frank Gilliam to admit who he was going to take. <laughs> and and Jerry had both phones. He put them down. He said, let's take Kansas City's deal. It's better. He's told, hey, Frank, I got to deal with somebody. Bye, boom. Hung up on him. And like, yeah. And so we traded back. 
But that was a crazy draft. You remember we almost went off the clock? They, they, it went down to like the last. Yeah, and they yelled two, at Steven. They yelled at Stags, all, all that. But yeah, that Jerry has that ability. When you get, Sometimes you get guys on the phone that it works at. Here it looks like we got the pick for Green Bay, I think. Maybe. <laughs> there we go. In the 2022 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Devontae Wyatt. Defensive tackle, Georgia. So, Ross Tucker, former NFL player, now does some uh, analyst work. This was his player for the Cowboys. He said he shocked all of us this morning. He came on. He said they should not take an offensive lineman because you're not going to get anyone uh, in a in a win-now year. If you look at it as a win-now year, and we're like, all right, smart guy, uh, who, who would you take? He said Devontae Wyatt. Would have been his his play. There's some questions about him. <laughs> he's, got, he's got some baggage. He's got some baggage, but he's this, a hell of a freaking player. Yeah, yeah. he's absolutely domestic violence. He's got yeah. yeah, he's got a couple of things going on there. But uh, you know what's funny? The Packers usually that's not their mo to do something like this. But uh, mm-hmm. you know the, the value for the players is just too good right there. All right, we'll rejoin the radio side here in a second. I'm Sean Trafe alongside David Hellman, Brian Broadus, Kyle Yeomans, and our Cowboys insider Bobby Bell. Tyler Smith is your newest offensive lineman, the local kid that went and played at Tulsa as a tackle, already joined us here on The Fan and the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And let's give a little reset of what happened afterwards. A lot of Cowboy fans who were disappointed got even more furious when Linderbaum, the center from Iowa, went to the Ravens at 25 uh, Johnson, the DN from Florida State, who you guys were talking about, maybe we should have done a little more homework, uh, but the Cowboys didn't take him to the Jets at 26. Devin Lloyd, the Utah inside linebacker, goes to uh, Jacksonville at number 27. And then we just had uh, the defensive tackle out of Georgia, Wyatt, to Green Bay at number 28. If you're listening to the fan this morning, this was uh, Ross Tucker's selection for the Cowboys. Instead, he goes to the Packers with some character issues off the field. And now the New England Patriots are on the clock at number 29. Thoughts on the final uh, of the recent selections here? I just we joked about it. I think um, that's you know there's always a snapshot of like this is what we're going to remember. This is the Taco T.J. Watt thing. Like this is what we're going to talk about five years from now. We're going to look at this and see Tyler Smith followed by Linderbaum, Jermaine Johnson, and Devin Lloyd, three guys that have widely been considered top twenty type of talents, all went in a row after Tyler Smith and whoever's Deja right about vu. that. Yeah. Whoever whoever's right about that, that'll be the talking point when we look back well, at Where this did bit. you guys have Johnson? Because d- defensive end was a need for this team, is a need for this team, we think. I thought he would be a top twenty pick. I didn't buy the hype that he was top yeah. like I had him twenty five on my board, twenty nine on mine. Yeah. Okay. So I mean it wasn't like it was a blinking red light at any point along the way, but I mean we had even heard whispers through Brian's circle that he was gonna slip a little bit he slipped to what was it 25 or 26 now that's not necessarily surprising that's about where we thought he would go maybe a little bit earlier but not like a a lock like i I, I didn't buy the hype that he was a top 10 guy so much but because of the position that he plays i i would have thought like between 12 and 18 my biggest surprise is george karloftis right now still being on the board 
I mean, not athletic, if you're not if you're to traits. look at Breer, what Breer had to say. I mean, I go yeah. back to that, I, and I mean, like Brian, you've heard some of that. That there's some people who just think like this is who he yeah, is. Yeah, he, who he is. I mean, you can watch this this guy. You talk about somebody who'll have a chip on his shoulder as a player, you know. And there's a lot of folks that, including myself, I had him as my 17th best player on my board. And we're talking about George Karloftis from Purdue. Yeah, and you know, he, I mean, he is a. He is a, a he's a going Jesse when it comes to getting around the corner and making things happen. And I've never heard that phrase. It's in my an life. old old. <laughs> but, but I mean, like I say, the guy plays hard. I mean, he plays really, really hard. And you know, he he he's a, he's a really good technician. There are guys there are guys in this league that don't play with as good as technique as George Karloftis. That's the one thing that allows him to make sack, and he gets in position and. You know he's a. I, I I like him as a finisher. I think the tape on him is really really good. But there's people that are kind of saying he is what he is. You know, and that you know we'll see. I I I wouldn't bet against a guy like him. I really wouldn't. You talk about like you know a lot of guys don't have his technique and and the ability that he's able to you know the way he's able to win as a technician. It's so rare, especially when you talk about like defensive ends coming out of college. A lot of these edge rushers, when they come out of college, that's one of the most common things I hear from people around the NFL about rookie defensive ends is like they don't know how to use their hands. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't have any clue how to use them when they get here, and you got to you know, train that a little bit. That's not the case with Carl Loftus. He knows how to use his hands. He knows how to use his length. He's, I mean, I really, really like him. I just I kind of got the vibe that the Cowboys weren't nearly as high on him as we all thought he was. Yeah. Are there any more glaring names? Left on y'all's board that you thought were going to go in the first round besides him, hmm. and Kobe Dean is one. There's now no, there's no like Georgia. There's, there's now that Jer- now that Jermaine Johnson's gone, I'm not looking at my list and thinking like there's no free fall. I no. I thought Kyler Gordon would go in the first, and he we're getting close to the. End. I know we're getting close to the end. So but. I I I played the game that everybody plays, where you write down the 32 names you feel good about. The names I've got left that I thought would go. Lewis Seen, Arnold Abacady, Logan Hall, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, Kyler Gordon. Oh, Malik Willis I'm is still looking there. Here, the highest graded player that Dane has left that's not gone yet is Karloftis, and then it's yeah. Dax Hill. Dax, which we talked one. about that earlier today. How it sounded like Dax Hill might fall out of the first round. Let's see what the Patriots are going to do here at twenty nine. This might be the safety. In the 2022 NFL Draft, the New England Patriots, like Cole Strange. Bro. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Bro, really? I shouldn't, I shouldn't is, have laughed. Why the, well, will you explain the reactions? That's pretty far down the board for a first-round player. They let John Schneider in the draft room He's New England, <laughs> Brian. He is uh, – that's interior pretty, pretty offensive shocking. lineman, interior offensive lineman. So not even just offensive lineman. Number seventeen on my board. Seventeen what? One, one uh, interior offensive lineman. He's one sixty-seven overall. Dane has him seventy-three. So overall yeah, in the entire draft. Wow, Belichick is an idiot. But you know what? We all again, we all said Frederick third See, round player. So here we y'all go. are upset over Tyler Smith, and look what Belichick just did. That should make you feel better about the draft. Yeah, look, there pick. was a clear market in the first round for Tyler Smith. I don't know that there was a clear market for Cole, for Cole Strange. Strange. Yeah. Oh, Brian, we're yeah. supposed to get back to your story. With Tyler Smith in yeah. terms of Jerry maybe taking – wait, did we already do that? Yeah, we, well, did. we did. Oh, okay. oh you're fading. Drink I'm some cra- more of that Mountain Dew. I know, I'm cracking you out. you got an early morning. You get an excuse. Well, that makes sense. We started it on the radio, then we finished it on the dot-com. Yeah. That's true. So. My bad on that. Um, no, Good. but I mean, like, it, he, he Jerry's got an amazing way with words. So, like, basically, we think he 
bullied the Titans into admitting that they wanted Tyler Smith. Yeah. Or yes. maybe not bullied, he he coerced them into admitting it. Admitting. And then I think and then Kyle, I think you made the point. That's why there there was laughter in the war room because they were like, nice try. You were coming up for our guy. It ain't happening. Bye. So Kansas City's not wasting any time. Oh, nice. They're, they're like, Good. Let's, go let's ahead. get this thing over with. Let's get to the press conference. Shoot, we can get out of here before 11 o'clock. Here is Roger Goodell with the Chiefs pick. With the 30th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select George Karloftis. Wow. Defensive end. Oh, <laughs> you should have seen Broadus's face just then. The rich get richer. What do you think, Brian? Oh, no. I mean, I, I, that's what I'm saying. I, I think there's some – I'm disappointed. I'm not disappointed that I had him where he, where he is. I just – I'm disappointed that that maybe some other teams didn't see it the way I did. And, 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 I, and I mean, that sounds weird to say that way. But I kind of felt like this guy was like the 16th best player on the board. I really did. I, I believe that. I'm really. Uh, there's another team that I think drafts pretty well that sees value in players. So when you make a miss like that, you know, when you when you feel like you should have had a guy high or you had a guy high, and then somebody picks him, you're kind of like, okay, I, maybe I'm not totally off base with some of these cats. All right. So Cincinnati, the defending AFC champs, are on the clock, and then it's going to be the Minnesota Vikings. I'm also going to have to get you guys to prepare us for day two in terms of uh, positions that are left over, Cowboy targets, best players on the board. So we'll set all of that up, uh, and we'll keep it here. Or what do you want to do, Timmy? Uh, so we'll go ahead and keep it here with Cincinnati after the Kansas City Chiefs go with George Karlaftis. Uh And Tyler Smith is your newest Dallas Cowboy. You talk to the people over at Exos where he trained who's over here in Frisco, and you just ask them, like, I, I polled a few people over there earlier today, and I was like, hey, give me the standout guys, like the standout character and, like, hard work guys. And I had three different people over there telling me, like, Karloftis, Karloftis, Karloftis like, that dude's a worker. It's like and, he's being punished for being too boring, right? He's too solid. He's just <laughs> – yeah. Well, I just my, – my notes. I mean, I will say this. I am impressed with the way this guy rushes the passer due to his technique with the way he plays. This guy understands how to use his pass rush moves along the way. It's just not rush up the field and hope for the best. It's a swat, swim, rip, pull. He's going to do something in order to free himself from the blocker. He's got quickness. He's got a burst. He can get the corner. He knows where to rush. I don't see him running past the quarterback and trying to reach back. But this guy is, man, he could get pressure. And there's plays with a little bit of a burst. But there's people that kind of feel like, well, that's just who he is. But, I mean, there's a lot of really, really good traits about this guy. I think the learning curve for him is going to be really, really small because of how well he plays with technique. I adore it when Brian reads his report verbatim. Like, that's how you know that he's invested in this. Yeah. It's fantastic. Well, and he's a power rusher, too. Like, he's got extra strength up on the top half that allows him to or allowed him in the Big Ten to make an impact. I think he's as ready of an NFL pass rusher as even some of the top guys that were taken tonight. Does it mean anything at all that when do they usually roll out of the war room? Does it mean anything that they're still in there? Uh, a lot of times you'll hang out and make sure nobody's calling. Okay. Because um, a lot of times I've seen them make the pick and just roll. And it's yeah. like, uh, every is anyone, once in a while, yeah. Is, any, is anyone calling the room? Sometimes like, they just, you know, make, it's like. There's bail. Three more picks, and then they're like, Time to go oh. eat some catfish. Oh, is that the post-draft meal? I don't think it was. It was the pre-draft It was the pre-draft Eddie Dean's back in the day, yeah. It was the pre-draft. Yeah, they served catfish before. 
Catfish for the pre-draft dinner? Yeah. Oh, nice. We started too soon for me to get any, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, well, we got Papa John's. That, no, we, we did. did Thank Papa, goodness. We, yeah, we won This was end. very good. Stuffed yeah. crust as well. Who are my Who are my Cincinnati Bengals going to draft here? Yeah, you're my a big fighting, time fan. My uh, fighting Joe Burrows. Uh, well, well, they don't what, need a right tackle. Who's the red flag guy? Pickens. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Pickens. Go get a Go get a corner. Kyler Gordon and Andrew Booth are did, both sitting there. Did they fix all of their offensive line? Even though they took uh, Lyle Collins, they got Lyle Collins and they signed a they signed the guard out of Tampa in free agency. I think. They they could use another offensive lineman, but I think all of the plausible ones are gone. Of course, that didn't stop Bill Belichick. So. I, I saw a corner uh, mock there. Uh, yeah, they, Kyler Gordon would be one. They have Cheeto, obviously, but they have a need on across the field for another cornerback. Maybe like an Andrew Booth or a Roger McCreary would be interesting. This is a team that doesn't care about character, by the way. They sure, <laughs> sure do So if you, if you have somebody on that board that they might uh, – they always like big school guys too. I'm trying to kind of Pickens, think. Yeah, Georgia. They like the they <laughs> like they concerns. like well they like big ten guys you're too. To, you're trying to manifest this, and I don't appreciate it because I want them to fall. <laughs> maybe they draft Dax Hill so they don't have to pay Jesse Bates. Well, that's Ooh. that that could be. I mean, the, traditionally the Brown family, they're Ohio State family, but I don't know if they would take a Michigan kid like that. But I, you know, they 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 really don't care. It's a small small sky. The coaches are going to make this pick. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if you know, it, well, like we'll see. Uh, who, who are just from from my maybe would, would they take would they would they take a tackle again? I know they've added some guys and stuff like that. Raymond, I mean, I, I'm just saying. I think they have Kennard the, is Kentucky, which is right across the way from them. They have Jonah, they have Jonah Williams. Yeah, and they are, and they have Lyle. I don't feel like they don't really need a tackle and guard inside help. Maybe the center or I something. Like that, that. I think they would. I think they would have loved to have Linderbaum fall there, but yeah. he didn't. Obviously, for yeah. my own entertainment who are the biggest red flag guys in this whole draft bobby i mean the ones that were talked about and were for wildly different reasons yeah. were, the packers just took were, one were two georgia kids it was george pickens yeah. and Devonte wyatt yeah. yeah yeah pickens was about maturity it sounded like and you know wyatt basically needs to kind of grow up the opposite of wyatt was had you know legal issues and speaking of that uh we're, we're done worrying about Kel- Kelvin Joseph's availability. I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't. The next dude, thing, uh, I don't know what to make of that. I mean, I mean, it sounds like it's it's been put to bed. I I was told not to just to kind of let it go, and then we'll see what happens. Kind of a thing. Mm. Okay, yeah. I'm just going to keep my radar up for the league because that's what I mean. Yeah, but how can... about but how about how do we feel a corner? Well, they tried to add one last year you know, with the starters they had. They yeah. mean they were they, I feel were, like they if, were looking for one in the uh, if the, in the situation first round. if the situation presents itself, go for it. But like they don't they don't need that that desperately that they need to make something happen. It, I mean, if somehow Kyler Gordon keeps falling, if Kyler Gordon was around them, they would. I think. No, they, that's what I'm they, saying. They if if there, a guy yeah. that's not supposed to be there winds up there, go for it. Yeah, but and I'm only asking that because I've seen a corners mock to Cincy and corners mock to Minnesota, who's going to have the final pick of the first round right after this. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I mean, just Logan Hall wouldn't go here, right? Defensive tackle, he could. Houston, I mean, this, I don't know. He's been mocked in the back end of the first. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, you know, kind of thinking that would be particularly the 
right around like, like before we really zeroed in on Tyler Smith, I wanted to bring him up and be like, could they like Logan Hall? But they drafted Tyler instead. They do like him. They like him as a three technique, which he's kind of one of those tweeners that you don't really know exactly. Where I know he's the Cowboys were looking at Logan Hall as a three technique. Yeah, that's myself yeah. where they like him and where they've had him slotted in through the the draft process. So Cowboys tomorrow going to pick at fifty six. 88. They're going to have one pick in the fourth, four picks in the fifth, yep. and a six. Yeah. That's oh. the rest of the draft. Come back on Saturday, Sean. I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to stay the whole time? Roger Goodell with the Bengals selection. No more bow ties for me. <laughs> Appreciate you wearing it, man. In the 2022 NFL draft, the AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Whoa! My Bengals. Dexon Hill. There we go. Uh, look, Michigan. see, the Bengals had to pick somebody Brian loved. That You know what? That's my favorite team in the league right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Bayou Bengals. But you know, I Baton mentioned it, it, it. It's funny because the Brown family, really, their father, the founder of the Bengals, coached at Ohio State. And I just wondered if they were ever going to take a Michigan man like that, but they did. Man, that's a great, that's a great, you know, great value for a player, right? That is my 16th best player on the board for sure. Really appreciate that. Top 20 pick at 31. Yeah, good, good pick. Immediately going to come in and play. I'll give my scouting report as I'm pulling it. Yeah, up. go ahead. Extreme athleticism, flexibility to play over the top and in the box. He has instincts and quick trigger where. He doesn't waste a whole lot of steps getting to the ball. He sees a little, sees a lot is one of those terms you, you hear from safeties. Doesn't look like he's, he, he's not changed by the, or not phased by change of direction. Modern NFL's found a nice role for guys like him, and I think he's going to do a, a, a very, a, a good thing on the back end of that Cincinnati defense. Like, Dave just said to to kind of help out with some contracts. This stuff guy there. plays with the toughness and edge to him. He's quick to read the routes. He'll fight to get in position. He tackles really well. Ball skills are there. Kyle's got him right there. I, I think that when you watch him play, this guy does a really nice job of driving on the play and getting you know getting himself in position to make that play. He will knock balls down with and play offhand and not like wrap his arm around the back of the receiver mm. to get penalties and things like that. I mean, I, I said in my final line, I like his ability. He plays smart and he finishes plays. Big big time player in my book. Minnesota Vikings are not going to waste much time. The pick is already in for them. Uh, and then after that, we will give you a look for tomorrow and the preview with the Cowboys on the clock. Best players left on the board. And this is what everyone is talking about with this draft is tomorrow, really, and, and rounds you know three through five. Uh, which, of course, is going to take place on Sunday, or excuse me, Saturday as well. Sean Treve, Kyle Yeomans, David Hellman, Brian Broadus, and Bobby Belt here on Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> They're doing the Skull Chant or whatever they, it is in Minnesota for pick 32. They're all standing up doing this chant here, uh, getting ready to close out the draft. Uh, so there you go. They have a new leadership there, Mike Zimmer who was a Cowboy defensive coordinator candidate that was brought up. Uh, He's being replaced, so you got a new head coach in there. Um, And there was some Kellen Moore rumors connected to Minnesota. So another year for Kirk Cousins to get made fun of uh, with the the Vikings to see what they can do. Unless this is Malik Willis on the back end, get that fifth-year option and make something interesting. I I know, that's a stretch. They need need somebody in the secondary. Throwing it out there. 
I don't know. Maybe this will be Gordon. Maybe it'll be Booth. It feels like about three lifetimes ago that Kellen Moore was tied to the Vikings job. Like I completely forgot that happened. <laughs> I'm trying now. Now I'm looking for Malik Willis teams. Now that Kyle said that Tampa Bay yeah. is going to start tomorrow. By the way, so the Bucks will start. Then Minnesota. So they have two of the next three picks here. They're going to pick here. Then Tampa. Then the Vikings pick second tomorrow. Then Tennessee, the New York Giants. The Houston Texans sitting there with all their – if I hear any more Davis Mills love that they're trying to sell this. I was a big fan of his last year. You were? <laughs> I was. Like while well, – well, like, well, No, well, I coming out of the, school. Coming out of school. Okay. Yeah. I'll put it – I'm not trying to convince you that he's good, but if I were the Texans, I would rather stink this year and have a better shot at a better quarterback in next year's draft than draft a guy now. Okay. Well – there goes my insult towards the Texans. You guys just killed it. Uh, <laughs> Me and Brian were higher on him, I think, than most people. Yeah. I think David pro- smells is terrible, Sean. The problem, yeah, with, there you go. The problem with the draft I think show. David smells is terrible. Thank you. You're welcome. Love you, Bobby. <laughs> we're all way too level-headed. <laughs> I don't know about that. Outside of like the top five quarterbacks, like Lawrence and Fields and Wilson and Lance and Jones last year, the guys that went in the top 15, Mills was my next guy up. Tennessee, year, so. Tennessee could want a quarterback tomorrow. The Giants, maybe. The Seahawks picked twice in the 40s. Mm. Um, back to back, back to back, forty and forty one. Back to back. And then hey. Detroit's still hanging there at forty six. Uh, if Detroit could make two picks in the first round and still get a quarterback in the second round, I bet they'd be pretty happy. And just to summarize, NFC East wise, uh, we're not feeling very good about what the Giants and the Eagles did, and fine with the Commanders. Correct? Is that the consensus in the room? I think Jahan Dotson's a good player yeah. for, to the Commanders. I don't think we should necessarily write him off immediately. I'm, but in comparison, I'm not writing. Agree. I'm not writing him off. I don't think the Commanders are significantly better after that pick, whereas after what Philly and New York have done tonight, I yeah. think and the Giants they took just, a big step. Just to reset, got Thibodeau, got Evan Neal, mm-hmm. yeah. and then the Eagles got Jordan Davis and A.J. Brown. Man, I, I mean, I mean, when you talk about Washington, though, going back to that, well, we got Roger Goodell coming to the podium. All right, let's go ahead and complete this first round with the Vikings selection at 32. What's Roger wearing around his neck? That's a tie. Oh, no. With that the 32nd pick <laughs> in the 2022 NFL Flavor Flav Clock? The Minnesota Vikings select Lewis Seen. Safety. Defensive back, Georgia. So we had one last pick to sh- The run on safeties at the end of the first How round. How about that? All right, let's come back and reset. Uh, we'll get these guys winners, losers, day two preview. How does it set up for the Cowboys tomorrow? And then, of course, the press conference upstairs with Jerry, Stephen, and McCarthy explaining why they went with Tyler Smith, the newest Dallas Cowboys offensive lineman. This is the 2022 NFL Draft on 105.3 The Fan and the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. Lewis Seen is the fifth member of that Georgia defense taken in the first round. My 31st best player. How about that? That's hey, one, right? about and, that? and the like captain, like the captain of that defense is still sitting there for tomorrow. Yes, yeah. he is. Wow. Because yeah. he's 5'11", Yeah, he's going to make somebody look smart as hell. Yeah. Shout out to uh, our buddy Dane Brugler. 28 of his top 32 went tonight. He's pretty good at his job, fellas. He is. Nobody can predict Cole Strange. <laughs> That's and uh, Lewis Seen was 33 for him. Yeah, not bad. What was the random side note question? The size difference, be, because I'm going to have to answer this to a lot of listeners tomorrow, with Frederick and Linderbaum, 
Oh, wasn't Travis was two, like Travis two was, inches? Travis like was three twelve, I think, is what yeah, he Yeah, three twelve, and he was he was what an inch inch and a half. He tall? was. I think he was six oh. I think he was six oh three three. If I yeah. remember, that would be six Pete, three pro three football, twelve. Pro Football Reference puts him at six four three twenty. Obviously, that's yeah. not and Linderbaum. Definite. To Linderbaum's six, like two ninety seven. Six two ninety six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, six so, two two ninety six. I mean, it's a significant size difference, but not as much as you would necessarily think. The arms were two inches longer. His height was two inches more. He yeah. was 15 pounds heavier. I'm just Googling uh, Tyler Smith with a lot of this and the headlines. I mean, it, it may not be funny to you listening, but Mel Kuyper's <laughs> final mock causes fan freak out. Uh, some different analysts on Twitter. If they ever did this, I'm done. Uh, if they draft him, I'm not going to put lipstick on this pig. Uh, I'll submit my retirement papers if they do this. The cowboy mascot rowdy with his head down. So it's just funny seeing some of this uh, we, reaction to Kuiper's mock. Know, we're we're all colleagues. We share information between each other. Like we had, we heard his name. Yep, we sure did. We don't we don't know for sure what that means. And I remember talking to Bobby. I was like, I'm not I'm, I'm not saying he's a good or bad player. I am saying if he's the pick. That will be the That's reaction. The hap- yeah. That'll be what happens yeah. among how, fans. How hard is it? Broadus obviously has these really detailed reports. Judging offensive linemen, like they've I, been I, pretty I, good. They've been pretty good at it in the first round. I know people are people are getting on my ass about it right now. Like pressure, go for the presser. That press conference is on. Here are the Cowboys explaining the pick. We call it a good night. Uh, we got an, a player that. Uh, uh, we thought had as much upside as anybody that uh, was on the board. And uh, uh, we were uh, very, very uh, sensitive uh, about the fact that we were adding depth and adding uh, uh, real, we think, uh, 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 insurance uh, due to the fact that uh, our, our makeup of our offensive line and our starters, we have to take into consideration availability of our starters. Uh, we think we got a player here that not only has the ability to be a starter, but has position flex. And so uh, we were uh, very fortunate with the 24th pick to get the 16th player in the draft. So uh, I'll start that off with that, and then questions, Stephen. Uh, you got uh, one statement before they ask questions? No, I'll just take questions. Okay, good. And Coach will talk to you about the, how it fits in with the team. You, you guys got 16 players, so you're not considered moving up at all because of a lot of activity early. I don't know if you guys got NC at all with, with so much so many trades today. Did y'all even consider moving up? We didn't have a player that we thought would uh, – uh, at, at, uh, as it turns out, where they were taken, that was worth what we estimated would be what we'd have to pay to get up if if you had to pay. So we didn't spend a lot of time. Uh, if somebody got closer to us and were dropping, uh, then we certainly might consider that maneuvering up and down, and that's the way the board fell in there today. We had three trades right at the buzzer. Uh, on the last three picks, we had three calls. Stephen have that exactly, but we had three calls and entertained tr- uh, trading on uh, at least two or maybe three of the last three picks. Trade back. Trade back. Yeah. Can Smith play guard? Is that you, we talk about position flex? The guy that can come in and compete at guard. Yeah, uh, Tyler will come in and he will uh, have position flex and really be a left side player. So I have an opportunity to 
rep both at the, at the left guard and the left tackle position. That's where we'll start him. Um, real excited about what he he brings, you know, as far as his play style, and I think he's a really good fit, fit for our offensive line room. Uh, excited about what's in front of him. But, yes, he'll have an opportunity for reps at both left guard and left tackle. All right, let's take you to the Dallas Cowboys press conference, talking about Tyler Smith as their draft pick at number 24. Traits you look for, and what does Tyler have that makes yeah, that? Uh, definitely, I mean, you look at the measurables. So you know, he definitely has the the traits to play left tackle. But um, you know, those are conversations you have about all these these prospects, and you know, particularly, I mean, personally, I've been around a number of those guys that have gone from tackle and, and have played inside. So, but um, I, I think Tyler clearly has the ability to play tackle, and you know, that, that's we're going to start him more as a left side player as far as his reps and and how we view him starting out. Mike, Y'all said this week that you expected to give 14 to 16 players first-round grades. When you say he was your 16th player, did you give him a first-round grade? We knew we were going to have to take, if we were going to take, did we give him a first-round grade? We gave him a grade that we knew more than likely we would take in the first round. Now, that's 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 mealy mouth. <laughs> That's mealy mouth. It is a misrepresentation to not call him a first-round player. And we knew that we were going to have to take him in the first round if we got him. And so uh, I, I think that's the really – I do think that's the correct way uh, to do it. We had – obviously, we have several players here that uh, don't have first-round grades that were taken ahead of our picks that we didn't have first-round grades on. So I think it's really fair, and I anticipated, and we anticipated this question. But I think it's fair for us to say that we graded him as a first-round player. Coach, are you at all concerned with some of the penalty problems that he had in college, given some of the penalty issues that this offensive line had last year? Um, I'm definitely aware you know, of his performance last year, but I, I definitely are two separate topics in my view. Um, you know, obviously playing at Tulsa and, and, and obviously our team last year, I, I, I really don't see any correlation to it. Um, you know, we need to focus on, on penalties, and we've taken those steps already in our offseason program, you know, as far as an emphasis on the things we need to do better, I mean, particularly in the areas of fundamentals. Um, so, you know, Tyler will be part of that, you know, part of the, the, the program when he gets here, and, and um, I don't have any concerns. Well, we're Sunday, Tyler Smith first get on your radar like can you remember uh the first time you saw him or when he caught your eye or just when that was it was during the season going through the process looking at you know when you start talking about the things that are that, that you're looking for in the draft um you know we're looking for good players but when it came up when we were looking at offensive line we talked about him in december um you know and you got to notice him a little bit more and and you know, number one thing is there's a big athletic physical man in that that's going to play in a big athletic physical league, and that's what we liked about him. Was he a Dallas State guy or no? No. What did, what did you guys see or get from that private workout for you to say, okay, this is a first-round grade on in this sense? Well, you look for the traits, and then you look for the ability on tape, and he showed those. You know, he was a first-round type player and, you know, capable of competing in this league. And, you know, we were excited about that and him being local and, you know, the, the, the temperament that he plays with and being young and the growth and the upside and the potential, that's also important, too. Why did, why did Jeff bring him in? 
Did it just not equal to the schedule not work for y'all to bring a member Dallas there for one of the 30 visits or, or y'all didn't need to do that? We didn't need to do that. We did the homework. We have enough sources and we had spent enough time with them to be comfortable with who the kid was. Excuse me, David. I just want to add that, uh, you know, Joe Philbin had a chance to spend the time with them and, you know, the classroom work is obviously important. You know, we, we felt great about what he put on video, but, you know, the personal workout does give you a chance to, to get a closer look and, and particularly spend the time, the one-on-one time. So, obviously, he had high marks and all that. So, Philbin's film work with him that happened at Tulsa? Correct. There were a couple of defensive players on the board there with Johnson and, and Lloyd. Was there consider, strong consideration given taking defense there? Or was the grade just to the point where you, you knew you were going to go Smith? But I will say yes. Yes, what? Yes, that there was strong consideration to defense there. Um, we had, though, predetermined that uh, he was uh, uh, even against defense, and I'm not going to give the specific players, but even against defense, we had determined that he was the leader in the clubhouse if uh, we had a choice. And so we didn't have to have, when he dropped, uh, when he was available, we didn't have to have a big discussion and debate and all of that kind of thing. We... uh, we uh, looked over, as a matter of fact, Stephen was on the phone with a trade, and it turns out that they wanted to trade right ahead of us, and turns out uh, that the trade that was attempted was to get him. We later found that out. So we knew we were in the wheelhouse uh, there, and so we had a, a very clear, it's about as clear of uh, uh, on the board uh, decision that I've seen a unanimous decision in the room that when he came to us and we had to pick to take him, that I've been involved in. And, and again, we don't have that, and I don't want to get into that, but uh, uh, let, let me put it like this. We have both of them this was printed three days ago below him. Both of those players are below him. Can you see that? <laughs> Don't show them that. I'm not going to show them that. Are you serious? I, there's, I'm dead serious. Okay. I'm dead serious. No, we really did have them ready to blow him. No, we really did. Both of them. <laughs> I'm answering the question. Put that sheet down. Well, <laughs> hey, man, let me just say this. The other part is I'm the looking. The good news is most of those players I don't see are gone. The, I'm trying to see who's on here. I'm trying to see who's on here. There wouldn't be, but uh, if, they're, uh, if you take out the quarterbacks, it won't be anybody on here. <laughs> I think the key thing for, you know, the only thing I would add to this, the key thing with Smith is just his ability. We think he can be our left tackle for a long time at some point in time. Obviously, we got the best in the business now in Tyron Smith. But uh, at some point, his ability, uh, we really believe he can be a really top, top left tackle. Stephen, how do you, how do you balance the traits against the production? That's always been a debate, right, about the traits and production in this process. Do you... Do you value the traits even more? Because, I mean, he's built like the perfect offensive line, but the penalties, how do you balance that? Well, I think the one thing you got to remember about him is he played 16 games. He had half a COVID year, and then he played last year. 
and he did play against some good competition. I'm playing against Ohio State, Oklahoma State, Cincinnati. Uh, you know, when you talk about Tulsa, you think, well, competition, level of comp. Uh, but I think there's a lot of things that, you know, our coaching staff, Mike and Coach Feldman and Blasco will do to help him quickly. He's a very intelligent young man. Uh, I think he'll pick it right up. And uh, he's going to have top-notch coaching and uh, just feel very comfortable with that. In terms of the trade, I think, you know, when you're talking about a first-round pick and what we could have gotten to move down, and Jerry is right. I happen to be good friends with uh, the team that was calling. <laughs> he sent me a text right after we picked him and said, be glad you didn't trade with us. That was our guy. <laughs> so um, anyway, it's, uh, you know, I think when you're talking about your first round pick, what you pick up, it's a good, you know, resonates that you want to be careful there. You're getting too cute in terms of moving down, you know, two, three, four, five picks. You got to be careful with that. Stephen, you talked about the nastiness, or let y'all talk about the nastiness of him as a player and toughness. Does that evoke any memories of Eric Williams for you? Oh, well, he's one of the nastiest that ever played through here. I mean, Lyle Collins had that to him. And uh, certainly, you know, we miss that. You know, we're going to miss that with Lyle, but I think certainly uh, he brings this to the table. Smith does. And, uh, you know, that was, you know, at the top of the redeeming qualities and one of many, but. Uh, Certainly, that's a big, big part of why we liked him. What did you learn about his, his mental makeup in terms of his ability to take the coaching and go from the player that he is today to the player that you guys believe he one day can be? I think the biggest thing, I mean, I, I think we're all saying it, is he has a tremendous ceiling. You know, he's a young man, what, 20 years old, uh, 21, uh, you know, only played 16 games. Um, you know, some of his mistakes, penalties, and were of aggressive nature. So that those are the ones you definitely you'd rather be dealing with combative, combative things that you can learn from. So, but yeah, definitely everything. Like I said, everything checked out. I know Joe. Joe was very comfortable with him. I know the answer to this question, Coach, because I talked to you about it. Is there a position on the entire football team that you have to project any more, or that you have to develop any more from college to pros than the offensive line? It's it's definitely the um, I'd say no that that them and quarterback and I especially I think the thing you gotta recognize in this conversation Jerry and I had is in today's you know um, off season program everything's set up the offensive linemen really are at a disadvantage because you know they really don't get the really get the hand to hand combat until they get to training camp so you know they, you know we talk about all those things but he has a tremendous ceiling we're excited about that but the minute you go offensive line you've got to plan on absolutely. Uh, I don't care what level he is. He's got some projection in him from the way he played in college. It's just a real different game in the offensive line to really effectively uh, eliminate the kind of things that we grade an offensive line about, one of them being mistakes and one of them being technique. So I don't care who you drafted offensive line. You've got some work to do. Steve, the last time you all drafted a lineman in the first round, it was that. Third one in four years. The line was maybe in a little bit of a transition. You're building to what you ended up with after that. And if you like, the line is kind of at that point again where it's a little bit of a, a transition phase, and you're, you're shifting from what you had back then to what you're looking at going forward. I think we're doing a nice job with it. I mean, one of the things we talked about after we made the pick is, you know, I think Mike was, you know, verbalized it perfect. I mean, we look at Smith as being a left side position player, uh, ball as a right side position player who obviously we have a you know a, a big resource in and we think a lot of him and then we got Farniak in the middle so it's 
you know, three young guys there that we really, uh, you know, think a lot of and think are ready to, you know, when their time comes to make that jump and you throw Steele in that mix and, and uh, Biotic in that mix, you know, it's a good group of young players. Now, obviously, you know, Zach and, and, and Tyron, you know, you know, have been in the league a while and certainly the best in the business, but uh, I do think, you know, we've done, we're doing a good job of getting the right pieces in place <laughs> to be able to uh, push those guys in as we move forward. Certainly, uh, Connor McGovern's a young player as well, and, you know, he's going to get an opportunity to compete this year as well. But, uh, you know, I really like how we're transitioning, and uh, but at the same time, I think we still have a chance to have, you know, a top, top off- offensive line in this league. How important to that point is having the room in place when you bring in a guy like Tyler in terms of the veterans, not just the coaches, but the veterans who, from whom he can learn, guys like Tyler and guys like Zach. How critical is that for a young player's development? Mike? It's awesome. I mean, that's that's what you want as a coach. And uh, we're very fortunate to have those those veteran players. And I think just as a whole, our locker room. Uh, just spending some time with the leadership council this week on on a, you know, on a couple things, that, you know, to deal with the offseason program. Uh, this is a very, very strong locker room, especially the offensive line room. Steven, you were saying the other day that you thought you had as many top of the second round grades on players it was as deep as it's been in a while as you win this first night is that still a pretty good cluster there for you going into tomorrow it's emptied out pretty good i mean when you only have 14 first round picks and you know there's communication around the league i don't think we were i think that was pretty much down the middle in terms of uh what other teams felt like they had in the first round and so when that's what you have what's coming next are those top of the second rounders and you know, they picked through us pretty good there. I mean, it was getting tight there at the end in terms of, you know, who was going to be available to us and in terms of when we picked at 24. What do you think of some of your competitors in your division, what they did this evening? Because they had at least two picks before you guys. I mean, they picked some great football players. I mean, they got better. Uh, you know, I think all three teams in, in our division all got better. So, you know, certainly the bar set high and we got to go to work. When you see defensive linemen go to your division mates, how much does that impact even within this night, the possibility of going with the offensive line? I mean, I think it's critical. I think uh, we've got to match that. I mean, look at what Philly did with the big tackle and Giants and, you know, with the pass rusher. I mean, it's a, we, we've got, you know, we've got to go to work there. And obviously that front's always going to be a priority for us, both sides of the line. Uh, you know, it's critical. That's where the football game, uh, Coach McCarthy always says it. Uh, you know, that's when you get to play off football, that's where you got to be strong. Even would you say that your team got better as well, though? I mean, was this a need position and, and a guy that you said could come right in and start? You know, I, I don't want to put the come right in and start. I mean, we've got a good competitive situation there, but I do think we got much better, uh, you know, with this pick. I mean, we've got still a lot of work to do. We've got eight draft picks left, but uh, this one player. Uh, but certainly, uh, we're very pleased uh, with what we ended up with. Tyron's missed games, and I don't think he's played a full season since 2015. Do you have to start thinking about, was now the right time to start thinking about his future and, and how you eventually have to replace him? Well, as, uh, you know, he's phenomenal. Uh, he's had uh, had a great career, and uh, uh, we believe he's got a lot of tread left left Tyron does uh, but uh, to the end that uh, we were able to come in here with this kind of potential talent 
and have somebody that we think can help us this year with this pick and basically mail in, if you will, what Tyron is about, uh, what Martin, what all of that particular uh, statue is in the offensive line. It's a great place to be putting some talent in the middle of it, and it's a great talent to work with. And it would be a misnomer to think that if you had offensive line besides your name tonight for the Cowboys that you didn't have a little extra attention. Because it was, it feels good to have gotten uh, a player of this caliber in with that team within a team called the offensive line. It's good. This is a good move, and we're proud of it. Jerry Tyler referred to you as Coach Jerry on the call earlier. Should we refer to you as the same? Coach, stop! Stop! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right, wrap it up. Let's go. <laughs> Yes, sir. So we are back on the Internet side of things. That was the post-draft, post-first-round press conference with Will McClay, Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, and Mike McCarthy. Back here on the Draft Show, he's David Hellman, he's Brian Broaddus, Bobby Belt, and Sean Sharif have vacated their area. They've got 105.3 The Fan Duties, Sean in the morning and then Bobby on the fan for the rest Sean's of the night. Yeah, you're exactly right. Sean's a trooper, man. He's like, to go from this and he's probably, he's he's got to finish watching the Mavs game Yep, and then he'll be up at like 4am to get that show ready. Good for you, Sean. You're a beast. And he's going to be right back up here, or Sean won't be, but Bobby Belt will go until 1 and 1 o'clock a.m., and then he'll turn around and be right back up here for our coverage starting at 6 o'clock Central Time tomorrow. We will be on 105.3 The Fan and on the DallasCowboys.com side of things as well. Brian, let's wrap up night one. It was unexpected, to say the least, from picks 1 through 23, and it, it really provided a tough situation for the Cowboys. At pick 24, they select Tyler Smith, offensive tackle, Slash offensive lineman overall from Tulsa. What are your thoughts on the night? You know what I mean. When I look at my <clears throat> excuse me, when I look at my board and how I have it ranked, that, that's this is me. And and again, I put my board out there for everybody to see. You can go on my Twitter, Dave. I need to send it to you so you can maybe yeah, I'll get it printed out for get you. Get it tomorrow. printed out right the way so everybody can see it the right way. But. You know, yeah, I, I I didn't have this guy as high as everybody else. You know, and and we and we and this was one of those things where I'm watching him play and I'm thinking about technique. We talk about the holdings and stuff like that. You know, but I I that's my evaluation of him. You know, and and I, I'm gonna admit it. I was wrong about Travis Frederick. Yeah. You know, the same exact things that I think about. Oh, third round, Travis Frederick. Oh, he's not this, not that, whatever. You know, and then Travis Frederick is an All Pro player. You know, and and I am I concerned about the, la- the some of the lack of the technique? Yes. Am I concerned about some of the holding calls? Yes, I am. You know, but we'll see. We'll see. But he is a big, powerful man that's got is a very good athlete. You know, and if they can if they can work with that, I wouldn't say that immediately he's going to be plug and play. I think there's going to be some some things along the way that he's going to have to learn and get better at. But you know that that's what they needed. They're they're looking at offensive linemen. They're looking at guards. They had him a lot higher than I had him on my board. So am I happy about them? They got who they wanted. Yeah. 
I was me, like I say, I'm kind of looking at the board like Tyler Lindenbaum, you know, some others, but they weren't going to take those guys. See, that's again my board. Am I happy about it? From what I saw, no, I felt like they took a third round player. That's you know, that's how I see. But to them, it, it, no, it, and they don't give a rat's you know what about what I think either. They <laughs> really they don't. Prove it time and time again. They don't. They don't care about it. You know, and and I, you know what? I'm I'm interested to see how he comes in and plugs and play. And my hope for Cowboy fans is that he's a guy that is the is this is this drafts. Uh, uh, Travis Frederick, where I'm really, really wrong about the player. Hometown kid, Fort Worth native, went to North Crowley High School, and now he is a part of the Dallas Cowboys. And it, it makes things interesting on the offensive line moving into the the, the training camp and in the latter parts of this offseason, moving into the preseason, because there's competition there now. Yeah. Well, and Tyler that's, Smith's a part of it. it it's irrelevant how good he is right now uh, because we have no way of knowing. Like, we'll argue sure. about this all summer. We'll go to training camp. We'll see how he does. So, like, and this is just the way I view things. Uh, Brian, you know, like, all these years, I always, I'm just like, I'm really more focused on the strategy than, yeah. like, the the grade. And so I just look, I'm like, okay, they said they had no musts. I tend to not believe it because this is what they did in this the first round. I think that's what their goal was all the way around. Uh, now they've got a guy that they think can push for the starting guard job and be an insurance policy at tackle. And so now we check that. I don't think – I'm not going to say you don't need to worry about O-line, but I don't think we need to be hunting O-linemen tomorrow. And now you can talk about receivers. You can talk about tight ends. You can talk about edge rushers. That's where my mind goes because uh, I've gotten in way too many arguments on Thursday night after the first round about guys that we were wildly right on and wildly wrong on. Like, uh, it, it almost feels like a waste of breath. It's like, okay, this was the pick. It's not what a lot of people would have done. We'll see how it pans out. Yeah. I, I, again, that's that. These, this is what was crazy about their draft, or not the Cowboys draft, but just the draft overall. You know, you know, I, I'm looking at my board. I had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I had eleven players taken out of the second round. And then I had a player taken out of the third, which was Smith. And then you look at what the Patriots did, you know, with, with Strange, I had in the fourth. Mm-hmm. You know, so this was one of those drafts that was kind of crazy in that way that maybe, you know, that, that, uh, you know, and I, I don't know. I don't know if they, the fact that they, I don't know if they, if it's true or not about that they had, uh, Smith over Johnson and Green. You know, I, I kind of find that a little bit hmm hard to believe. Hard to believe. But, again, that's their board. Yeah. I have my board. They have their board. You know, their board matters more than my board. And I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people on Twitter, and, and deservedly so, are saying the word reach. They felt like sure. they reached on Tyler Smith. And in your opinion, yes. And in our opinion, to a certain extent, yes. Uh, Brian said it already. It's a third-round player on his board. He was a second-round player on my board. They thought that, or we think that's a reach. To them, that might not be a reach. They may have gotten their guy. It's, it's in, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. They know the player more than we do to a certain extent. Absolutely. They worked him out at Tulsa. They were at his pro day. Yeah. He's a hometown product. They had plenty Private of information workout. around yeah. him. So the next time an NFL team doesn't get their guy will be the first time, though. By, I agree. By the way, that's the second, the second part about it that, that makes sense. And they'll get two more of their guys tomorrow. Yeah. 56 no, and 88. You know, they'll get up there and they'll say, we, we could not believe that so and so and so and so were there. But here we are, just having the best luck of all time. I mean, that's kind of how this thing works. But 
No, I, I, like I said, I mean, I, I'm like I've done this too many times to just emphatically think it was a good or bad decision. But when you snapshot this thing, when we're here years from now talking about this, it'll be this three pick stretch right here, number twenty four to number twenty six. Tyler Smith, actually, no, to twenty seven. Throw yeah, one more say. in there. Tyler Smith, Tyler Linderbaum, Jermaine Johnson. Devin Lloyd. Uh, that's how this draft. Those were all three players that I had. I had two of the three in the first round. Lloyd was my seventh best overall player. Linderbaum was at ten, you know. And then with Johnson, I had he was the he was uh, my top rated player in the second in the second round. So yeah, and you know that's the, the, the great thing about this is we come on, we talk about it, we analyze this. I, and I hadn't been in a war room in a long time. I'm just looking at the players. I'm just yeah. taking the best t- the best tape I can get and watching this guy. They have a hell of a lot more about this guy. And I, and the one thing they've proven to me is they could take first round linemen and make it work. So that's my hope. That's my hope. I, I I'd be more than happy to admit someday at the lake that I was dead ass wrong about this guy. You know nice. that I had a third round grade, but I, I do see a big man. I do see a guy that that plays that does a great job in the run game as far as getting push. But I think there's some things technically that he's going to have to clean up in this league. I just think we we spend so much time hyping this up, and it, and it takes a full year to come back around. We always forget. We get lost in the hype of the draft. I think the Cowboys' draft grades are guidelines. You know, they had a higher grade on Micah. Than the cornerbacks last year, but they were going to take a cornerback above him. Jumping tags, uh, I guess. Would have done it. And I, I don't know what their board looks like right now. They say that they say that he had a first round grade. I don't know if I buy that. Uh, maybe he really was the highest grade left, or maybe he filled the role that they circled before the draft is what they needed to do. They did yeah. a really good job of keeping that a secret from people. Unless kept unless, it close. This yes. is as good unless, of a job as they've done of being some, on top of it. I, you know, and maybe maybe somebody like and I'm not going to say Mel Kuyper got lucky, you know, got lucky here because there's some people that pick they pick Tyler Smith, yeah. uh, you know, in this in this draft. And I you know, I'm I'm impressed. If you you know, I mentioned Lance Zerline picking, you know, Kenyon Green at Texas A and M at, you know, thirteen, fourteen, whatever that pick was. So I mean, some of these guys, you know, they knew what was going on. And I'm not saying that Mel Kuyper knew what was going on, but maybe that was a player he thought, well heck, I gotta put an offensive lineman to Dallas and I got all these other guys gone. You know, that might be just filling in the spots right there. But Hey, I hope I I do. I hope he works out very very well for the Cowboys. I have my doubts, but again, that is a big 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 man that's an athlete. Congratulations to Tyler Smith. He was the 24th overall selection, the newest Dallas Cowboy. We got to talk to him a little bit earlier on 1053 the fan. We'll also have two more draft picks at the moment tomorrow. There could be some chance for more draft picks along the way. They've got four fifth-round picks they could play around with. Maybe they jump back in to the third round and make something happen. But that's going to do it for us here on night one of the 2022 NFL Draft. Special thanks to everybody who's helped pull this off, not only tonight, but throughout the entire draft process. Chris Beam, Matt Kent, Tim Collins, all uh, Ted Nichols Payne, all a big, huge part of this in the back making things happen. Jasmine Marshall back there as well. I saw William hanging job. out too, man. William Boykins on yeah, the internet. 
that side takes a village to put us on, man. It, we, uh, apparently, we're getting some intel that William's here for the free food for oh. the most part. But well, thanks okay. to Papa John's too for the free. Papa food. John's, Absolutely. our yeah. great friends over at Miller Lite, toasting the twenty fourth overall pick. We love our friends at Miller Lite, but. For Bobby Belt, for Sean Sarif, for Brian Broaddus, David Hellman, I'm Kyle Yeomans. We'll see you tomorrow. We get started 6 p.m. Central Time on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. So long, everybody. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!